it's going, man? Hi. <laughs> you know, I don't know how we can intro these things without the anticipation of what's going to happen because this is going to be long. This is going to be very long. It's going to be very thorough. I guess you can use thorough as another word for long. So, you have to get a mindset to get ready for these kind of shows. You know, for sure. You know, sure. like you, you, you can't be drinking during these shows. Well, we learned that. We learned that. You, you, you have to be somewhat, I don't even know if chipper is the word, but you have to be focused and ready to deal. I agree, because I agree, there's a you lot know, of stuff. We cover I mean, a lot of stuff in these. And I, we, we appreciate, you know, we are trying to give the people what they're signing up for, right? Well. For the people that are hopefully downloading these and listening to these, you know, they're getting they're getting hopefully what they paid for. I, I don't really know if they are, but I hope they are. And I owe a lot of people 10 bucks. And I need Venmos. So people, I need your Venmo account. Because, you know, I, there was a few people that, if you know what I'm talking about, I have to own up to it, so... If you're going to be listening to this one, you send me your Venmo. Because I'm telling you right off the beginning. So you know who you are. That's all. Here we go. 1992, huh? <laughs> How's it going, guys? This is again Sky Cameron, the small A to the stars, here with DJ Zach Morris. We're back for another OFUTS review. And thank you again for all the people that did listen to our 91 show. It seemed to have done well. Uh, I had a lot of positive feedback. Uh, yes. Did you have some positive feedback Yes, as well? this, this went well. This was the uh, highest rated. Uh, show for January. That's great. That's great to hear. So, so a lot of people they, they like this kind of talk. You know? Yeah. You, you thought that the length was gonna kind of kill the audience a little bit. Right. I think I think the people that are signing up for this they probably look forward to the most obscure crap that we talk about on this show. So. Well, let, let's face it. Okay, when we're talking about this stuff, okay, this is nerd talk. Okay. I am a nerd. You are a nerd. We're talking about this kind of stuff. And when people are obsessed about these kind of things or are into it as a hobby, historically, or what have you, they will take the time. They will take the time and listen to a three-hour show. And they're intelligent enough to know you don't need to sit there for three hours. You can break it up. Yes. There's a thing called driving. You can listen to it while you're driving. You can listen to it while you're at work. Clean the house. So to all those people that have common sense, thank you. So that is, I think, why this was the highest rated thing. Yes. Well, excellent. Well, very well put. Very well put. Uh, we're going to talk about 1992. We're getting into, you know, what people call the golden era of hip hop, you know, or what yeah. do you feel What do you feel is your, your golden era? And what would you consider the golden era? Is it a three-year period? Is it a four-year period? You know? <sighs> well, this was the year where things clicked. Yeah, for sure. This was the year where you're a fan and you're a kid and you first of all nobody was listening to any of this stuff that that I knew of so I'm, I'm listening to this as a solo person mm. so this was the year 1992 where I was like wow you know these people that don't listen to this I bet you if they did they'd probably like it mm-hmm. and I'm like you guys don't really know what this rap music is here listen to this right this was that year because 92 was still the radio was controlling a lot of what yeah you're not gonna hear this and a lot of hip-hop you know you talked to jimmy taco about it on the sleep times over podcast hip-hop was getting you know bypassed by a lot of radio programmers at the time right you know so you know unless it was a big crossover hit a lot of it wasn't being played on local radio stations. Right. If they were, it was being played on a Radio Free Hawaii, right. which was our independent radio station, which was a very, very smaller audience. Right. We talked about that on 91, right. where that, it, it debuted in 91. And Radio Free 
primarily played a lot of alternative because we got to remember grunge is big. Right. Alternative rock. Jane's Addiction is big. That right. kind of grunge style. Is that it's, grunge it's is kind of care, coming right? up right now, you know? So, so that's, yeah. that's the mainstream music. Exactly. This stuff was not. Like, of these top ten, we're going to have only about two, even if that. Were being were played on. Even people are going to even know oh, okay. in 1992. We'll, as a we'll mainstream. We'll remember anyway. We'll remember. We'll as, remember. Or even in the year 1992, if I were to tell, these, tell people in 92 as a, as a person that was in eighth grade, I think. I was eighth grade. I'm only going to say maybe one or two albums in this thing, and they're going to be like, oh, okay, I know that one. Right. But you can say, too, for hip-hop heads, our top tens are probably, like, almost all seminal albums. Yeah. I would say nine out of ten are probably seminal albums to people. This is the hardest top ten thus far of this series. Yep. And it's going to get harder. And so this is why I say, getting back to the original question of the golden era, this is where it began. Okay. Because when someone... people Not say, 91. No. Because when people say golden era, people say this is where like everything it just can't get any better. This is this is it. This was the beginning to say, hey, you guys need to listen to this stuff. You guys aren't you guys don't know what I'm listening to. Mm-hmm. I, I want to share this with you. Look, mom, it's not what this is. It's this. Right. That's the start. And also, hip hop's still a new art form, so guys aren't copying each other. Everyone needs to sound original. So our top ten is so diverse, yeah. and everyone sounds so new and fresh at the time. Right. You know, there was hip hop was all about innovation. Right. You know, uh, at this point, you know. So let's just give you guys a little background uh, about pop culture. What was going on in 1992? Uh, 1992, the biggest movie, highest grossing film in the country was Disney's Aladdin. I never seen that. I didn't even know that. Second, second highest grossing was Home Alone Two, Lost in New York. Eh. Right, and then number three was Batman Returns. Oh, forget it. Oof. Then the number one album in the country was Some Gave All by Billy Ray Cyrus. That's the achy breaky heart. You know what I thought you said? (laughs) Just some gay all. I'm like. Come on, we're not getting controversial yet. We didn't even talk about the riots yet. Some gave all. There you go, Billy Ray Cyrus. Billy Ray Cyrus. You know what? That was a that was a catchy tune. Right. And then the the two highest rated shows in America are 60 Minutes and and Roseanne. 60 Minutes because of the war. 60 Minutes of the riots. Following right, exactly. Roseanne just because it had overtaken the Cosby Show as America's more real show family, right? So before we get into the the deep news, we'll just give you guys a little bit of breakdown on what's happening in hip hop in 1992. Big significant thing happens in January of 1992. A little movie called Juice opens up. Yeah, 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 all right. Did you get to see this in the theater? No, I did not. All right, neither did I. Um, I got to watch it when it came out eventually so later HBO in the rest. summer. No, I got rented it from oh. Blockbuster. <laughs> oh, you rented it? Okay. And then I actually kept it longer and had to pay the late fees because I just kept watching it over and over again. Oh, was a bitch, yeah. Yeah, I was so Every day you get charged it. But then, you, well, so you actually rented it. So yeah. didn't you have to be a certain age to rent it? Well, yeah, that one, well, they would give you a, your parents a card yeah. and then you would basically have like a guest card. And got it. You could rent from That's that. That's right. Um, and then, you know, my mom didn't put, like, the parent parental restriction on me to not rent rated R movies or whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It that's wasn't right. like you could rent porn or anything. Right. Like Blockbuster, so she wasn't too worried. That's right. I mean, that's right. We're, you know, they, they didn't even have Faces of Death at Blockbuster, right? That's correct. That's Diamond Head Video. Right. <laughs> so, Everybody go there. So, uh, anyways, they put out this movie. Paramount Pictures puts it out. Director Ernest Dickinson, who will eventually go on to Walking Dead and a lot of uh, right. popular things now. But, you know, they put this movie out, $5 million budget. Goes on to gross over twenty million, you know, becomes a cult classic. Juice soundtrack comes out, which we'll talk about uh, later. A lot of people had 
said to me, why didn't we talk about the Juice soundtrack in 91? It came on in December 27th of 1991. No one's considering that a 91 album, really. Right. Like, no one's getting a grasp of that album within right. a few days before 1992. It's a 1992 album. That's correct. Um, basically, Hollywood's... Uh, sees that hip-hop is a bankable commodity. They start tying in hip-hop soundtracks and kind of a hip-hop element to a lot of these big films. So movies like Trespass with Ice-T and Ice Cube come out. Boomerang with Eddie Murphy, which is a huge hit in 92, has a LaFace kind of hip-hop R&B-esque soundtrack. Deep Cover comes out in 1992 with the first song from uh, a little label called Death Row, which we're going to talk about. And White Men Can't Jump is a huge success uh, featuring a... Remember the White Men Can't Rap soundtrack that came out? Yes. The little EP that There's came There's a very out. interesting soundtrack with that one because I didn't expect that to be released like that. It was bizarre. Yeah. It was bizarre because if you remember the original uh, White, Man Can't, White Man Can't Jump soundtrack, it was kind of lame. Very lame. And then the then the White Man Can't Rap came out. It had the lead single with Main Source, Fake the Funk. You had Cypress Hill on there. You had Booyah Tribe. Yep. Uh, it was a it was a weird little side thing. But the Fake and the Funk song, classic, classic, blows away the infamous Breaking Adams. Classic jam. Also uh, in '92, Arsenio Hall's popular talk show is at a ratings high. He's the first guy to be putting on uh, really great hip hop groups on a main. You know, mainstream platform yes. to perform. Tribe Called Quest and Leaders of New School perform yeah. Scenario. Black Sheep per, uh, performs Choice is Yours. Pete Rock Seal Smooth per, uh, perform They Will Reminisce Over You. And Beastie Boys featuring Cypress Hill do So What You Want. It's killer performances, man. Do you remember seeing any of these? Oh, I loved all of them. Yeah. I would watch it every night. Yeah. Because you just didn't have that. Because all we had was Joan TV Raps. And then a few other kind of smaller shows like uh, Pump It Up right. with D Barnes. Exactly. And then the old TV rants. Yeah, some various right. videos on TBS and yep. Night Flight. We random saw random stuff gets thrown. Random. Yeah. But then we we knew that this show Arsenio Hall was the show for us. Sure, he he was a he was a he was a goofy guy, but you have to be at late night. Right. That's and right. And he would have people that we would not even fathom thinking like Tribe Called Quest was an amazing one. Um, yeah. He had Dasa Facts on there. Yeah. You'd have the R&B groups on there that yeah, Joe to see black music really. Yeah, uh, he was representing. He Tonight was show really, or not show really, black. Really, music. No, they weren't. They weren't at that time. You know, um, uh, Black Sheep I think was the first hip hop act to perform on the Tonight Show, if I'm not mistaken. When, but it wasn't until Johnny Carson left. It was Jay Leno that they actually then allowed a rap group to perform on the Tonight Show. If yeah. I'm not, I could be wrong, but we can fact check that later. But yeah. uh, in Living Color is in its like I think third season possibly fourth season in 92 you know they're show they're also showcasing uh trap Call quest and they had a classic gangstar performance with nice and smooth doing dwick yes that, that i re- remember because that was crazy stuff. that gangstar was on fox that was yes. crazy now another thing that happened in 1992 is after producing and overseeing some hit albums on uptown records you know albums from mary j blige heavy d jodeci sean puffy combs is fired from Uptown yeah. by Andre Harrell. Uh, this is also preceding a disastrous 91 uh, fundraiser event where people were trampled and killed. Yeah. Um, it basically didn't sit well. Uh, it just, uh, basically in, in, the, in the Puff Daddy documentary, Can't Stop, Won't Stop, if you guys haven't seen it, basically Andre just said, you know, it was Puffy's ego, his drive, everything that drove him to get fired, but it was actually the best thing for him because... He was forced to then start his own label, which right. we all know what that became. Right. 
Well, the thing with... Did you even know who Puff Daddy was until the incident? Well, the first time I heard of him was the trampling incident. Because he went, he made the talk show circuit with that. Sally, Jesse, Raphael. Oh, that's right. Jane Pratt, if you remember that that's one. That's right. He was on all of these, and I'm like, who is this guy? And then the story of him with throwing this party, I'm like, I thought he was just some chump. Oh, I had no idea. I, I was reading all the liner notes on all the uh, Uptown Record stuff, and his name was on everything. Because yeah. he was helping doing A&R and artist development and all this stuff. So, you know, I only knew him from the name, and I remembered he remixed the Jodeci, Come and Talk to Me with the EPMD beat. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is fire, man. I, yeah. I love that. So uh, I remember a little bit of the controversy because I read about it in the source. Yeah. But... You know, other than that, like, no, I, I don't think I got to see any of those talk show appearances or anything oh, okay. like that. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Because I, I stayed home a lot. I watched a lot of TV. Yeah. yeah so. I, I watched a lot of talk shows. There was, it was, it was funny because the first time I heard about him, the, they, did a, they did a hip-hop week mm. on Jane Pratt. Huh. You remember Jane Pratt? Yeah. She was the editor for some style magazine or right. some fashion. Music. So she did hip-hop week. And... It culminated on Friday with Sean Combs and this whole tragedy. But before that, she he, she did all these quirky things like like wiggers, like the wigger movement, white guys as black guys. If you don't know, it was a big thing. And then they brought on young black teenagers, right, right, right. to talk That's about right. wiggers. I remember this. They I brought out Hank Shockley, right, and they talked about they brought out MC Search to talk about the wigger movement. And they, this was a big thing that they talked about. And then they talked about Too Short. They brought Too Short on to talk about selling tapes out of a car. Jane Pratt now. Wow. If you guys don't remember, Google Jane Pratt. Gotta, is it's a whitest girl. Right, it'll be amazing if it was. But it was Hip Hop Week, and it culminated with Puff Daddy and the trampoline incident. And I didn't know much of anything about him until that. And it was because of these talk shows. Because wow. they wouldn't mention that on Yom TV Raps. That's crazy. Right? And then I see him in Dolly My Baby. That's crazy. I'm like, that's the guy. So, yeah. so now on a little bit heavier note of what was going on in hip hop. You know, we were moving out of basically the George Bush uh, era. Dan Quayle was uh, banning Tupac's album from 91, Tupacalypse Now, because that CD was found uh, in the car of a man accused of murdering a police officer. Yeah. You know, so the topic of conversation is coming up in the government about, you know, censorship, censoring hip hop music, you know, and it put a lot of pressure on, you know, uh, yeah. Ice T's uh, came, uh, came out with Body Count. Uh, that terrible group and that terrible song, Cop Killer. Uh, yeah, you know, it, <laughs> are you, you're not going to defend Cop Killer. No, but body the, count, but right? the like, thing that okay, like you know how I, I mentioned the earlier part where this was the year where you're like, you got to listen to this rap music now. Right. This is the year. It's not what you think it is. Everybody from CNN to everywhere thought Cop Killer was a rap song. That's right. Nobody even remotely mentioned it being a speed metal song. Right let alone even explaining what speed metal is. They're just saying, Ice-T, Ice-T's a black guy, black guys, all they do is rap. So here doing Cop Killer, so it's a rap song called well, Cop Killer. he established himself as a you know, commercially successful rapper, so him fronting a group, they don't even do the research. They don't do the research. Right. It, Cop Killer is no more, like I'm, I'm reading here, it perfect, this is a great example, it's no more rap than Aki Breaky Heart is. Right. It, it, the same song. It's basically the same type of, <laughs> if you're going to call Cop Killer rap, you might as well call Aki Breaky Heart rap. And that was the thing that pissed me off as a kid in 92. Mm. And that's what got me to start understanding, like, there, there's, a, there's a true message here mm. that people need to hear, that people, are, that African-Americans are getting a bum rap for, and this was it. When they're, they're blatantly calling Cop Killer a rap song. 
And it's not a rap song. It's not a rap song. It's and like, they're blaming rap music. I'm all for freedom of speech and much re- much respect due to Ice T. But man, that was a terrible song. It was anyway, a song. Time Time Warner they're basically forced to pull that track right. off the album. It gives more bum rap. I don't know if you remember Public Enemy releases their video for By the Time I Get to Arizona. It's a very controversial video. Basically, it was like the reversal of them assassinating Arizona officials for refusing to celebrate MLK. Right. So this was kind of their reaction, and that video caused a lot of controversy. MTV right. was forced to either air it late at night or take it off. Right. Um, and then you know, record labels were basically becoming more active in intervening in uh, censoring or changing hip hop artists' material. So yes. guys like Paris, Kooji Rap. Tragedy. There's another one. They're forced to either remix or change songs, or their albums are delayed due to all of this government controversy. But that, that's where I, that's where for, for me with Boys in the Hood from last year and '92 with this, mm-hmm. this was the most politically infused I was at this time yeah. because of all of this. And then Paris, Bushkiller. Right. I mean, which it sounds so crazy. It's so yeah. called Bushkiller. It's just like it's, it's, we look, we laugh now, but. He had a song We're gonna play that later on, <laughs> later, later when we when we get to Paris. And, and the video is like ridiculous, over the top. And but that was a thing, and it was big. It was really strong, black versus white. That's right. And so, and, speaking of black versus white, the most significant thing that happens in 1992 is the Rodney King acquittal yes. of the of the cops who you know beat him, and two days of insane riots and violence, and just you know an outpour yes. of pain yes. coming from South Central LA you know I don't we don't want to glance over this you know so uh, you, do you have uh, Zach do you have any thoughts on on this uh, I remember okay. just seeing some of the visuals and just being really you know traumatized and, uh, and you know kind of like well okay I, I don't want to go off into a, a tangent as they call it and you know I was you know in a pre-meeting to this 92 I was given word not to <laughs> So I'm not. But all I'm going to say is, as a kid, I was a kid who stayed home by myself and watched TV. I'm, I'm a sheltered kid. I watch a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know what goes on in Watts. I don't know what goes on in Compton. I don't know these things. I see it from imagery on TV. When I see this going down for real, guys getting pulled out of the truck get beat up. The, the Holly guy gets beat up. And they see that. I see the guys, they quit this man. Uh, they quit the cops uh, right. beating this guy. We blatantly see a video of the guy getting beat up. All kinds of emotions are hitting you hard here. Oh yeah, I mean eighth grade. It's confusion. It's, it's confusion. confusion. Yep. You you feel sadness. You you feel you get scared. You you just don't know what to make of this whole thing. Like what's going on with the world today? Well, we don't understand also in Hawaii the racial divide that's happening because we don't have quite that. We have a more a more of a melting pot here and more of a subversive racism in Hawaii than a blatant racism Correct. on the mainland. Correct. So for a Hawaii kid to see something like this, it's it's much more shocking. And definitely puts a, a, a an indelible image in our mind, you know. Exactly. So that's why we're coming from local people, Asians, all of us all hanging out, and then we see that it just it, it throws you off, and you 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 get you get scared. You get where, where do we where do we go? Where do we head? In the is, is the city gonna burn down? What are we right. we have martial law, and we're right. learning all this kind of stuff, and here we have people in talk shows like a black person and a white person is talking together, right. and we're like. They kept having interviews with Chuck D and Ice T, and they were trying right. to like bring the peace. And the Bloods and the Crips were, were forming a, a, a truce at the time. Remember? They had to have them come on TV and be like, "Hey, tell tell the black guys calm down." It was Chuck D. Come on the air with us. It, tell them to stop. It tell was them crazy. It's, it's insane. Yeah. So to put added fuel to this year, 
that influence this year. It that, charges a lot of anger and a lot of hip hop. Yes. And, you, and you're right in the sense of hip hop's not quite the same after this moment. Hip hop no. is a little bit more angry. Yeah. And uh, definitely, especially West Coast hip hop, West Coast hip hop is changed yes. from this point. And we'll, we'll definitely be going into that later in their show and in future episodes. Yeah. But this is definitely the birth of groups like the lynch mob and cam and threat and a lot of these guys that were speaking on you know the racial inequality going on in the hood and you know right the imbalance of uh justice with the police so right that was a that sums up 1992 so the vibe we're gonna go into our top 10 right now I and i kind of feel bad you know it's gonna we're, we're talking about you know this and then my number 10 is an album from a white group <laughs> so yeah that's shame for shame for you I, I, get out of here with this I feel the guilt on me right you now you see this bias but this is an album that it it's caused a lot of debate and I've had many debates over the years uh, from other hip hop fans about this record and it's an album from the Beastie Boys it's their third album yep it's check your head. Is this a hip hop album? Is it an alternative album? I argue that it's both. But whatever you think about this album, at the time, it, it was so innovative, right? The sample lawsuits and clearances that followed Paul's boutique, it just weighed heavy on the group. Yeah, so they so said screw it. They said screw it. We're going to go back to our roots. We started off as a punk group in New York, right? So we're going to basically pick up our instruments. Mike D on drums, MCA on bass, Ad Rock on guitar, and lead vocals. They hired a keyboard keyboardist, uh, Money Mark. Yep. And then they just were gonna record it in their own studio in LA on their own terms in yep. Atwater. Yeah. And they had full creative control. They were signed to Capitol Records at the time. Yeah. They'll, they'll give you full creative control. And the result of Check Your Head was like an eclectic mashup of like hip hop, funk, blues, punk, punk rock music. You know, it was such an interesting album. Yeah. What, what's your thoughts on this? Is it a hip hop album? Is it an alternative album? This is a Radio Free Hawaii album. <laughs> this, if, if you had to pick an album that sums up Radio Free Hawaii top five, this is in here. Covers everything. Everything is in here. You got the rapping. You got the punking. You got live instrumentation. You got blues. Groove Holmes is a great song. That's and that's an instrumental song, for God's sake. I would say, like, there's a good, probably, nine or eight or nine instrumental right. um, interludes on this album. This is the this is the open-minded music listener's favorite album. That's what this represents. Because it has everything. I agree. You know? It, it covers everything. So you can't call this a rap album. You can't call this anything. You can just call it a Beastie Boy album in, in angst of Paul's Boutique. Having to deal with sample clearances, they said, fuck it. Right. We're going to play the band. Right. And that's it. And, you know, they brought in this guy, you know, Mark Caldado Jr. Right. Your money Mark. Created that, created that seamless sound to the album. Right. I, 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 I love this album then, and I think that this is, along with Paul's Boutique, one of the Beastie Boys albums that, that actually got better with time, too. It, aged, it ages well. It ages well. The appreciation is very good for this. That's right. And... So this album is obviously not in your top ten because this is not. This is not. But I gotta plug that. No problem. So, but you know this this album really produced some fantastic videos. They really stripped it down to bare bones on this one. You know. So if you guys remember the the Jimmy James video, the Pass the Mic video, the So What You Want video, they really went to this kind of DIY uh, approach to making these videos. 
you know, stripping it all down, reinventing themselves like yet again. And that's what I think the Beastie Boys have just done so well. You know, you even listen to this track from uh, Jimmy James, this track Jimmy James, probably my favorite song on the album. Perfect fusion of what they're doing at the time, combining, you know, live instrumentation, little bit of sampling, scratching, you know. You're a fan of Jimmy James? I love this song. This is a great song. This is one of the best opening songs to an album of 92. It's yeah. the best track ones of 92. Yeah. Because it sets the mood for what you're getting into. Because it's, it's, it's rap, but it's not. They're sampling Jimi Hendrix, you know? Rap and rock, all right. Rap and rock done the right way. Not yeah. that, not that. Like really clever. Anthrax, public enemy bullshit. <laughs> this is rap and rock put together in the correct way. So, you know, the album was praised more by alternative press than it was hip hop press. Yeah. And I think that was smart for Beastie, the Beastie Boys at the time. You know, yeah. they, they, they bridged themselves out. They, they grew a larger audience. The album sold decently. It would go on to sell a lot more over time. Just being that the Beastie Boys would grow an even larger cult following. They, they grew a larger cult following. They grew a more serious following of music, uh, a music because they're partiers in the beginning. Right. They're party guys, drink beer, party with the ladies, right? Fight for right to party, and then now they became serious musicians. They still had elements of humor, but this wasn't very a very funny album. No, no, no. They did, of course, some goofball things in the videos, but right. there's nothing like "Hey, ladies" or "Shake Your Rump" or anything. No, like no, that. no, no. This is like them establishing themselves as, as we're, we're serious musicians artists, yeah. so we re- they reinvented themselves exactly so we're gonna go into your number 10 and your number 10 actually includes some uh, live instrumentation is that right number 10 what do I have a number 10 actually that is number 9 oh what's I, your number 10 number 10 I went with Eric B and Rakim don't sweat the technique oh yes alright that's my number 9 let's talk so, about this let's talk about this this classic this is a 10 mic song right now, for those of you guys that don't know the history of where Eric B. and Rakim are at at this point, this is their fourth and final album. Yeah. This was their least commercially successful album. But everything at the time about Eric B. and Rakim were divorced except their name. Right? Yeah. Their contract at MCA was about to expire. Rakim wanted a solo album. Eric yeah. B. refused to sign the contract, releasing them from the label so he could do that. Um, basically started their feud and the legal battles. Yeah. And so Rakim was forced to uh, you know, complete the album on his own to fulfill the, the record contract. Right. Fulfill the record contract. So a lot of people don't even know. Eric B. only produced one song on this album, which right. is What's On Your Mind, which is a pretty dope jam. Yes, you know? that's the, that's the, the is that Marvin Gaye sampled one? That's the one, yeah, I believe it has the Marvin Gaye sample. They use it for House Party 2. Right. Right? But a lot of people didn't know that Rakim wrote all the raps, did the production on this with the with the uh, help of Large Professor, who's yeah. not credited. No one knows that, No one I think. knows that. That's a big pull there. That was revealed much later down the line. Yeah, nobody knew that then. Large Professor yeah. was assisting uh, yeah. Rakim on production. Right. right. You know? And uh, basically, uh, a, guy, a guy named Rich Simmons was also uh, assisting as well. Right. Now... A lot of people argue that this album, you know, it didn't feel as complete and as a whole, you know, it's featuring Know the Ledge from the Juice soundtrack and right. What's On Your Mind from the House Party 2 soundtrack. It felt kind of thrown together, but... but it's Rakim, it's though. It's Rakim. Come on, I mean, right. that's why I put this in number 10, okay? 92 had a lot of stuff that we're going to go into the not top 10, but Rakim still outweighs all of these guys. That's right. And you put him on a salsa beat 
Lat Latino sounding beat like that. Then you got this one. Casualties of War. Rakim with us with, with horns and saxophone works all the time. Because yep. he's got that voice that's like a jazz lounge singer. Deep, good, low voice, bassy voice, and you put it with this kind of tr- uh, percussion. There's, there's no greater. He's one of the few guys that made even rapping on R&B tracks cool, and he could, he could make it sound hard. Yeah. You know, he could do it all. Yeah. You know, he, he could do it all. So this is uh, DJ Zach Morris, number, number 10. 10. Don't yeah. Sweat the Technique from Eric Ben Rakim. It's my number nine. What else had on this? You had uh, Pass the Hand Grenade. Yeah, Pass the Hand Grenade. You got Relax with Pep. You got Relax with you know, Pep, What's yes. Going On. You got What's On Your Mind. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a good album. And I would say that maybe at the time, people were disappointed with this album at the time because they waited. we waited a long time for this one. Right. Uh, it but, fell through the cracks in a lot of ways, too. Yeah. But it's still a good album. I gave I give it three and a half. Then I give it three now. Three 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 and a half now. Depreciation is next a little bit because he's still you can still play Don't Sweat the Technique. People still love it. You could play that now for people who are kinda into to the rap music and they'll like it because of the beat. The remixes to Don't Sweat the Technique are great. Oh yeah, this but is even it. this one with this uh, You can R&D play this now because yeah. it, you got Marvin Gaye. It, so it, the, the appreciation is strong. So I still yeah. give it three and a half, three and a half, both 91 and 2019. All right. And go. now let's talk about your number nine. Okay. Number nine is when we go into heavy instrumentation. That We go into something that was very unique at the time, the brand new heavies. Yeah. Now, group from Europe. Yep. They went out and reached out to all of the hip hoppers, hip hop artists, MC Hammer, Vanilla Ice, they all turn them down. Marky Mark, all turn them down. So like, okay, I guess we gotta go to tier two. Mm-hmm. Tier two, Gangstar, not a bad tier two. Large Professor. That's right. Coogee Rap, Rap Edo G, Grand Poobah. Yo, and label mates at the time with Delicious Vinyl, they're on Delicious Vinyl right, right. So we get Master Ace and we get a new group called the Far Side. Yeah. At the time, this is predating Far yeah. Side's debut album. This was, yes. That's right. So we didn't so. know about this. This was, see, they are a victim. We, we've talked about people who release albums, victim of bad timing. This was victim of good timing. This came out at a perfect time. Hip hop was changing. Hip hop was getting away from faster live instrument. You just talked about Beastie Boys. Live instrumentation. People more open-minded to this kind of a the funk sound. They're moving away from the house sound. Perfect timing for this album. Yeah. That's why this album was a successful album. Right. Predates the roots. Yeah. Predates the roots as the first experimental live instrumentation hip hop album. Yeah. And uh, this was on my just missed the list. This was like my number eleven. Yeah. So I'm with you. I'm with you 100 percent on this one. It's it's a it's a great album. I mean we're gonna we're gonna play a, a hot joint right here from. Uh, I remember seeing the video. His excellent song. And they did a mashup, right? They did, took, yeah. they did the uh, master, uh, Bonafide master Funk, Ace. Master Ace, Main Source. And, and Poopa, who got the loot? They put them all together and in a little sampler. They spliced it all together in right. one nonstop mix. Was, right. Oh, man, we, it was going, I was going crazy when I seen this. It was, it was excellent. And they got it. Brand New Heavy's got it. Now, remember, this is, now this is in essence, not just a band. They have a singer in Dea Davenport on this. Right. She's not even nowhere to be found on this thing. No. But she's the lead singer to Brand New Heavies, which is also a great R&B group, FYI. But no one was doing this. Original, great timing when this came out because the, the sound was changing. Victim of great timing is this this album. I mean, I remember the, the, the tape of this. The first, the A-side, was I think, I'm going to have to say, top five A-sides 
of oh, 1992. Because yeah. you got Bonafide Funk, It's Getting Hectic from uh, Gangstar, Who Makes the Loot, Wake Me When I'm Dead. I think that's side A and yeah. on maybe, uh, uh, was it Death Threat from Kooji Rap? I'm not 100% sure. I think Death was on I know there Kooji was two, Rap was side B. I know there was two reggae songs on yeah. there, Jamalski and Jamalski, Tiger on there. Jamalski was on there. But the, the, the A side was was a it was excellent. pretty hot A side. It's only like a ten track album. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then so for those of you guys that are big Far Side fans, check this one out if you can. It's out of print and it's not on iTunes. So go on YouTube and then they have the original Soul Flower version and then they remixed it for yeah. the Far Side album. That's correct. So that's DJ Zach's uh, number nine. Number it's nine. Heavy Rhyme Experience Volume One. Yeah. From the brand new head. You never got a volume two though. Never no, got a never volume got two. Never got a volume two. It's too bad. If you guys know about bad. a volume two that came out in Europe or something, let us know because I don't ever remember a second one coming out. So going into my number eight now, we're, we're going to the West Coast. We're going to one of my all-time favorite rappers from the West Coast. It's MC8, and this is yep. uh, music to drive by. Compton's Most Wanted. I think it's the most slept on West Coast album of 1992 and one of the most slept on albums of the 90s. And They're most slept on group of the 90s. They're, they're, I mean, MC is one of the slept on guys. Yes. He's one of the few guys so, that can work with every style of music. That's why DJ Premier is such a fan. DJ Premier, yeah. it, you know, executive produced his project that came out a couple years ago. Right. Just... They knew what was up, as they say. This guy can rap over any kind of beat, change his style, and he's one of the few guys on the West that gets love on the East Coast. Yeah. But, you know, 8 is eight is awesome, but this album's production is killer. DJ Slip, the unknown DJ, DJ Mike T. Nobody remembers them. It created this really, like, cinematic kind of sound. If you remember this one, this is the music video. Yeah. This was The Hood Took Me Under. Yep. You know, they're, they're, they're sampling all of these great 70s, Isaac Hayes, Curtis Mayfield, you know, so much cool 70s uh, cinematic black exploitation kind of sound. Well, the album perfectly, the, the name of the album perfectly matches what you're getting into. This right. is indeed what it is. It does not sound cliche, but slow, methodical funk samples. You're driving five miles an hour, you know, this is it. This is like a West Coast Gangstar album. Yeah. I mean, really, I mean, listen to the, the pace, the rapping, the style of the beats. There's actually scratching on this album. This is the West scratching. Coast Gangstar of the mid-90s. Yeah. Yes. So, if you guys are uh, remember, DJ Premier uh, did one of his first West Coast remixes. This is the Def Wish yep. 2 remix that DJ Premier did, because he was such a fan at the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, like... I have this, this on vinyl. This is the songs he's throwing shots at DJ Quick. You know, because DJ Quick was a blood, blood-affiliated blood right. rapper. You know, MC8 obviously was a Crip, Crip-affiliated member. Um, but this album is, is a really, like, a, a peek into what was happening, you know, in South Central, in in L.A. He paints yep. a lot of these fantastic, vivid pictures. No, it is all phenomenal. This, I mean, you have this as your number eight? Yes, you have this higher? I have this as number eight. Okay, so we're, we're, we're matched. So there we go. MC8, number eight. Oh, how do you figure? Oh, how's that? Oh, rhyming. <laughs> oh, Boz. Wow, how did I even think of that? There you go. MC8, man. number eight. And I'm looking at number eight right now. Like, there you go. God. But if you guys haven't heard this album, check it out. It is on iTunes. Definitely worth a listen. Even if you're not into gangster rap and you're a you're a East Coast fan, I think you'll enjoy it. If you're into hip hop, you, you enjoy this. You know, come on, yeah. guys. If you're gonna be making all of that, come on. All right, this is good let's stuff. move on good to stuff. our number seven. I think I may have a different number okay. seven than you. Well, from seven to one gets very 
convoluted. Yes, it, it's gonna get a little. Tough, it's gonna get very tough. I want to talk about uh, the group for Number Seven because they came out with a song that was a major, major song for me in '91. It there was Soul Clap. Excellent song. And uh, this is Showbiz in HG, and the album is called Runaway Slave. It's technically their debut album. You know, a lot of technically people, they came out with the, the an EP, Party Groove yeah. slash Soul Clap EP in '91. Yeah. yeah. Which we didn't mention in '91, but you know the EPs. You know, it was leading up to this. We were going to talk about Runaway Slave anyway. Oh, so we just waited for this. We just okay, waited got for it. this one, right? Well, Party Groove's a great jam. All the Store Busy and stuff is oh great. These guys rarely put out a bad song, you know, in this part in their career, you know? Yes, this is Runaway Slave is one of the best East Coast debut albums ever. I mean, play the one. There's more than one way out the ghetto. Play, play that horn. Now, if you can't appreciate the intro... Now, this is an excellent song, but you play it more than one way. Because we get a lot of these, a lot of interludes we got to mention too. This, this album had a lot of beat interludes and stuff like that. So there's one right there. DJ, DJ's album. Hey, come on. Yeah. The thing is with Digging in the Crates, which, which was so interesting, was each of them, you know, the producers in the group, Buckwild, Diamond D, Showbiz, they're all record collectors. They cannot use right. the same samples. Of They're course. all trying to one-up each other on samples. That's why you have this kind of great album. That's why you get this production on this level. Because when you got guys challenging each other right. and motivating each other, right. this is this is the kind of classic beat-making you got in hip-hop. The innovation was but, there. You know? But do you guys out there get the theme of what's happening with 92 here? As If you were listening to 91 or even 1990, you see how things are getting slowed down, getting... This is, can be gangster music too. We can't, you know, this could be Compton's Most Wanted. Slow, 92 BPM, 95 BPM. That's a hot jam too. Yes, that was Sons of the Lambs remix. Yes. This I would play in the clubs as late as 2002. Wow. And people were jammed to it, even if they didn't know what was going on. They had no clue, but because of the beat. Yeah. But that's where we're headed here. This is where we're headed. This is an excellent production album. This still holds up to me. To, um, me. to me, when I talk to guys in the 90s, which, you know, it was very few guys that I would talk about in hip-hop, but mainly I would talk to guys, you know, while I'm in the record store, or if I'm at Choice Cuts, or yeah. Hungry Ear, or Tower, and if they said they're an East Coast hip-hop fan and they didn't have this Showbiz and AG album, I already knew that they didn't know what They can get out of here. If you don't acknowledge Showbiz and AG when you have an East Coast hip-hop conversation, whatever that may be, you, don't know nothing. you can get out of here. Yeah. This this album is a five mic album. This album, depreciation wise, five mic album. I have a five mic still. Yeah, because it's still fun. It's not dated. It still sounds. I could jam to this album in the car. I could drive around the car and smile and live my best life with this. I, I know I've trashed a lot of albums before. Yes. I'm gonna be positive and say I can listen to this album today and drive around, go not a clue, come back, I'll listen to this album. Now with that that stellar review you just gave, I, I'm guessing this is higher on your list. Yes. Where I have it, I have it at number seven. So why don't we talk about your number seven? Okay, number seven is another classic album that it's gonna be tough. All right, here we go. Diamond D and the Psychotic Neurotics. All number right, seven. let's talk about it. Great production now, as well. This this is yeah, and this is tough for me because I put Diamond D. This is my number six. Okay. And the only reason why I'm putting Diamond D over Showbiz and AG was I just just think Diamond D had just a slight edge, uh, not lyrically over Andre, but just production-wise over Showbiz. I I just thought his samples were so 
uh, just a touch more creative than there were, yeah. and the way he put together the beats I kind of forgave Diamond D's you know uh, what he lacked as an MC right well, he was a decent rapper for a producer rapper he, right. was, he was probably one of the better producer slash rappers right he was when I first came across him, I, I didn't know much about him. So he just was this guy that everybody was hanging out, and they he was hanging out with Brand Newbie, and he was hanging out with all these guys. I'm like, okay, so this guy must be a big deal. He must be something. He was in the liner notes of everybody's album. Right. So then he finally comes out. He's like equivalent to a DJ Khaled now. Right. You'd have all these guys hanging out with him. He must be a big deal. Diamond D was a big deal. So I, I was like, okay, this album. And then this song was the first video. Yeah, that's right. And then they came out with uh, Fuck What You Heard, which was a great great jam with the classic Sadat X sample. So for, for those of you guys that don't know the history of Diamond D, you know, Diamond D was a stu- was part of Zulu Nation. Yeah. You know, he was a student of uh, DJ Jazzy J. Jazzy J kind of put him on, gave him this extensive musical knowledge of different genres. Yes. And gave him his passion for collecting records. So Diamond D... In, in retrospect from what a lot of rappers talk about him in New York he had one of the most insane record collections they'd ever seen that's what he's known for and right it was him it was him uh, that really was the basis for the digging in the crates name almost you know like, right um, the one thing that was confusing about this album I don't know if you found it confusing was he didn't call himself Diamond D the name of the album is Diamond and the Psychotic Neurotics no yes. Diamond D it was that not was Diamond D yeah at that point, I, I really was confused about the whole thing because I never come across this guy. He, he was like a mob guy, it seemed like to me, because he had all these guys under him. Right. So the psychotic neurotics, I don't know what that was yeah, about. It was then you got Fat Joe over here, Shailen AG over here, Brand New over there. I don't know what was yeah, going on. The psychotic neurotics were never really established. No, I, yeah. I, you know, like, you know, they have their names online. It was Wiz One, Sure Shot, Shaiz, you know, Lead Dancer, DJ KX, but... I don't know if they're ever really featured on it. I think he had a posse cut on this album, past that shit. I'm not even sure if they're on that one, but... Yeah, I don't think so. The main thing for this album is it's the production. The production is the star. You also have some great uh, cameos from Brand Nubian. You got great cameos from from the other Digging in the Crates crew, Showbiz and AG. Right. They were all... That's, that was the beginning of Digging in the Crates, was all these Lord Finesse, all those guys. Sally got a one-track mind. That, that's a good beat right there. Play, play, play that. I remember this video, you know, and this is a, another challenge too of doing a song that was trying to tell a story. Storytelling rap was still, yes. was, you know, the thing. Every album had a storytelling song about a girl. You have to have, it was, it was kind of, you had to have a song about right, a girl. This was Diamond D's Love's Gonna Get You, right. essentially, right? So the thing with the, why I chose Sean AG, Showbiz at the time, NAG, over this was. Is that your number six? Showbiz and AG is number six. Oh, okay. So I just did a little flip-flop with that because just, there's some songs I can bypass on this album. Oh yeah, it's a long album. There's a lo- it's, it's a, a long album. album than Runaway Slave. It wasn't as concise as Runaway Slave kind of hits you with all these different kind of angles. Like this song, okay, it, it's got a cool beat, but then he's, he's rhyming about a girl, and then if you, if you look at what Diamond D looks like, I don't really want to know about Diamond D's dating life. <laughs> So I, I would skip this probably. I'll get to the opening bars and then I'd get out of here by now. There's a lot of songs that are like, uh, but the Shorty G, there's bangers. Yeah, it's There's some bangers. It's bangers. Like I, I said, I, I'm just giving it that slight edge. I, I'm giving them like equal love, you know, right now. Like, you know. Um, this, this is still a four and a half mic album. Yeah. This, yeah. Uh, for Depreciation, is a four mic album. Um, 
we're in convoluted time right now. This is yeah. gonna get this is gonna get worse. Yeah. I Six, agree. seven, five, four, three, two, one is gonna be worse. Yeah. So that's. That's uh, my number six, Stunts, Blunts, and Hip Hop. Yeah. Diamond D, your number seven. Yeah. And we then just your number it. six is Runaway Slave from yeah. Showbiz. So a little flip, that's it. All right, moving on to number five. Do we yeah, have the same flip. number five here? Uh, you go first. Little group called The Far Side. We are at the same. All right, so Let's Bizarre Right that. to The Far Side. Number five. Debut album from the quote unquote alternative South Central. Uh, LA hip hop group. Like a lot of people like to dub them the alternative group, right? Right, because they were so they were very popular. But the college kids, the white kids, the white them, people, white group. people love this them. is white people rap. This is what that's what it's called. When you say alternative rap, this is white people. Right, it wasn't it. swinging so much politically, even though they had a song, you know, Officer. You know what I mean? Like, but the, the your mama was the one. All everybody dug. Party song. Right, Yo Mama was the first video that came out. We thought first they were comedians. Video. Right, we, it was a comic, comical group. Um, it wasn't quite the white people rap yet because we we're still trying to figure it out. The streets were still trying to figure them out. After this, then they came with "Passing Me By," which kind of led to their mainstream, that was a, that most was mainstream a huge song. Wow, we don't really need to play that. We don't need one. to play that. Everybody like knows the, it. If you don't know it, one. yeah, you're not yeah. listening to this. But we play that. You know, I'm that type right here um, but if you guys don't know the history of the far side you know they're all hip hop dancers right Imani yeah. Trey Booty Brown yeah. Fatlip they were all hip hop dancers yeah. um, you know Booty Brown and Fatlip were in a group together yeah. Imani and Trey were in a group together right. basically they hooked up and linked with DJ J Swift who yeah. I think is the missing piece of the puzzle with Farside. Yeah. And even though a lot of people love Lab Cab in California because Dilla and everything, like, Jay Swift, it, I think if Jay Swift stayed with them, they would have had a longer run. Right. I don't know if you agree with that, but... No, it was the production that makes this. Right. It, the overall vibe is what was created from the production of these personalities, of these characters. They're, they're, char- they're innocent characters. For sure. And here's the thing about Farside, though, that... There is a slight minus in the whole landscape of, of hip hop when you when you mention the group The Far Side. Okay, I don't want to say the minus as you play that song because this is a five mic song. I don't want to call Far Side of minus as this song is being played because this is this is an excellent song. This is one of the all time greatest songs of all time. The, one of the best storytelling, relatable storytelling songs that uh, Passing Me By is a relatable song for a lot of people too. But this is a very no, this relatable. Is, this is kind of ingenious the way they put this whole song together. Correct, the right? They, that, yeah. If there was a, the, a all-time top fifty hip-hop songs of all time, this is in the top twenty-five, top fifteen. But the thing with them that I have to address, and no, it's not because Slim Kid Tree was on the Real World. I'm not going to even talk about that. Little known fact, we were Hawaii. He was, you remember right. this, right? With, uh, with oh, that girl that. With Tech. Was, yeah, with Tech. And he was, he, well, Slim Kid Trey was on it because he was dating one of the girls on Real World Hawaii. Right. And they would never acknowledge that he was part of the far side. It wasn't which was so bizarre. It wasn't the Holly girl, it was the other No, girl. it was some other, the, the alternative girl. <laughs> the alternative rapper dating the alternative that, girl. The name of that girl in Real World Hawaii. It wasn't know, Ruthie, I but. Forgot. But it was just so sad that he comes on Real World and they don't acknowledge him as he's part of the far side. All of us are like, hey, hey that's Slim Kid Trey. But they that. don't even say anything. It's like, How are you not you let that go? Your music channel. Anyway, Farside, minus that I have to acknowledge. Whenever you have a conversation with a said hip-hop guy, the po- one of the most political answers you can say is you like the Farside. Many a holiday from here to East Coast will say, Farsight in their conversation sooner or later 
but yet they would not be able to name half this album, which is the sad situation. And it, I don't know how that grew. I mean, maybe just the aura of passing me by just grew, and the aura got bigger and bigger and bigger for that to be so. Well, it became an album that it was cool to say that it's exactly, your favorite album. Exactly. That's a problem that we had with a lot of guys that were faking the funk and hip-hop as fans where they knew that they could say a certain album in conversation with, with people and go, and you know, I'm down because I know this album or I love this album. And Okay, so you know how you, you always tell me, like, why am, why am I so bitter about hip-hop and why I don't I like talking about people like that? Because of this. Oh, okay. It's because of the only, this is the only genre of pop culture that you have to always try to one-up somebody. You always have to battle somebody when you, you can't just have a, a conversation of like, hey, you like a hobby? I like a hobby. All right, let's talk about the hobby. We know. We always have to be, oh, do you know this group? No, oh, no but or, do you know this or group? Or not even that. Or like, do you have the Large Professor remix of this? Right. I mean, like, I don't give a shit. It, that, it, that's the thing that really kills it, it for a me. Vinyl only remakes. I mean, <laughs> not only the fact. Right. We, we always have to. We always have to debate this. And there's no other genre of music that you don't see the rockers debating which Dave Matthews band is better than the other. I think they do, but I don't that know if they do it with thing. the fervor and the intensity as hip hop fans. Because hip hop's a more intense genre. Right. You're arguing like sports. We, you arguing it like sports stats. Right. That's why sports and hip hop have always been the thing that people come together with the same thing. Like there's always the the connection. You always have to try and one up and be like, I'm the more down than you guys. Right. Which I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I really don't give a shit. But people like to do that. And they always like to say things. And they, the main one, you have public enemy. Okay, just here, I'll give you a quick five. Public enemy, you always got to tell people, I like public enemy for a white guy too. Far side. <laughs> you always got to tell people you like far side. Red man's in there. Yep. You don't really want to say Dr. Dre because that's too mainstream, so you leave Dr. Dre off. So you got those three. Then you go into, like, if you say Gangstar, maybe, you, you'll probably be down, right? And then you always go with the next one. You'll be, like, another white guy. You could say, like, Eminem. You can say, like, one of those kind of, like, a slug, <laughs> Anacon, right. all those kind of shit. Li- Living MF Legends. Doom. I've M- been getting a lot of MF, MF Doom. Doom from a lot of people. MF Doom's the new political and guy. And can't name three songs from MF Doom. It's, that's what I'm saying. That is exactly what I'm saying. And this is the far side is one of the things that took the banner from Public Enemy. Public Enemy is just a political group, not not a group that's bigger than their image group. There's that genre. But Public Enemy was the name you say to people to be like, hey, I like the rap music too. Far side from 92, I'm going to say to Bobby, 2002, you had to say far side if you wanted to be down right. with the hip hop people. And it just, it sucked because people don't really give this album the credit. I hope it deserves. I think people should go back. If you guys haven't listened to this album in a few years, go back. Like I said, the secret sauce, they're all they're all very good lyricists, you know? But you know, the secret sauce is Jay Swift's production. Yeah. Go back and listen to this album. You know, he wasn't even fully compensated as a produ- producer on this album, even right. though he has the credit because they got into such fights right. uh, during the making of it, yeah. you know, and Jay Swift, you know, went on to like smoke, he had a nasty like crack habit and he was right. all like addicted to drugs and he's now better, I hope. That's what led to the downfall. But it, it led to the downfall of them never working with him again, which yeah. I think was a big, a, a big missing piece of the puzzle in the in what was to come because after Lab Cabin what do we have we had the plain rap album and then we had a bunch of like EPs and Fat Lip goes solo and then well, the whole group just implodes and then we, we, we pretty much they're gone you know well because I mean? you, you have a lot of creative guys and we gotta remember there's another thing too that Cabin and I have always talked about when you're very creative when you're an artist whether you paint whether you're an actor whether you 
do music, you're weird. You're a weirdo. Right. Your mind's going all over the place. That's why you have such a creative mind. You put these very different guys together, of course they're going to be fighting. Of course it's going to lead to destruction. These, were, were these, these great guys were like the more, more talented leaders in a new school of, of, oh, yeah. uh, of the West Coast. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of people compare them to De La. Right? They were the De La of the West, but I, uh, I think it was no. more like leaders in a new school. More of an Im- implosion of ego and... As far as the breakup goes, yeah, yeah, as yeah. far as the music goes, I think this is much more creative than De La. De La oh, went from a straight... There you form. go. There, there you go. That's a good statement right there, guys. Farsight is by Take far... That. More creative. I mean, th- think of the, the production. Think of other fish. Dela is great as far as a traditional, the formula of hip hop. They went all over the place with this. Yeah, and it works. I'm not disagreeing. You I know? think that's a hot take, though, and I would love to see you know people kind of step to you and try to you know debate that one. But I, I, I I'm I'm not hating on that. I mean, but I, you know, this this is. I can post that up and see what happens. But I'm just saying. The humor, the the self awareness. The, you know, the production and the relatable content on this album is what set them apart in 92. Yeah. Um, that, that's what really set them apart. And, and, the, and the originality here. Once again, 92, you weren't cool sounding like anybody else. Yeah. And if you were biting anybody's style, you were picked apart immediately by the hip-hop community. Yeah. So, uh, moving on to uh, exactly. our number four. What's your number four? All right, as it just gets tougher and tougher. It gets harder and harder. Here we go. I gotta go with this and this is a game changer for me as far as album that helped shape my life I guess I don't want to say that it sounds kind of cheesy but Ooh. Gangstar Daily Operation yes alright uh, so as you if, if you've listened to the previous two everyone you know that listening to those two you would think that I just hate Gangstar right and I just think that they're full of shit. Well, those first albums they had were full of shit. <laughs> and they are the culmin- this album is the culmination of like, and you know who else thought so too? Guru and Premier. Yeah. Because they were like, we better figure this shit out or Chrysler's gonna drop us. They got it. Yeah. They got it. They got it. Look at how different this was. It was leading there with the previous album, but look at, look at this right here. This is, this flipped the script, right? Guru exponentially grows lyrically. This is his best best bars of his career at this point. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And Premier finally finds that perfect mixture combination of production yeah. that he was building towards with yeah. the last two albums. We're slowing it down, everybody. We're slowing it down. The vibe is now more methodical. Right. It's more cerebral. He's digging more jazz samples, more rare stuff, and creating right. more of a darker, right. darker feel to the this album. Is, this year, 92 is the most the beginning of how hip-hop can be very intimate. How the jazz clubs can play. How you can... This shape a guy like Eminem. Because Eminem to play in a small cafe environment, not a stadium, but play in a small cafe environment and to have that intimacy. All these songs are intimate songs. Yeah. You can listen to this in a cafe. You can listen to this in a lounge. That's what birth jazz lounge, jazz samples. It's perfect. This album is, is one, of, one of the most perfect albums of all time. I agree. And, and for it to be number four is crazy. That's just to put the level of quality in 92. Right. It's just, it's like, it's such a proud, it's like a, a guy who's been failing in school for years and was given a project and then he nails it and he gets an A+. Plus. Yeah. And he, he figured it out. And 
a kid who turned the corner and figured it out. This is this album for Gangsta. They figured it out, and this is now the sound going forward, and it's going to get better and better. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. This song is incredible, too. One of the best posse cuts of all time. You know, uh, right. you know, you got Little Dap's first appearance. You got J. Ruta Damage's Let's go play that. Play, play, play that song. That, that's a... We skip into... Uh, Let's go, I'm the man. Oh, yeah, we're going to get to the... Okay, so this is the debut of Little Dap. One of the first posse cuts, if I'm not mistaken, were the beat changes, right? Yes. Let's talk about that. That is amazing. Now, when J. Ru's part comes, let's let's get to the J. Ru part, because... Look at that. Violins. You tell me when I listen to violins in 1990? His first year is all hip-hop quotables. Right. I mean, come on. Yeah, this this one, I don't I don't think there's a bad song in this album. I think it's a five mic album then, so five mic album now. Yeah. It's <clears throat> five mics all the way through. Depreciation five. Political five. 1992 five. That's it. J Root Damager. This isn't even peak J Root the Damager. You could tell like Little Dap and J Root were kind of sounding similar. Of course, J. Rue had it locked down. Little Dap was trying to sound like J. Rue in this That's song. Right. But before he decided, let's go use the rasp lisp situation. But phenomenal. You listening to this, you're like, when is the J. Rue album coming out? If it ever will. Yep. Um, everything, top to bottom. Yep. Top to so bottom. this is both our number four. It's Daily Operation, the third album from Gangstar. And I can't believe it. I think we have it all lined up. And we're pretty much lined up on our top four to one. Yeah. So we're gonna go into which is arguably one of the best uh, debut albums in hip hop of all time. It's what the album from Redman. Yeah. Now, I know some people may come to us and go, "How is what the album Redman over Daily Operation?" Listen, listen, listen. All right, we're gonna have many Gangstar albums on our future top tens. All right, we I can think of already two or three Gangstar albums that are coming up that are gonna be on my top ten. I don't know if I'm gonna have another Redman album in, in my top ten. I'm not sure, but yeah. I'm putting this slightly higher because I, I, I the impact say, it made in '92. Yeah. And for historical political reasons, I'm putting it just that one notch higher than Gangstar. And this album's freaking awesome, man. It is. It's. Uh, okay. You bring up a good point here. A great point. We just say that their operation is like the shit, and then here we are. It's not even, not even number three, right? The voice of this guy, the persona of this guy. Once again, it's it's just that entire vibe of 1992. You could tell what was going on from hardcore, from business as usual album, where he was on and he did that little guest appearance. Right. You could tell someone's gonna go down with this guy. Culmination of of funk samples which are going to be prominently used in a later album we're going to talk about. Right. But they were used in a totally different way that was just like original. Right. The culmination of EPMD is in this album. Yeah, and this, well, this is produced, this is first, Eric Sermon's first production outside of EPMD, you know, where he's doing it on his own, and Redman is, is doing it, a, 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 you know, with him. But if you guys don't know the history of Redman, you know, he was discovered by Eric Sermon, Basically, Redman was a DJ for the group that we would know eventually as Lords of the Underground. Yeah. They were touring around colleges, they're performing, and basically Redman moved in with Eric Sermon. Yeah. Toured, he was their EPMD's uh, roadie. Yeah. 
you know, carrying bags, exactly. you know, setting up the stage. A lot of people don't know that one. You know, that there's that connection. Yeah, and then he would eventually go on and rap on hardcore from Business as Usual off, you know, EPMD's Business as Usual album. Yeah. And then uh, Q-Tip heard that verse and basically convinced, you know, Def Jam Records, yeah. Russell and Leo Cohen, to sign him because they basically played him a slip snippet of his verse on the Headbanger yeah. that hadn't come out yet. Yeah. And uh, this song, Jam For You, you know. There's an excellent song right here that... I don't know if Redman fans think of this as a top song or what, but this is a great song. It's a great jam. The, the overall production of this, the vibe of this, excellent. But the, the vibe on this album just changed so um, much. So even go to the Rated R right here, yeah. like this this song, each song it just has an energy and a, a different vibe, and you know, and Redman was uh, one of the first rappers I can remember at the time where he was playing two personalities, just predating Eminem. Yeah. You know he's. He's uh, Reggie Noble and Redman right. on the album, you know? He had weird skits. He had uh, weird skits. The, yeah. the Doctor uh, skit was a weird thing. The Superman lover thing. It was just the overall vibe of this predates like a Doctor Octagon. It predates like those, yeah. those kind of weird characters. Yeah. And it's, it's just something that totally was different than anything else. It slowed down funk samples. Yeah. Who'd have thought? And it works. And it's... Once again, the theme of just slowing everything down, just making things just more meaningful than just these fast. And then you got this song, right? Which it stops through, and then Hurricane G tells him, shut up, let's go. And then, this, phenomenal, and this, look at this beat. We didn't know this beat growing up. It's a classic beat. Yeah. But the, it made, this, this album made you want to learn the most of any of these albums. There were a lot of sample-driven albums here, right? This one you really wanted to learn. Where do we get all this stuff from? So it, it, it made you smarter. This is an album that would make a guy who's into rap that cared smarter. This is this is an encyclopedia of hip hop and funk music in itself. If you look right. at all the samples, and I don't know about you guys, but you know I used to read the, all the liner notes for the samples and yep. try to find those records too. Correct. Because I wanted to hear the original. Right. And so what it did was it it broadened our range as music fans. Right. You know? Right. That was the, that's the thing. It just this, these albums made you grow as a fan, as a as a nerd of, of the rap music. You wanted to read the notes, read, find out what was going on, even more than anything else. Especially from an album like this. That's Where right. are you getting all this stuff from? That was what we do. Yeah. So, for that reason, for that reason, I just think this is Redman's masterpiece. I don't think he made an album to this level, you know, since his debut. You know, probably yeah. the only one we could maybe argue is Muddy Waters, maybe. Yeah, right. Um, but this is this is a, a five mic album. Then it's a five mic album now, and this is some some songs that I'm happy to bump in my ride. I can right. happily play this right now. This oh, this most definitely holds up. Yeah. I mean. And this this holds on the West Coast and the East Coast because it merged the production. Yeah. Yeah. No one has anything bad to say about this album because it, it covers everything. And Five Mics 91, 92, Five Mics Now, Appreciation is Next to Nothing, Historical Value, Five Mics, uh, a near, I'm going to say not even a near, it's a perfect album. Again, yeah. Yeah. it's another perfect album. And There's nothing that's filler on it. He is, he is like a gangster, a comedian, a lyrical guy, like he's everything on this album. Like Redman brings it all, he does. So props to the Funk Doctor Spock on that one. So we got the same number two. And uh, 
Was it tough for you debating the one and two, or was it a pretty easy choice? No, it was a no-brainer. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. I, I agree. mean, you I can agree. anybody out there that's going to disagree, you can you can throw in whatever debate you want. Either you weren't alive then, you didn't listen to rap music then, or all you think is the far side, because that's there's no question what number one is. But we're on number two now. We're on number two, which is the debut album of Pete Rock and Seal Smooth. Yep. It's Mecca and the Soul Brother. Phenomenal. Phenomenal album. I have that as my number two as well. I remember when this video came out. Blew us away. It blew us away. Amazing. One of the best rap videos of all time. Yeah. Too. Great video. Emotional video. Yeah. And you never had that before. Right. Because you when there's no internet now so we, we don't know information as much as we would where when this song comes on the video and we see it's called They Reminisce Over You and then he reveals at the end that it's about a guy right, it was, and his name Troy right it was, it was uh, Heavy D's cousin right and you're mind blown T-Roy as a kid like holy shit and that they based uh, the Peaceful Journey album on him too correct right? yeah, yeah, yes yeah, so. so that alone along with and you, you know the once again the trend rest Saxo- in peace rest in peace yeah. saxophones jazz samples Horns, Pete Rock, one of the kings of horns. That's right. Legendary horn sampler. We, we waited right. for the Pete Rock horns. This is, we talked about Pete Rock, 1991, with a remix that everyone seems to like get a boner over the, the Shut Them Down remix. Yeah, that's right. Which is a filler trash. This is Pete Rock. Right, right he did, I think he might have did two remixes before this came out. If I'm not mistaken, he did that in the House of Pain one, maybe. I'm not sure if the House the of Pain one remix. The, the Jump Around remix is decent. We're going to talk about that one later. Right, but but, but this, this, when this song came out, it was like, this is a whole new beat rock, right? But right, he figured it out. They didn't talk about, you know, they did come out with the All Sold, all sold Out EP, EP yeah. with the creator. The good Life and yeah, all that stuff. Right, The Good Life. Um, but he, he's getting it. He was figuring it out. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at this this song right here. You know, Cabot, like, Cabot's like gone on, on record on the Sleep Times Over podcast saying that this is probably the perfect example of a perfect hip-hop song. I agree. This I, is I, a perfect song from beginning to end. Production. That's all you got to say. One of the best album, produced. It's, it's big. It's long. It's sprawling. It's tons of interludes. It creates this kind of seamless vibe throughout the entire paints a um, picture. project. It paints a beautiful picture, right? Um, you know, this is... This group, you know, I just, it just makes me sad that they also never had that career like Gangstar, you know, we got, we got two, two albums right. and an EP from them and then we get these right. spatterings of songs. Reunions that were, alright. Yeah, nothing play that a, ever lived up to play, it. Play one of the best love songs of all time, play lots of loving. Now, listen to the production of this here. Now, great interlude, by the way. Oh, you went, okay. So this is the beginning, but the interludes of all these. Yeah, this the album interludes is great. are fantastic. Look at that horn right there. I mean, the production. I'm just gonna shut up and just let this let this run. Yeah. This is it. So those of you guys that don't know the uh, history, you know, so DJ ADF and Heavy D uh, were. You know, Heavy D was uh, basically his cousin, was Pete Rock's cousin. And uh, another odd fact, uh, if you guys remember the rapper Grap Lover. That yep. is uh, that is Pete Rock's brother. Yeah, that's right. He would be very prevalent in the early two thousands, late nineties. And uh, Seal Seal Smooth uh, was basically his, a high school buddy from New, New Rochelle. Pete Rock is from Money Earning Mount Vernon, and they they joined up in high school. What 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 I find again so amazing about Pete Rock as a producer, you know, is making this album in his twenties to be this sophisticated in his twenties with the production and how this album's mixed and put together, right? Like pretty amazing. Right. 
the right. ingenuity of this guy, man, and the musicality of this guy to understand samples and man. I, I'm just gonna shut up and just listen to this because this this is it. And this is a love song. Does it get a video for this? Uh, I, I hated hip hop love songs because you know, as you guys may know, I'm a very bitter man. <laughs> and I love this song. Yeah. I love lots of loving. This is in uh, your top ten hip hop R and B songs of all time, or, or a hip hop song with an R and B hook, or could it be in that conversation? Hip hop song with an R and B hook, definitely. But just it's just overall a, a well produced. It's like a, it's like a watching a great movie, a great yeah. like watching The Godfather, watching a movie of you know Empire Strikes Back. It's just a well produced from beginning to end, put together song. Exactly. Well, the whole album, just every they create. It's not just one tone. I mean, you got songs for the hardcore heads. I mean, you got this song, Can't Front On Me, right? Like This used to be my favorite song of the album because hot, it was a hard hot beat. Song. See, that, that's a hard, that, that beat really hard, right? This sounds like something like, uh, you know, like a, a rapper on Anticon or uh, Rhyme Sires rhyme would be rapping on now. This, this, this is a very uh, depreciation strong, this holds up, this production, the beat. That, because of what you're saying. You could oh. see a remix of a current rap, a current oh, of course. Uh, alternative yeah. rapper. You could have guys freestyle over this all day. Yeah. So anyways, five mic album then, five mic album now. I've little to no depreciation on this one. And uh, if you haven't listened to this one, what are you doing? What are you doing listening to the show? I don't know what you're doing listening to this. Yeah, you should turn this off right now and just go listen to this if, album. If anyone, I've never come across this, but if anyone says that this, they don't like this album, I, no, that's not a, that's not a thing. They're There's not no, a hip hop They don't exist. Right, they're not a hip hop fan. They don't exist. No. Leia, what about um, Grand Pooba? What's the one with Grand Pooba? Oh yeah, Skins. You gotta do it. That's a hot one too, man. Excellent beat. Yeah. Horns galore. And... This is another beat used by... Do you remember what rapper? Chubb Rock. A great man. Yabba, dabba, doo. That's right. When are we talking about Lost in the Storm? Is this the year? Yes. Hey, all right. Talk about in all our right. next segment. Get ready. Or in one of our upcoming segments. That's right. Chubb Rock. I love it. But great song. I want to give a shout out to The Basement. I, I personally love The Basement. Basement's a great one. Yeah. They always would use this beat on your own TV raps. That was the thing that was very familiar. For Pete's sake. I mean, damn. Can we play that beat Let's real quick? Let's play Pete's sake, yep. Man, this... this had one of my all-time favorite hip-hop beats too, right? So, so you see how all these songs are movies. Yeah. These are all movies. They're all painting pictures. Yeah. Well put together, the vibe of what's going on. It's still slow. It's a little bit faster than the other below albums that we're talking about, but it's still like intimate, lounge intimate. Still, still awesome. Five mics on? Slapper, man, yeah. Now, I wonder if you guys are curious now, okay? If you don't know what's number one by now, come on, man. Come on. What, what, what are you, what's going on? All right? I, I'm not even going to acknowledge. Uh... And, if, and if anybody denies that this shouldn't be number one, state your facts. Hit us up on on basically our comment board and let us know why. But there was one album that was all encompassing in okay. '92 into '93 and arguably into '94. It's the Chronic. Now, now some of people argue, okay, okay, this album was released in December '92, okay, but I'm not gonna give it the juice Passover, all right? 
because this album made an impact before it even dropped. The G the G thing single was out on MTV. Everyone was waiting for this album. I went, I cut school that day to buy this album. Right. They, okay. Backstory in this. As you know, Dr. Dre this time he's broke. Right. Well, he, he, he leaves all his masters. Leave all the masters with with, uh, with ruthless. Right. He's right? trying to figure out a new deal. Find Snoop. Do deep cover. The, the the seeds are planted. You got Mr. Mr. Marion Suge Knight in the picture. Seeds are planted. He's the businessman putting it all together. Putting it all together. Never even mind the fact that he's leaving NWA, which we all know he's part of and whatnot. But the anticipation for this back in 1992, which anticipation and no internet really never came together. That's right. You need the internet to build an anticipation because what are we what are we anticipating? We have nothing to look at. We get magazines that are like month ago information. Right. We get Yom TV raps will maybe show something that's kind of ahead of the time. This made it the this was the first album that made anticipation for an album for hip hop because we never had that. It was insane. I remember seeing the ads, you know, in the source just waiting waiting for the date, you know. Yeah, we didn't know what to expect. And, and you guys you guys aren't forgetting in 91 we talked about NWA's album was only in 91 this is not like Dr. Dre now we gotta wait 10 years to get a one song from right. this guy right he heard it up you know but this one he was like I gotta stay relevant I gotta get I gotta put this out I gotta just right. put her down and sleep in the studio right this is and, a different Dr. Dre than, than oh, that this was a motivated this is him he's gotta get it going Dr. he's Dre. broke at this point when you're broke, you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do. Desperate measures, right? right. Desperate times. So he, he he links up with Warren G, his cousin. Warren G introduces him to their group Two One Three. You get Nate Dog, Warren G, and Snoop Doggy Dog. Yeah. Right. Then basically they bring in the Dog Pound, right? You right. got Corrupt. Daz, Corrupt. And you got production on there. You got Chris the Glove Taylor. You got Colin Wolf. You know, who are, I argue, you know, some of the secret weapons of production. Oh, yeah. But he just had this amazing uh, think tank yeah. of producers and rappers in the studio. I can only imagine, you know, what it was like. But uh, it, it created this whole new vibe for West Coast hip hop that it changed the entire you know, it changed the entire landscape of hip hop. Right. You know, there's pre-chronic and post-chronic. Yeah. For hip hop. Exactly. This. <clears throat> you know, I, I don't even know if I want to say this, but this album, if you want to compare about post and past and post. Right. The chronic is a 9/11 of hip hop. Yeah. The Chronic is a 9-11 of hip-hop. Yeah. We were different people. Everything, it blew everything up. Everything was different. Everything changed after 9-11. Everything changed after the Chronic. Hip-hop was a different animal. Hip the West Coast was now... The domination begins today. Yep. And if you didn't sound like Dr. Dre, you weren't making money, so you need to change. This was the beginning of end of hip-hop creativity. Yep. Because everybody in the West Coast was like, oh... Shit, they're like blowing everything out. East Coast is like, God, we can't even barely get gold. And here these guys are just coming up, blowing everything out. What are we going to do? And you can see the beginning and the end. You see the ending of creativity. That's right. Creativity in hip-hop dies with this album because of how popular this album was. You got all the all the singles on there, but you got like lyrical bangers. You got Stranded on Death Row, right? Like, right. Just... Hey, Bushwick Bill cameo. Good thing. Old EPMD sample. This is from So What You're Saying. So this was my favorite Dre. This is my favorite Dre production by far, you know, because after this, you know, we're going into, you know, Murder Was The Case and 
some of the stuff that he was doing for Death Row at the time. Yeah. Which was, he was getting more cinematic right after Post Doggy style. He was like, I'm gonna, I gotta get horn and violins and I gotta have like all this live instrument. You know who else did that? Kanye. There you go. Why do they get like that? Because I think it's because of paranoia. Right. They want to one-up what they just did, where right. they could just stick to the formula. This is my favorite trade because it's it's live music with samples, with scratching. Yeah. Like this is this is this is the essence of hip hop. Right. For Dre, right? We go into two th- Dre two thousand and one, which is it doesn't even sound like the same producer. No. There's not even a, a very footprint. clean. Yeah. Right. Very clean. Very digital. Right. You know, like this had some good stuff, but it was very clean. This is raw. This it West felt Coast, raw. Yeah. But. There's a there's there's a hip hop we don't want to say East Coast uh, underlying but there's a hip hop underlying of the bass of the drum beats. You got a lot of funk samples, of course. You use the shit out of all of that. Um, Dr. Dre is a producer. I pose this: Does he hold up to a person such as we just gave a lot of respect to a man by the name of Pete Rock? who did a lot of horn samples, different situation. Who would be a better producer? Pete Rock or Dr. Dre? <laughs> Who's more overrated? Pete well, Rock or Dr. Dre? Well, a lot of people say, through the years, Dr. Dre is overrated as a producer. Now, I've gone on record saying that. I, I said that on the Sleep Time's Over podcast. You know, um, the, thing is, the thing is with Dre for me is that, I guess even for Premier or Pete Rock, we see the evolution of their sound over time. They sound, you know, you could still see the blueprint of where they came from, the yeah. origins of their sound. Right. But Dre now, I don't see any of the what he came from before. Right. Right. It changed so drastically. So right. I want to know: Is this really Dre going as an artist, or is this Dre being influenced by the other people that he's working with and building off of them? It's got to right? be a little bit more of that. But he's he's the ultimate talent scout. Yeah. Right. He's like Kanye in a lot of ways, more ways than others. He found a lot of greats. They, they just he's a talent. You know, he basically can find the great rappers, knows the talent, knows the sound. You know, so he he's like a he is a true mogul. Well, he's 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 inventor of a lot of tricks in the in the music industry that a lot of people don't give him credit for. Like, he had two things that always stuck out to me as when I was listening as a kid. He he came out of an interview and he said, "A true, if I could tell if you're good, is I give you 30 seconds. If you can't suck suck me in in 30 seconds, I'm turning you off." The 30 second rule for Dr. Dre. He gave them all a 30 second rule. If you cannot, if that song doesn't grab me, that's it. Another thing he did for the mix shows to get his songs played a lot. One was we're gonna talk about later in the later years, the Sam Sneed song, which I always go yeah. back to. You better recognize, recognize isn't yeah. the greatest song, but it was a very heavily played in the mix show song. And the reason why is he always would go when you have a chorus, that's usually in the mix show where you're supposed to mix out of it. Right. So he would play the chorus. You, you have a 16 bar chorus. He only goes eight bar for the first verse, so it gets yep. you to forcefully listen to the second verse. So that's more airtime for their said song. Afro Puffs, Afro Puffs did that's this. That's right. That's right. The Dre uh, Dre Day did this. He makes it eight bar chorus back into lyrics so like the mixture guy just got up because they're formulaic and you were doing you were DJing at the time so you were very aware so of you always see it yes yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so I told Kevin I'm like you, you, you caught on to what Dre's been doing through the years like what all of his songs have eight bar choruses because he wants the mix show to play just one more than one verse because mm-hmm. a lot of these guys that break in the East Coast songs they have a 16 bar chorus meaning okay so like for example, I rock, rock, fence stuff with my Afro Puffs. Right. And then they go, hey, rock around with your bad stuff. Right. She says that four times 
that makes it a 16-bar chorus. Ah. In the first one, she only says it twice. So therefore, every song starts with a 16-bar So it leaves more intro. of an impression, right? Because you got to right. stick with it. You gotta and the mix show guys are going to be like, oh, I guess we got to play it off the second chorus. Not knowing, Dre's getting more airtime. Yep. Sam Sneed's getting more airtime. Sam Sneed, if he changed that chorus, would not get the airtime because that song sucks. You better recognize sucks. <laughs> Who gives a shit? But Mick Shows played the shit out of that. Yeah. And that's what they did with the twins. That's what they did with Dove Shack. They all took that formula and then they ran with it. They were cool songs. We're talking. I'm going. I'm right, going right, ahead of no, the, the years here. Everything pales in comparison to but, what. But that's know, a Dre yeah. trick. Right. It's a. It's a Dre. He made. Template. It's a Dre. It's template. a Dre template. Because you get all the East Coast songs. They all have 16 bar. Full long courses, which was gave them enough time to go, oh okay, this 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 song shady already. Move on. Right. Not the Dre songs. That was a little trick. Yeah, this Wow, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at Dre songs a completely different way now, man. Look at how not all of them, but look at how like if you wanted to push a guy, Afro Pops, for example, well, play at the beginning of that. Wow, okay. And it was a heavily mixed show song. It was a good song. But it got a lot of airtime because you, the big show DJs couldn't do anything with it. It was basic mixing back then, so you just had to wait for the 16 bar, and that's what they would do. This album is a is a hip hop class in itself, right? Like the the drum tracks, the the 70s, oh, yeah. 80s samples, yeah. you know, reworking again, like what Eric Sermon did with the what the album, reworking funk Parliament funkadelic samples yeah. and the Parliament funkadelic sounds, yeah. mixing in live instrumentation, and then of course the signature high pitched whistling synthesizers, which we could right. not escape for like four or five years after this album. Synthesizers came out. was the gift and curse right. of hip hop. Where we're gonna have in the later years, most likely '94. There was a certain gentleman that used a synthesizer quite well. That I'm gonna get into. All right. I'll leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> but you know, this album went on to sell five, over five million copies. You know, five times platinum, three top ten singles. I mean, it was a good good way to, to put it. You know, it was it's pre chronic, post chronic. It's it's pre 9/11, post 9/11. I mean, it was That's it, it. It, it it destroyed whatever conceptions record labels and people had about hip-hop music at the time it, it kind of blew it all up right and we it forced a lot of people to rebuild and change 9-11 yeah it but with that said depreciation for me on this is four mics it's not five back then it was five there's songs I would skip here because of the magnitude of how popular they were. Like, I can't listen to nothing but a G thing in the car. Right. I would not. Dre Day, I would not listen to in the car. Let Me Ride, I would not listen to in the car. That's three songs already that I would not listen to. So the right. depreciation has to go down for me. So it's a four mic depreciation. But politically, just because the influence. Oh, politically, influence. this is five mics. Right. Influence, that's it. There's, you can't say that this is not the number one album of 1992. It released in 92. It is the number one album of 92. That's it. You, you can't give it some kind of like little, uh, you know, uh, prorated uh, right. thing here. Of course, 93 was shaped by this album. 94, Snoop Dogg comes out. I mean, it, 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 they keep the, the train rolling here. Right. But this is the 92. This is the album. That sums up not it. only 92, but not 93 as well. This sums up a lot of 93. If yeah. we had to combine them, right. I'd put this at top of 93. Yeah. Because... It was a, it, it culminated everything. That's right. You know, I mean, granted, okay, we look at the top ten of both bars. Right. The theme underlying of the top ten of this was things slowed down, things more cerebral, methodical, harder edge, 
uh, more hard, more hardcore. I hate using that word, but mm-hmm. it. You go from number ten all the way down. Live instrumentation, jazz, intimacy, horns, saxophone, funk. This is the most quality of hip hop year as far as a musical taste as it's ever been at the, to this point. Yeah. Lyrically, we go 88. 89, they're going faster. They're going dancer. They want to get more. They want to. They want to start dancing. 1990, they're getting political. Mm-hmm. The message is being set. 1991, message is being set, but there's still, it's still a fast-paced. Law and Theory kind of starts giving us the planting the seed for this. Right. This is all derived from Law and Theory. Law and Theory created 1992. Mm. In, in my, That's good, yeah. I agree. Because I agree. Law, and Theory to, Law and Theory took the mold from their past album. They said, fuck this, we're going to make a different thing. All these guys, not all of them, but Gangstar one, took the mold and said, you know what? Look what Law and Theory did. Well, we East Coast change was what we're sitting doing. on the throne for so long that it was right. such an incredible like shift of power. They were sitting on the throne. They weren't making any money. Uh-huh. That's the thing. That's why this pissed off a lot of people because Chronic made so much money. Because Chronic got made street credibility and it got money, commercial appeal. Right. It got street appeal. It was like insane. Right. Like right. You you don't you didn't have the bootlegging problem. West Coast for some reason didn't have that much as much as New York. I don't know, but. You laid a foundation with Law and Theory for 92. Dr. Dre lays a foundation for 93. Yep. As we're going to see. And we're going to, yeah, we'll, we'll basically, in the upcoming years, we're going to we're gonna be talking about Dre. His, his running ain't, ain't done yet, even though he isn't going to put out another album for quite some time. Yeah. His run isn't over yet because no. his footprint is deeply bedded into... Uh, the scene and, and music right but but he he also but he's also a groundbreaker in that because he's a guy who doesn't have to put out another album to 2001 which announces that album came out in 2000 right. right but he didn't have to do anything because he laid the foundation for business he laid the foundation of what a producer the success of a producer a guy behind the scenes he didn't have to do nothing this is a great song right here. yeah but he didn't have to do anything he just puts out he brings out his guys and then let's do the solo projects of this guy, that guy. Is a perfect business plan. Right. You remember you open up the, the sleeve of uh, Chronic or the back. They had all the albums coming out. They had Correct. all the dates already. It was That's like getting you hyped. Correct. It was genius. In genius gen- marketing. So genius. It was predating No Limit and what No Limit did. Right. No Limit was creating so, album covers for albums that didn't exist. Right. All right. So that's what makes, when they talk about Dre being an overrated producer or whatnot, Dre is a businessman. He's one of the top strategists of all time. Yep. You're going to put out an album, and then you're going to go and bank on saying, you know, we got eight more albums coming out. <laughs> Get ready. Wait, they have no probably no idea what to do with the album yet. But they got, we're going to yeah. make dog album, we're going to dog pound album, da, 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 which he did. That's what, you know, Suge doesn't get enough credit for. Suge, Suge was this really, you know, he doesn't get the credit for being a marketing kind of guy that he is as for being a thug. Right. You know what I mean? He's known for more being just a thug and beating people up and threatening them and but that's using not even violence happening. and stuff like that. No. Which, you know, like there was a lot of that tactics, but people also have to see that he's a big crucial part in the way that things were being marketed with Death Row. He's a businessman. He's a big part of the 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 reach this album had. Right. You know, he was a big part of that. There's a lot of red flags to the guy, but there's sure. a lot of good stuff to this guy where as far as a business strategy. As far as planning ahead, we're not shouting out Suge Knight, people. So don't don't get all weird. Don't you get excited. Run over people with cars. Well, we don't want to shout out. Making the guy cry in the corner and sleep, sleep, well, you know, <laughs> straight out of Compton. Hopefully, Rob Van Winkle ain't listening. <laughs> but 
he there's, there's a thing to good business. There's a thing to this that it's the it's the groundwork for good, just good business. Think of it. You release a product, and then in your whatever your product is label, you say we got a bunch of other things coming soon. It's a small little uh, little trick, but it, it, it works. It builds hype. If the product you have is great, you're gonna get somebody hyped to want to hear more. That's right. And that's what he did. The chorus rule with with Drake, smart. Just the overall marketing of just the, the their album covers, it's all been copied by No Limit and all these guys. They copy all that. It's a whole formula of business, and it's it, it's successful, and that's what makes Dre the icon that he is. Much more than just making a beat. So that's that's the thing with him. That yeah. sums up our top ten albums of 1992. Stick around, and our next segment we'll be going over what just missed our top ten. Oh God! And some honorable mentions. So Wonderful. Stick around. This is Old Futz Reviews. Great. Yes. The Rodney Dangerfield of rap, yeah, no respect. Nope. Coochie rap, no. no respect. Nobody says anything about him. Well, there's several guys like this, right? Man, I mean, we'll, we'll go, we should we should put together a list later down the line where it's like the most disrespect, the most like the Rodney Dangerfield the list. The Rodney Dangerfield list, the no respect rappers, the guys that like deserve their due but never got it. I can name them right now. MC8, Lord Finesse, Coochie rap. We got three right there. Nice, yeah. And what else we got? Well, people like Tretch. Tretch is gone. Tretch, Tretch is very slept on. DJ Quick. Year. There you go. There's your DJ four. Quick. Right. There you go. Right. Boom. 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 Off the dome. Rushmore Dangerfields. There you go. Go figure. So, uh, we're, we're right now on our Just Missed the List albums. These are, we're going to talk about some albums that just missed the list. Now, the one album that we're going to talk about that is on both of our Just Missed the List is the third and final album of the duo of Coogee Rap and DJ Polo. It's the album called Live and Let Die. It kind of came in under the radar. Cold Chillin' put this out with very little to no promotion. They only had like two singles on this album. I think it was On the Run and and this song, Ill Street Blues. Yeah. Uh, but it was a conceptual album. Uh, they flipped the formula that Ice Cube did where it was basically a West Coast rapper with an East Coast producer, which was the Bomb Squad. Coogee Rap seeked out Ice Cube's producers, right? Sir Jinx and the Boogeyman to produce well, this album. The only good two notable songs on this thing was this. On the Run Remix. On the Run Remix is fired. Uh, but the, 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 the problem, which is why we just talked about Dre. Let's talk about Molly Mar and the cold chillin' guys. They could never figure it out. The Juice Crew, yeah. The Juice Crew could not figure it out. They were the end. They were the uh, total opposite of Death Row. They just didn't know how to put songs together in a in a congruent fashion where you can have a whole list of ten songs and have a good album. All the Cold Chillin' albums, quite frankly, sucked. Well, they were they were hit and miss. I, I agree. They're not making any top ten. <laughs> You name a Cold Chillin' album that should make a top ten. Said by no one. Like I said, my, my Big Daddy Kane was on my right. Was on my list. But then that was a while ago, and he became a victim of him just being a pornography guy, thinking that he was some hot shit. Victim of his image. His marquee, talented guy, couldn't put an album together. Master Ace. Once he left Cold Chillin', then he put an album together. You get the trend here. You got Cool G Rap. We're saying he's the most. 
uh, disrespect, not disrespected, but most underrated guy that doesn't get any respect because he didn't have people backing him up. He didn't have it. Yeah. He he just was a guy that they just could not never find the hook. They try, when they when they when they try to give him commercial crossover, it just didn't quite sit with his core fan base of the street. It didn't work. They were not listenable songs. I mean, look, go down the Juice Crew. Let's name them all. All right, we got MC Shan. Look at that. Oh my God. We got Big Daddy Kane. MC Shan made his money with Snow. Okay. Enough said. Who else we got? Big Daddy Big Kane. Daddy Kane. Victim of his image. We got Bismarcky. Talented guy, never had an album put together right. We got Master Ace, who's had... Uh, Better with delicious vinyl. Yeah, okay, okay. Slaughterhouse, he agree. figured it out. I agree. Away from Coach Chillum. We got the very little known Craig G. Dropping science, really? Yeah. He ain't dropping nothing. He got and dropped from his labels, what he dropped And from. we got G-Rap. Once again, Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. Do you see the trend I, here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coach Chillum just didn't figure it out. And, I, and I, one of the most overrated... When we look back, most political answers is to say the Juice Crew was something. What did they do? What did they do? You, they're living off of Big Daddy Kane's success is what they did, and Biz Marquis' uniqueness as an individual. But that's it. Kooji Rap, at this time, it's too little too late. I love Kooji Rap. This is a super slept on album. Super slept on. And because it's on Coachella. If you want to hear Kooji Rap rapping over like Ice Cube beats... This is basically the production is almost mirroring what Ice Cube was doing on The Predator. Correct. This is a great album. And I have this at number 13. Completely slept on. Yes. Completely like, you This know, was number 13 for me. Right. And because of what you're saying. This is my number 13 as well. Like we have basically, we chose three albums that just missed the list. Yeah. So these are both our number three. Yeah. Uh, on this one. Yeah. And But you know, the funny thing was, and I had talked to you about this before, but you know, the focus was the West Coast production, but the best song on the album is an East Coast production. It's not like Trackmasters, it's Ill Street Blues. Yeah. That's like one of the best, if not the best Kooji rap song he ever made. So, you know? I would like to know who his management team is, if there was one, or if it was him, that didn't go up to him and was like, okay, Trackmasters seem to figure have figured you out, Kooji rap. They should have had an executive produce a whole album. How about we go that route? Instead of what he does later, which that's a whole other story, but they should have went that route. Right, we'll talk about four, five, six later. Like on the run remix, right? Hill Street Blues. They seem to have found a formula there that they never tapped again on, and that this one, I, I don't know what what happened with Kooji. Like I like to have a sit down and talk to him and be like, what what? Who's your management? Your agent? Who was in your ear? How can a guy with this voice not make it? Yeah, he's the he's the East Coast like equivalent of like Scarface. Yeah, exactly. And he made like the mafia rap cool, and I mean, he was also the guy like he was this Martin Scorsese of hip hop at the time. You know, he was painting all these pictures, the crime stories, the New I, York griminess. You know, like, there's got to be something that behind the scenes we don't know about involving this man's career, which is that didn't hit. Because how can a guy? who's in intelligently lyrical with a voice like this not find the right people to be with. Yeah. He hooked up with Premier too little too late. Yeah, I agree. He, I mean, he could he could be brought on like by a DJ Khaled, for example. DJ Khaled has a lot of that slow, methodical beats. You could see Kooji rap on like, I'm on one right. with Drake. Mm -hmm. Why is it that he just never had it click? If we didn't have G-Rap, we wouldn't have Mob Deep. 
No, we're exactly. We wouldn't have we wouldn't have the locks. We wouldn't have a lot of exactly. We wouldn't have the the crime rap. We, you the know, Jay Z, Nas. We wouldn't have those guys without G rap. Why did that never take off? You know, I mean, he had them on an album. We'll talk later, but something something is not right about this. Yeah, something's not right about it. Not him personally, but about his career. I don't get it. This is my favorite album from the Kooji Rap DJ Polo era. Oh, by far. It's the best album. It's the most complete album. Oh, by far. Uh, yeah. Very, very slept on. Check it out, guys. We talked about those songs. Also, check out Two to the Head. That's the posse cut yeah. with Ice Cube, Scarface, Bushwick Bill. is one of the first, like, East Coast, Southwest Right. Like posse cuts right. on the on on the same album together. So, yeah. all right, moving on uh, to my number two. This is not on your list, but uh, one of my all-time favorite West Coast rappers. It's Spice One. I like it. Now, this guy is from the East Bay of San Francisco. Um, he was discovered by Too Short. You know, uh, did you know that Spice One was is an acronym? That his name Spice is an acronym. I didn't know this, and I, I did not. I watched that interview. Really? You know what Spice stands for? Wow. Sex, pistols, Indo, cash, and entertainment. I like him even more. Mind blown. <laughs> I love it. Number one. Oh, Spice is number one with a bullet. Now, uh, wow. he, he put out a very little-known EP in '91 called "Let It Be Known." I actually was able to get a hold of this from Tower Records, um, and then he got signed to Jive Records. Right. And then he had this album produced by Ed Banks, Blackjack, EA Ski, right, all right. these guys up it's and coming. Legends, those producers. Yeah. Legends. This album defied the genre standards of West Coast gangster rap. And Spice One's creative, like, changing flow yeah. is what set it apart. Because he got a song like this, like, In My Neighborhood. This was the first single. Right. right. But then we go to another song, like, East Bay Gangsters. And he was doing, like, the reggae stuff. And integrating he did like, that, the yes. dancehall stuff. Yes, that was his thing. Spice One to me is, is one of my favorite West Coast rappers. Underrated. Just another underrated rapper. No one. We can compare him to a, a Coochie rap as well. We could put him in making number five in the top five danger fields. But the, the, difference, the difference between Spice One and G Rap at the time was Spice One actually like this album went gold. Yeah. I was shocked to find out that this album like sold 500,000 copies. You know, like I didn't know very many people that owned this, but it was huge in the Bay. They support Bay, so, Bay area support. Bay supports Bay. Yeah. And they yeah. sell out of the trunk. They sell however they got to do. Guerrilla marketing. I'm not surprised. Yeah, this is a great album. You know, it's nowhere near, I think, the classic that 187 he wrote is, and right. even America's Nightmare. I right. think Spice One got really better and better with the next couple right. of albums. But if you guys want to see the blueprint of Bay Area hip hop, you know, because Bay Area, you know, at this point, it's only Digital Underground and Too Short, really. Right. Right. And then we get RBL Posse and Master P comes from there, and the, you know, the Loonies oh. and Drew Down, and we get all this yeah, other E40 and the Click. Right. So much other stuff comes but out of this. But this is one that's underrated. But this again. is underrated. No one talks about him. Unless you're in the Bay. Of course, in the Bay, he's he's a god. But outside of the Bay, questionable. There's a really cool uh, interview on YouTube you guys should check out. It's Big Gip of the Goody Mob. And he talked about how this album became like a like an underground hit in Atlanta. Because... This song, this album, there was nothing that sounded quite like right, it. Right, And the so southern sound was still developing. Right. So Spice One was was big in right. the, in the south. I know? can see that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a great sound. Anyways, that's my uh, number. Like that one. That's my number two. What's <clears throat> your number two of uh, your top three? Just missed the list. Uh, for the fact that it was so 
quirky. I have to go with Das Effects. Oh, yeah. Dead serious. Oh, yeah. Now, a lot can be said about these guys. A lot has been said about these guys. The originators of the mumble rap. This yeah, is it. They're the Migos. They're original Migos. They're original Migos. And they talked a bunch of gibberish. Nobody got it. A bunch of old nursery rhymes and just diggity riggity. They created that, right? We get it. Album had great hits. A lot of filler, though. Mike Checker. Yeah, uh, Ethan Black Deep. Hands, Just Some Men. I mean, Straight Frank, from the Sewer. Straight from the Sewer. Right. Uh, so you had a lot of good, but you had a lot of bad. So that's why this didn't crack the top ten. Uh, it was a sound that kind of hung around for a good they, they year, two years. The lyrical, the lyrical stylings of the East Coast. Yes. I don't know if they affected the West as much, but Thus Effects at that point was right. the most original sounding rappers but at then, that moment. With that said, though, and with New York being so competitive, New York quickly shit on them as oh soon as God. they came out. Yep. None of that tongue-twisting shit don't impress me. The next album by Straight Up Suicide, they had to get rid of it. They had to get rid of it because it was a backlash. Big time backlash. Everybody was diggity-wiggity and all that kind of shit. And it was the gift and curse. It got them major hits with They Want Effects, but they had to change it. Then they had to really change it with their next album. Then they kind of went back to it with No Diggity. Remember that song from We're Going Jumping Ahead. But yeah, yeah, but... This for the for the effect that nobody sounded like them. This was a gift and a curse. Gift their, and a their curse. Was a gift and a curse. This album went platinum. Yeah. This song was huge. This song was a top forty Billboard hit. Yeah. You know. Dance hit. So if you guys don't remember Crazy Drazy and Scoob, they were basically college kids. They went to Virginia State, and they, they were found that it. while hanging out in Virginia, they had no ex. They they loved hip hop music, but they didn't get exposed to a lot of what was going on in the right. East Coast. So they basically created this sound right. because they didn't have anybody influencing right. them. So it's they, a great story of right. originality. Yeah, for sure. Uh, they were founded by Eric Sermon, right? Yeah, they, were, they were discovered at a and, talent show, local talent right. show. And I, the rumor was that actually, I think they um, bribed the, the talent show guys to put them in second place so they could talk them into a record contract because uh, they thought that if they would win the talent contest they would think they're bigger bigger and go for something else good strategy so it was uh, pretty smart good strategy um, but you know this was like originally like like Migos like you said like Migos this was streaming consciousness wordplay and just a weird like pop culture references where they're talking about cereal and cartoons it's and, a bunch of nursery rhymes as kids so yeah. it's all stuff that we know B-I-N-G-O all that stuff so for that the originality of it it was a gift and curse it got bashed real quick this will probably be the highest we'll ever talk of DOS effects ever yeah uh, maybe probably I mean the, yeah it's not gonna be higher than this it's not, they have no other album that's gonna hit I mean, holding it, right. or just missed the list holding it down they hit for the fences on that one they, they did they went for it they went for it but that still 95 was a crowded year no but that, we'll get that to that post Illmatic so yeah so know. it cannot so there's the house effects for my number 12. All right. And that's dead serious. Yeah. Uh, and now your number one just missed the list album. My, my number one we already talked about, which was Heavy Rhyme Experience. Right. Volume one for right. brand new heavies. That was my just missed the list right. album. Now, so. the album that you're going to you're gonna put up here is a beloved album. 
Why don't we talk about that one? Everybody loves talking about this album. Everybody loves this. This is another one that if it was in the mid to late 90s, you would have to mention for political reasons yep. so you could be down and shake the guy's hand. Yep. The Juice soundtrack. That's right. Let's talk him. about it. One of the best rap songs for any soundtrack of yeah. all time. Great video. Yep. Love this movie. I, I, Great I, movie. I, watch this, I watch this almost every day on... From when I had that tape from Blockbuster and then I copied right. the video wow. then we watched it every afternoon great movie at the time one of the greatest soundtracks of all time yeah and that was was being said all the way to 2000s as yeah. the greatest soundtrack of all time uh, it's the most complete soundtrack quality wise R&B hits yeah. rap hits you got it all in there you got East Coast West yeah. Coast you know you got this song you have the Arguably the best Naughty by Nature song they ever made. No, this, Uptown Right Anthem. here, this is it. You know, if there's a better Naughty by Nature song than this, I don't know. I I, I can't think of this one. This is the best, by far, the best yeah. song. The and piano. The video was fire and had Tupac in it all jumping around. And, yep. Yeah. But yeah. The KG uh, production on this, this is, yeah. this, this is the culmination this is of the, KG right here. This is KG. P, Mr. Piano, where everybody yeah. was the horns. Loves the piano. KG was the piano. You got enough respect, dude, from uh, enough respect from Big Daddy Kane on here. Sex, money, and murder from yep. uh, MC Poot. Everybody loves enough respect from Big Daddy Kane. That was probably his best song of the nineties. Yep. Yeah, I'm not gonna argue with that. You also had like big R&B hits from uh, Teddy Riley. Is it good to you? Yeah. With Tammy Lucas. Right. Yeah. Don't be afraid, Aaron Hall, which was a big joint. Right. Uh, you know, and that was Aaron Hall, you know, breaking out from Guy. From Guy. Right. Right. You know? So the soundtrack went gold. Plus, you, you had, this was when uh, Cypress Hill was popping off. Yeah. Right? You had 8 to the K, or not 8 to the K, what was the Shoot 'em Up? Shoot 'em Up was on this, right? Shoot 'em Up. Yeah. Yes. Okay. This is it? Yeah. Most complete. That sums it up. Just misses it. I, I was really debating whether I should put this on there. Um, it's definitely significant. Very I think the significant. only reason why I, I it's a little bit it's lower and not on my just missed is, you know, I, I'm not listening to Salt and Peppa on here. I'm not listening to Son of Berserk. That's why this I mean? didn't make the top ten right. because of that. Son of Berserk. The Salt and Peppa song I barely even remember. What was that one? What was that Which one? one? Oh, Salt and Peppa. What's the Salt and Peppa oh, song in this? It's. I don't even want it. Was there a song Peppa song in this? Yeah, there was. <laughs> wow. Let's play that. Let's, let's listen to this Salt and Peppa. I always was a fan of Salt, actually. I always thought Salt was the cuter one. Even though Tretch was dating Peppa. <laughs> I mean, Tretch dated Peppa. I, I didn't quite get it. I mean, I guess she was more voluptuous oh, and all. It's called He's Gaming On You. We don't need to play it. Oh, I remember that. that. Song, He's, He's Gaming, gaming on, on You. And then he also, there also was, uh, Does Your Man Know About Me from Raheem. Oh, forget There it. was a weird, uh, forget uh, it. there was People Get Ready from Brand New Heavies on here. Right. Right. Uh, there was, uh, It's Going Down from EPMD. That was okay. Yeah, it was all right. You know, but there's no doubting that you got like, Probably three ten mic songs on here. You got Uptown Anthem, No yeah. Edge, Enough Respect, right? And then he's gaming on you. And then you got, <laughs> well, you got Don't Be Afraid, which for R&B fans, it's a it's a classic. That's fine. You yeah. Know? You know, and um, and a lot of people like MC Pooh and Too Short on here. You know. That's right. Too Short had a, what was what was Too Short song? So you wanna be a gangster? That one. That's that was right. a good song. They now, use that in the video. Yeah. Yes, they use that in the movie. Yeah, they were all walking down the street. Yeah, so you Even though be- we're, we were probably being the hip-hop nerds, 
at home going like, they don't play that in New York. Yeah. It, <laughs> we were those guys. There we go. Fucker. Trip. Come on. Okay. So, All right. anyways, that's yeah. Yeah. so that's, that's a good juice. one. Those are, uh, those are really quick three just missed the list sounds. Right. We're not we're not through yet, guys. If you're not oh. ready to slit your wrist yet, then then you must be loving this thing. Oh, I got a butter knife. So right uh, now. we got honorable mentions coming up oh. in our next segment. God all help right. us all. Here we go. Are we going into that next? We're gonna take a break now. Yeah, we're gonna take a quick. All break. right, okay. Let's go. I'll pee, everyone. All right. I like it. This out. is a banger. It's a banger this song. This song's a banger. This is Five Mike Karras one song, Boogie Down Production song. It was, uh, was this, this beat, released as a single? Yes. This and Duck Down, right? This had a video. This, Duck Down and 13 and Good, right? Yeah. From this album. Yeah. Excellent song. So as you guys can tell, we're, we're going into our honorable mention album. Oh, yeah. 1992. Good God. We're starting off with the fifth and final album of what the group we would know as Boogie Down Productions. But pretty much at this point, like... Kara's one had burned all these bridges with everyone that was in the group, right? D Nice was out, Miss Melody was out, you know what I mean? It was pretty much just him and Kenny Parker anyway. So Well they brought Heather B on later. Yeah. Heather yeah, B. Good, good for, for Heather. Heather it all glocks down. That's right, <laughs> Glock down. Who's that who's that Southern girl, real world? What was her name? Julie. Julie. Hey you Julie. Want a, you want a pager? Are you a drug dealer? Yeah. Cut the break. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Infamous right. scene. So, well, that's about it for this. But Sex and Violence, uh, if you guys don't remember, um, you know, this was an album that, it, this was kind of an invigorated, pissed off Kara's One, right? A lot of people were critiquing him at the time, you know, uh, X-Clan was calling him a sellout, you know what I mean? Didn't they call uh, everyone a sellout back then? They, yeah, they were. Um, and I just think this was, as like you like to put it, a victim of timing. Yeah. This album came out where a lot of other projects were overshadowing artists from an earlier time. You know, KRS was still considered, you know, a late 80s rapper. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so I just didn't think he had that youth appeal anymore. And, you know, this was the least selling BDP album. But I think it's aged surprisingly well. I think it's actually one of the better BDP albums in retrospect. If right? I had to listen to one... It'd be this or Criminal Minded. It'd be Criminal Minded. No, but it'd be this <laughs> or Criminal Minded. Right? Yeah, I mean, I would listen to three songs on here. This, We In There, and To Not Sound Weird, 13 and Good. Actually, I take that back. I don't want to... We can play play 13 and Good because it's got a good beat. And a good this video. Good beat. Good video. It's a weird premise. It's a weird song. But it's... it's he's just telling yeah. the story about a guy sleeping a 13-year-old and yeah. then dad comes and going to murder everybody. Yeah. Yeah, this is a weird song. This one I'll put up with one of the weirdest songs in 1992. This song in Behind the Scenes from MC Oh, Wrestling. God, help us all. Jeez, that song was weird. Forget it. That song that... is one of the weird. We'll talk about that oh, later. Oh, God. I don't want to get off point, but but anyways, Sex and Violence, we just want to mention this one. This one, you know, the source gave it four and a half mics. This is maybe a three mic album now, three and a half mic maybe album now, Depreciation, but I still got respect for KRS-One. It's, it's still... Lyrically, Kara's one, you know, build and destroy is good. Question and answer. Three mics like. for those three songs, and that's it. Right. All right, moving on to another album that came out, and probably one of the biggest selling albums for hip hop. It's The Predator from Ice Cube. Now, what do you think of this album, right? Okay. 
This is another Radio Free album. Everybody loved this song, because what did they do? They put the howlies in the video. Yeah, right, hot chili peppers running around. Running around, just breaking down a house. Like, makes no sense, whatever, but Ice Cube's not stupid. Ice Cube knows. You do that, you get that white fan base. Because the white fan base is growing in 92. The white fan base who's moving on from Public Enemy, liking Cypress Hill, liking Check Your Head. Ice Cube wants a piece of that pie. Let's go bring him in. Let's go, uh, Kiris, flee. Run around, do something, you dummies. And that's what happened. That's all it was. A lot of white people like this song. A lot of white people like this album. White people found out about Ice Cube from this, this album. Yeah, this was his biggest selling album at that time. Exactly. Two, two times platinum. I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's the biggest selling album in his in his career. You know, it did number one. It yes, did it did. Number one on Billboard charts. Yeah. And two top charting songs. We're not gonna play. It was a good day. So Forget if you're it. excited about hearing that one. Forget it. No. You can hear that anytime. And this was a number one rap song. It was yep. a Check Yourself remix. This was a ra- this was a radio song, radio hit. And this was a smart sample. Excellent you know, sample. It was a beat that we smart. all knew, but they reworked it. It had DOS effects in there. Right. Remember the original uh, version of Check Yourself is got this weird mugs beat on it. It was right? a faster beat. Right. Ice Cube is a good businessman. He's a great businessman. He he knows even back then what to do. He knew what to do with this album. It had it checked off all the list of what you needed to do for great timing to be successful in 1992. Right. It doesn't mean it's a good album. I mean, it's, it's fine. It's fine, you know. But you, it's not a top we, ten. What they shoot is pretty good, you know. Like, but It's not a top no, ten. No, but you're looking down these tracks. Like Dirty Mac, um, you know, like Gangster's Fairy Tale. I mean, it's we have to tear this motherfucker up. I mean, once again, the, the anger was there in Cube because right. this is post-riots. You know what I mean? Right, so, so you have... He, he, He's a victim of great timing again. You have political views are high. He's a political guy. He already has his fan base. He grabs a new fan base, grabs the white people who are pissed off. Right. Remember, the album starts off with this one, right? Right. This was like the call to, call to arms. Call to arms. This was an album that, as I stated in the beginning of the show, 92 was the, was the year where you'd tell people that didn't know what hip-hop was, well, you don't know what it is. Look, it's, it's this. Right. You should listen to this. That's one of this. This is one of those albums. And this would shape the sound of the Lynch Mob and Cam, a lot right. of guys that were under Ice Cube's right. wing. Right. With you know, building up to that. So it, it it has its memory of '92. Yeah. This this would be top twenty. I feel the depreciation is there though with this album. You it's know, fine. It's it's a little dated. It's got the sound bites from Predator Two. Right. Right. <laughs> Which is whatever. Which but, is whatever. But here's a fun fact for you. This is Leonardo DiCaprio's favorite Ice Cube album. And uh, did you know that Leonardo DiCaprio is a big hip-hop fan? So his Q-Tip's like well, one of his... Yeah, so, isn't Q-Tip a bodyguard of Leonardo before? Right, right, right. Yeah, so, I'm not surprised. So anyways, uh, they were basically... I don't know where the conversation came up, but I was reading this random article about the Predator, and the, the guy writing the article just decided, here's a fun fact, throw it in here, this is Leonardo DiCaprio thinks this is the best Ice Cube album. Wow. <laughs> You know, in regards to that, which is not surprising, and I think a lot of these guys are derivative like us. They're just throwing. They're all hip. They're all. A lot of guys are into hip hop that we don't really know about because we didn't well, know Tony about McGuire, it. Tony McGuire, I heard, was a big hip hop head, and all the guys on ESPN are hip hop guys. Right. They're all playing hip hop tracks. Guys like Jay Moore, the comedian Jay Moore. Jay Moore is, is into hip hop. A lot of these white guys are know of this stuff so I'm not surprised actually that DiCaprio the, I would say that between 35 and 50 demographic I think we're into this into all of this yeah. not surprised 
Not surprised at all. Alright, so that's okay, the Fred Beard's there you go. song. Uh, now I gotta wet ya. DJ Muggs. We didn't also mention DJ Muggs is all over this album. Yes. Because Cypress was so big at the time. You know, you had your right. you had your usual suspects, you had the DJ Pooh, you had the Sir Jinx, but Muggs was all over this thing, you know. Right. So it just shows the reach that Cypress was having in the sound of West Coast hip hop. I put this top fifteen. Alright. Uh, moving on, we yeah. have the debut album from Common Sense. Your favorite uh, Intel spokesperson? Is he an Intel spokesperson? What is this Microsoft, uh, Surface Pro, I don't know what the hell you're going with. He's now parlayed himself into... Something now, involving uh, a firewall. Right. <laughs> Rubbish. Common. So, this is a very different Common. Now, this is when he was Common Sense, not yeah. Common. If you know Common from Common Sense days, then you're, I think you're a true fan, you know? Right. Um, but I personally was, like this album. This is a good album. I, and guys, another thing it's too. Good song, right? The secret weapon on this album, you have no ID. First album that no ID is producing an, an entire uh, project, and he wasn't even called No ID at the time. You remember what his name was? Well, that was Why Not. Right. And then that was one of his guys. What and was then Slope. Ah. And then Slope. Yeah. So he was he was then called Immense Slope, and then he became No ID. But I remember seeing this video on Yo MTV yep. Take It Easy, yep. and I was like, yo, this is catchy. He was trying to bring his own kind of lyrical style like DOS FX was. He was doing a lot of sound effects and he did that squeaking. E- the squeaky noise, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that icky thing that he quickly got out, got rid of. And kind of singing into his songs as well. No, it was it was catchy, it was a unique thing. Debut album with this guy. He had a he was promising. It was promising. We were waiting to see what next what was next. For this guy yeah, this is so a great song if you remember he was in the unhi- unsigned hype column of the source Correct. i remember reading about him yes. in there and then he got signed to relativity records right. at the time which was home to the beat nuts and chi ali which they the remixed some of his songs and uh, yeah the, the beat nuts uh so by the uh not so by the palm but that was another great I mean, remix the breaker one nine record one night with the uh, between the sheet sample that's right that's right was that's was right. was beat nuts uh they did a remix of so by the palm who did the Soul by the Pound remix? The Boomin' in Your Jeep? I, I thought it was No ID, but okay. I could be wrong on that one. Because that's a great remix. Look up. Yeah, the, the remix is, is great. You know, is is so. this the remix? Yeah. This right here. This is a precursor of what's to come for him. Because this sums up some yeah. stuff. So you still have his rhyme style, but you, you can tell the, the vibe is slowly changing here. And yeah. that's leading to something that's yeah, going to happen. He was doing a lot of that echoing, repeating words, right. techniques, yeah. And he would get rid of all of that for uh, resurrection. Right. So everything was, changed. For that. that was that was the. We'll get to that one. Yeah, we'll get to that one. That's a, that's a, that's a solid one. Yeah, that's probably his best album. Right. So shout out to Common Sense. At that time, was there any Chicago prominent Chicago rappers at that time? We didn't have internet, so we didn't know. Yeah, I, we'd have to be. If you guys know of the prominent Chicago rappers in '92, that you know, besides Common, let us know. Well, of course, Consequence wasn't even out yet. Well, there's. I mean, they're all still alive at this point. Right, Tiny's right. alive here. Right. We're all, you know, they're probably hanging out. They're probably hanging out in '92, like smoking out or something, or like looking right. at you know Windows Windows Two or Windows ninety five or something. So they're all there, but we just don't know because we didn't have internet. They weren't prominently known. Yeah. So, so anyways, this is the remix, right? This is Canabral Dollar. Oh, no. This is oh, yeah, Breaker 1-9, yes. This is Breaker 1-9. So uh, that's the debut album from Common, yeah, Canabral, a dollar. Depreciation, yeah, maybe a three-mic album now. But uh, definitely, yeah. for historical values, if you're a true Common fan and you want to hear Common before you got all weird, after yeah. like post- uh, electric Circus, like that stuff. Before you know? he became an actor and you right, know, right, right. pushing Microsoft. But um, 
Check right. this one out. Check this one out. All right. Yeah, Moving next, on to our next one. It's the fourth and temporarily last album for this time of BPMD. What you would call the return of the Jedi of their career because this was uh, a success, but kind of a step down from the Empire Strikes Back that was business as usual. Yeah. Right? This is this is bad. Um, the, the irony was that this is their biggest crossover hit. This is their biggest hit, and it's called Crossover. This is a big yelling hit. Yelling at for rappers for being crossover. Right. This is a very odd... odd. EPMD is known for, like, making you uncomfortable at times. Uh, they, they always make hits out of stuff that is kind of the irony of what... They're gonna do this in the future, but this song and Headbanger, that's it. After that, that's it. There's nothing on this song, on this album of any relevance. Yeah, you know, that's you, it. There's, there, there isn't. Name much. a song on this album. Yeah, you got nobody save Chump. Uh, exactly. Scratch, bring it back, part two. No one cares. Coming at ya. Forget no, it. How they spelling coming? C U M or C O M? Spelling it C U M M I N. I think that's Parish, a uh, Parish Smith's decision on that one. Parish has got some interesting closets. Right. Lots of skeletons hanging out there. Yep. <laughs> He loves spelling it. He loves with to the say CRM, the word, man. You really did. Forget it. Get, so, get out of here with it. But anyways, this. Uh, you know, this was an album that went gold. Uh, Based was, off of this song is why it went gold. Yeah, and Headbanger was. This was a Headbanger great, is a radio-free song. song. Now, Fun song. Four and a half mic. Four and a half mics from the source. I think they overshot really? it. They overshot what it. What the one. fuck? That's right. That's I missed that issue. Right. I missed that issue. Four and a half for this. Four and a half mics from the source. Oh, forget it. Come on, so, guys. And just really quickly into the breakup of BPMD, for those of you guys that didn't know why they broke up, basically an article in The Source, at the time, this was like breakthrough journalism for rap nerds. Basically, a source said that Parrish Smith's home was robbed yeah. at, with armed, you know, armed, armed... Armed gunmen's son of a Zarkir solo came in. Basically, the, the guys were arrested, and they claimed that Eric Sermon paid them to rob his house. Now, Eric, of course, denies these claims. No charges were ever filed against Eric Sermon, but it was all suspect due to the fact that Eric was going in interviews saying that basically Parrish was taking a higher cut. You know, they he wasn't happy about the money that was coming in. You know what I mean? So this this is where basically we get the split. Forget uh, it. And uh, DOS effects and K-Solo go with... Uh, P- uh, Parish to create the hit squad and Eric Sermon leaves with Redman which was the better call you got that right that was the better call oh god form Def Squad choose wisely oh forget it so anyways moving on they break up and then we get uh, you know back in business yeah we get we get a know. bunch of crap there after so bunch of prequels on, is what we got moving on to our next honorable mention the sophomore album from DJ Quick just like Compton, great video. This is an excellent song. I love this song. Excellent video, excellent song. Really paints a picture of what goes down around the country because it's just like Compton. Right. A lot of bullshit going on. After that, Way Too Funky was a good song. Way Too Funky's good. And that's it. Most complete artist is all right. That's it. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's it's a solid album. It's just nothing as memorable as his first album. No. You didn't have those tracks that grabbed you as much as those two tracks. You know, but... But way too funky. This, a, this song's the jam. Yeah. Now once again, like 
Quick is someone that we're going to probably be talking about more. You know, I think Safe and Sound is a super slept on album. We'll be talking about that in the future. But Way Too Funky is good. It's not great. It's generic, kind of, in a way. You know, uh, production's there, but it's okay. But you can definitely not call this a sophomore slump. No, but you can, call, it, you can call this album, you can put this in the I category. Yeah. It was I. Yeah. That's right. about it. Moving on, uh, we go to the debut album, the highly anticipated debut album. Yeah. From former frontman of Brand Nubian, Grand Pooba, Real to Real. We were waiting for this one. This one, I gotta say, when it came out, it, it let me down a little bit. It did let Because you just wanted a better production yeah. level for for him. This is a very political album. Right. It's Everybody's produced by, you know, self-produced. Pooba produces the majority of it, which was a mistake, in my opinion. You know, he's got Stimulated Dummies on there, right? He's got Kid Capri uh, on there. But the, this is a political album. The production is just not No, it's not. There. He's got a few good songs in here, but the rest of it is filler. He had a lot of good B-sides yeah, on those set singles. One Billboard rap song for the rap charts. This was number one. Oh, yeah, because it, it, very catchy. Right. Uh, but other than that, what do you got on this album? That's, you know? This that's is how it. we move it. What, check it out from Mary J. Blige. Lick a shot. Check, like, check it out. Made, had, had some, made some noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lick a shot is a... Uh, come on. <laughs> I mean, really. And then you had some singles that had good B-sides on it. Like, um, I think it was That's How It Goes. Right. was a B-side on one of his right. singles. But besides that, doesn't stand out. Yeah, it's kids I, don't play. Yeah, forget you know it. What I mean, like, so shout out to shout out to Grand Pooba. We love you, Grand Pooba. But just yeah, this album just never quite hit that anticipation level that we that we wanted. We can put him in the underrated category. Because did he have an album that really came together? No, not really, right? Yeah, he's like another cool guy. This he has what the two thousand album. And that was okay. It was and better than I like it, which is probably the two thousand album. Songs. Well, the two thousand album is better than this album. Yeah. But he didn't have it where it came together like like Kuji rap in the same boat as the Rodney Dangerfields of rap. Didn't really have it put together. So Alright, we're gonna we talk next. about an album that I know is near and dear to your heart. It's the debut album from The Lynch Mob. Oh here we go. It's Gorillas in the Mist. Oh, now guys, shit. if Let's you're hanging out with DJ Zach Morris and Let's he go. has a, a drink, a cocktail, one too many. I may have an adult beverage. He will play Buck the Devil. You will hear this song, Buck the Devil. This song is a 20,000 mic song, right? I mean... Now, let's not even remind everyone. This song's bringing a smile to your face right now. No, you know, with a tear in my eye. I, I think you really want to buck the devil. As we should, I think. You know, we, you know let's, not, let's, let's remind everyone that this song, yes, the devil referring to the white man. Which we're half of. Uh, we're half we're of. We're both half Caucasian, half Asian. But it, it's a combination of me trying to understand and understand the, the, the problem that is what's going on in society, which we need to buck the devil. Because you know why they're trying to blend in with black men with all that suntanning they're doing? That's right. Which is a lyric that's going to be featured later in the song. I mean, it's just, it's, 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 just, it's catchy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the West Coast gangster, but they, they respect the East Coast. They they reference Tribe Called Quest. They reference EPMD in songs. This was yeah. Again. This was a, a such a crazy, over the top, racially charged, militant, pro black album. But it was also West Coast gangster. But it was also kind of like Public Enemy if they were dirtier. Yeah, it was right? Public Enemy if they were dirtier. It was like you couldn't put this album in a category. I mean, the video for this, they're in the jungle. Yeah. They all have different voices. That's it's just it's 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 fun. As much as how angry these guys are, it's fun. Right, but no one, so, no one can name one rapper in this group. Can you name no, one rapper in this group? Somebody, the probably guy got uh, 
JD or something. Yeah, so oh, there you go, JD. It was JD, Shorty, and T-Bone. T-Bone, there you go. Right? And it was DJ Chili Chill. Wow. Right? But if you guys don't remember this, and probably no one remembers this besides the really hardcore West Coast fans, but, but in 1993, after this album was released, JD is convicted of a murder and sentenced to life in prison. Yeah. And then they replaced him with Malky from right. a group called Yomo and Malky, or Yo-Yo, was it Yo-Yo? Yo-Yo Ma? No, no, no. There was a group called Something and Malky, and it was a West Coast experimental rap group from oh. like the early 90s. And that's what they took it? It was on Ruthless Records. Okay. If you guys remember this group, it was called Yo, Yomo and Malky or something. Wow. I can't remember. And then that's when they released Planet of the Planet, Planet of the Apes. Apes. The Planet of the Apes song. But here's a, here's, a, here's a little fact that a lot of people know. This album went platinum. Yes, it did. I'm shocked. You know what I mean? Like, I own this album, but I didn't know anyone else who owned it. And I didn't I own it. I think it was also boosted from the popularity of the Predator, obviously. Popular of the Predator, politically charged, Ice Cube, victim of great timing. This album is a victim of great timing. And it's catchy. Right. It it was played on Radio Free. Yeah. They played that on Radio if Free. You remember, they had hip hop producers. Man, Beat Nuts did the remix for Ain't, Ain't Got No Class. Yeah, with uh, right? Be Reals on that. And then um and then this is the remix. And then uh Freedom Freedom's got an AK got, got, got an AK got a remix? Too. Yeah, yeah. So there there was a lot of like vinyl only remixes that were Let's coming be real out. there. But this is catchy. It's catchy. It's fun. It's politically it's it covers all the checklists. That's why it's a platinum album. Not yeah. surprised. So I love it. Yeah, I, I know. It. I know you're a big fan of this. Party album. jams, man. Party <laughs> jams. Fuck the white man. Fuck the hollies. Yeah, good songs. All of my nutsack. Funny songs. Hey. Freedom got an AK. Let's hear a little bit of Freedom got an AK real quick. With the Prince sample there. This is fun. Yeah. yeah, this is fun. Come on, come on, people. Yeah, shout out to the Lynch Mob. We have Prince Sample. That's great. Come on. Yeah. Fuck the devil. All right. Now, moving on to uh, our, another honorable mention album. This Jack is anti-black. So here's your fucking payback. Come yeah. on, man. Come on. Let's go. Let's talk about the seventh album from Too Short. Can you believe in 1992 we have the seventh album from Too Short? That's oh, okay. crazy to me. Let me just... Uh, uh, this is another platinum album. This is the only good song on the album. Okay, that's it. Premier remix of this. Good. I got that one too. You want yes. to hear that one? Play the premiere. I like the premiere beat. This is a great, excellent beat though. No, yeah. But the premiere. In the trunk is, is top five best two short songs. Oh, I gotta go top one maybe. This might be his best song. Think of it. Yeah. I mean, I'm going through the two short. I don't know any two short song better than, than that, than this right now. Come on. This was crazy. 1983. Right this Come was on, one man. of the hardest remixes to find at the yeah. time. Yeah, I have this on if vinyl. You had it on, if you had it, this was you were in, in yeah. the know. You're in the know. Excellent so, song. The album was produced mainly by Two Short and Banks. You know, it's all right. I actually like the single, which was I Want to Be Free. Other than that, uh, you didn't care for that. If you remember this album, the album is like maybe nine tracks, but the songs are like nine minutes long. Yeah, he's, he's really killing time on these songs. He's like, I've only got nine ideas. So let's just let him ride a little bit. Let it ride. Forget it. All right. Moving on. To, I like this song, though. Moving yeah. on to a, a group that was pretty big on the scene at the time. It's the Fushnikins. Oh. F you. Don't take it personal from oh, the Fushnikins. A yeah. group that would basically become a character caricature of themselves. Right? Can you name the three members of Fushnikins? Chip Fu. Whack Fu. <laughs> Fuck fool. 
Shack Fu. You got, of course, it's get, you know what? Chip Fu, Mak Fu, and Pak Fu. Exactly. Pak Fu? Forget right. it. No, this is like a record label grabbing all the gimmicks of 1992 and putting it into a pot and blending it and setting it on fire. You got this guy doing his reggae slash DOS effects thing. Right. Then you've got the one guy who sounds rough and raw, and I'm going to talk like this. And then you got the other one who says and enunciates his words like this and say things. So you cover all the different right. bases of a, of a vocal style. Like, like play uh, True Fushnik. You get an right. example. Play so all three guys. This is by Tribe Called Quest. Right. So, they're native tongues. Well, you know, so everyone was wondering, okay, so are these guys native tongues? No, they're not native tongues. So right. how they got... Q-Tip on production, how they got Fife on this album, Drez was on this album from Black right. Sheets, was they were managed by Queen Latifah and Flavor Unit. They were a part of Flavor Unit. Also Flavor Unit. So, right. you know, basically, they, they got signed from, a, they were all students at Howard University. They won right, a talent well. show, and then uh, Jive Records, and then Flavor Unit Management. So would the FU in the beginning of this album actually stand for Flavor Unit? Don't take it personal. Ooh, I think it's multiple things. I think it's, it's FU, Flavor Unit, but also, like, the FU on all of their names, which they said the Fu was basically for unity in Chinese. I don't even know about that. I got a Chinese girlfriend. I got to ask her that. I don't no, know about fuck up. Don't take it personally. <laughs> that too. I mean, but then you, you, they cover all the bases. Right. They have great gimmick. cartoonish styles. The right. song does not age well at all. If it wasn't for Shaq shouting them out, they'd be done by 93. Well, the biggest song they ever had was What's Up, Doc? Can We Rock? Right? Exactly. So, so if Shaq did know. not listen to these guys. But I remember this song was big, man. Lash Move. This song was big. This was in heavy rotation. It's not a good it was song. Playing in but the, it was on heavy it was, rotation. Yes, on it was. You couldn't escape yes. this one. It, it played was, every day. I was over it. I was over it. All right. It was just generic. It's fine. They had their day. They we'll did. talk this about... went gold. We'll, we'll talk about We'll, we'll talk, talk about, about What's up that. Doc later we'll What's up Doc Can't later. wait I can't wait to talk about NBA NBA players That were rappers no, really, that's I good. can't wait That's good for you good. That's gonna be later That's great Nobody else cares Nobody gives a damn So uh, moving, Data on, barrels. moving on uh, To another honorable mention How about How about Enter Deep man Okay Alright this is the Gold selling debut album From the Vallejo California trio Of JT, TL, and producer Johnny Z. Now, were these this guys these guys were white guys or Spanish guys? They were mixed. White, I think I think they're mixed. Yeah. Okay. All right. We don't need to spend a long time on this. No. This song is a five mic song. It's awesome. Toss up. I dug it. I like toss yeah, up. Yeah, I like toss up too. This is actually um, not a terrible album. Toss up. The weekend. V Town. I, I enjoyed this. Is I. But they were branded one-hit wonders, which I can give them that. I give right. it for the mainstream. These guys are one-hit wonders. Yes, I. Right? Yeah. I like it. I like this song. I like Toss Up. We'll play Toss Up. People don't maybe remember Toss Up. Yeah. There you go. With the, with the girl moaning. No, the... The girl moaning thing was a big thing in 92. Yeah. To have the girl moaning. Yeah. For some Two reason... The crew was putting it on there. But yeah. a lot of songs in 92... NWA, yeah. The Chronic. Mm-hmm. MC Ren. That's right, MC Ren. The girl moaning was a thing. I just didn't understand why. Like, do, are we supposed to like masturbate during this song? <laughs> I don't get it. Like, it was just strange. So, but Entity, Entity, they're signed to Profile Records. This album went gold. I mean, it was really smart. The video was cool. Um, we didn't know if they were white or Spanish. You know, you know. I don't know. But they were the first group to blow up from Vallejo, which right. a lot of people you talk to in the Bay, like Vallejo was kind of a shithole. Yeah, know? they're gonna get so, mad. Yeah, you know, they get mad. You know, sorry to any Vallejo people, but I'm just yeah. going off what other friends from the Bay Area had said. You know, other than that, yeah. it was 
them and E40, but they yeah. almost predated E40 right. in the sense of they were the first major label deal. You know, they were a major label. It's bigger and more iconic. Right. But these guys were the first like major label sign. Right. You know. So, anyways, right. we're moving, moving on. on. Uh, going on to the next one, which is Blue Funk. Yeah, yeah, all right. Heavy D. This is like a slept it. on album. I like it. I think it's arguably under Heavy D and the Boys. This is their best album. Under like the, maybe next to Nothing But Love, we can talk about Nothing But Love later down the line. But I, this is my favorite. Play uh, no, no, play uh, wait, what? This is the, this is the, the who's the man that right. was not on the Who's the Man soundtrack. No, but what just happened to be called Who's the Man? Who's the man right. But they play uh, Blue Funk. That was right. a good jam right there. Blue Funk, Pete Rock. Pete Rock. Oh, so Pete Rock beat so right All star production guys. DJ Premier. Pete Rock, Tony Dofat, Jesse West, uh, DJ Eddie F. I mean, this is probably his best production-wise album. And he's a smart businessman. He's, a, he's he another smart guy. And then he's all these skits, right? There you, so. there you go. I like it. Is this one of your favorite Heavy D songs, if not your favorite Heavy D song? Hmm. I gotta say, yeah. I gotta say this is top three. Top three. Don't Curse is in there. But I gotta say top three. This is a good one. This is a great beat. And then he does the classic dance. The heavy D dance, you know, it just still can be used to this day, I think, in karaoke rooms everywhere. If you know, if you're singing this karaoke. Right. You have the posse cut, a bunch of N, right? You got Guru on there, Busta Rhymes. It played a flavor on here. And you had Biggie Smalls. Yep. You did. You guys will remember, if you guys want a rare, rare appearance of Biggie Smalls, just go to that posse cut. Yep. At the end. Correct. Man, he's shredding it. This is like an early 20s Biggie Smalls here. What's the name of this thing? This is a bunch of N. Yeah. I can't say the word. Yeah. Right. So, uh. I like it. It's a fun album. Uh. It's a fun album. This would be a top 15 for me. Yep. His album went gold. You know, it was significantly less than The Peaceful like Journey, it. which was a multi-platinum album. But, I like it. But this was, again, the movement in hip-hop was to go harder, darker, right. a little bit more atmospheric. Heavy D's still dancing around right now. He's still dancing Heavy D's around. still texting Guy right now, or going on the two-way, or paging Guy. Right. Paging Guy. They're, they're paging in 92. So They're uh, hanging out dancing. That's right. <laughs> All right, moving on from that one. It, this is a, a favorite album of hip hop heads and a favorite song from hip hop heads. Uh, this is the Double X Posse out of Jersey City, New Jersey. The album is called Put Your Boots On. MC Sugar Ray and DJ BK. This song is one of my favorite songs from the night. The, 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 that Sugar Ray though, the, the the lead rapper of this. What a voice! What a voice, but what an odd look. Like he like yeah. so looks like he would like totally like you know like like have like get arrested for domestic violence. Oh yeah, he, he's beating everybody up. He likes he's got that rumors. Lip is weird. It right. looks like he could just say what you say, girl, and he like slap her. You know. He looked like a boxer. I can see why they called him MC Sugar Ray. He, he looks like a boxer. Like a yeah, he just looked like a guy you just don't want to date. I think he, he's gonna like punch you like for no reason. You could be at a date eating out and he's just gonna punch you. Do you know how know. grimy the production of his album was though? It's super grimy well, yeah. and lo-fi and yeah. you know, uh, it's produced mainly by T-Ray. Yeah. Shout out to T-Ray, one of the slept on producers we'll of the 90s. Moved on to Artifacts. Right, he worked with Artifacts, MC Search, Cypress Hill, you know what I mean? But this song was a banger. Great song, Headcracker was a great song. Headcracker, now, did you do you remember uh, not gonna be able to do it was featured in Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yes, so it was, that was a Correct. big song, man. That was a big song. Headcracker was a big song, moderately. So that was our two hits. It was, was for the video. It was a good video. A good video. 
not gonna be able to do is a better song, and that's about it. Yeah, that's about that, it. And then we call it a night. Majority forgettable yeah. tracks here. Yeah, but not gonna be able to do it. It's still used to this day. That is Jalen Rose's catchphrase. Oh really? Yeah, he uses that every day. Uh, if if some if like Jalen, you want to do this, I'm not gonna be able to do it. I love it. And they always use that sample. So Jalen Jacoby, that's another guy, a bunch of old guys, heavily into hip hop. Jacoby's a white guy. Jalen Rose is a heavy hardcore hip hop guy. He references Double X Posse all the time. Only a few people are gonna know that one. <laughs> that, I didn't know that. So that's yeah, a good he, one. That's he, a good one for me. he always says that. All right, moving on. We're gonna move on to the sophomore album from Lord Finesse. Again, another guy that's on our no. no respect list. But he also had two albums. He was like had a trajectory like Gangstar. He had two kind of albums that weren't quite hitting on that quality level. You okay. know, until the awakening, right? Yeah, give me, give me a couple of songs of this album. So you got Return of the Funky Man, right? With Wayne right now. Yeah. Two other songs besides this. You had Stop Sweating the Next Man, which was forget it, right? Forget it. The single, you had Party Over Here. Forget you it. Had the Yes, Yes, You May remix with uh, Big L. That's fine, but that was the remix. That's not right. the album. But that was a great, that was a great song. Yes, You May remix, hard to find remix, but hard to find remix, yeah. But he, he's another one. You, you, he can't put an album together. He, he, he just, he's got a great voice. Okay, let's use this beat. But he just couldn't put it together. And it's just, it's sad. He's got, he's got great wordplay, he's got a great voice, but he just can't put choruses right. I, I don't really know what to make of it. Yeah, it's, it's an album that's, you can see the, the building blocks for someone who has potential. And but it, that's all it is. But, you know, he, he basically had split with DJ Mike Smooth at that point. So he was forced to produce this album. The production is rough because I'd argue this is his first album that he was kind of handling on his own. Right. You know, and... He, he later became better. Oh, yeah. Much, but, much better. But it's just... He, he never figured it out. He kept, he kept, they always kept saying, Lord Finesse, we can't wait. It's going to come for him. We can't wait. The big time is going to hit. He's going to be the next thing. And it never hit. He's got the foundation, but he has no walls. Right. He just has a foundation. All right. So moving on to another album that's worth mentioning. It's not my favorite album. It's not my favorite album, but it's the, it's the uh, debut album from UGK, who would go on to become one of the biggest Rap groups from Texas. Oh wait, is this one on the front, back, side to side? This, or is that, no, that's, that's, that's 93. Super tight. That's super tight. So this is the two hard to swallow album. This had pocket full of stones. Oh, okay. Something good. Pocket full of stones on it. Right. Use me up. Yeah. Right. So this they're out of Port Arthur, Texas. Good sampling in here. Producer Pimp C, Bun B. Yeah. These guys are two of the archetypes of what we now know as the South Sound. Right. Right. This album is their people's instinctive travels. Right. They're gonna they're gonna figure it out the next. It doesn't week. age well. No. I know that this is a regional classic. So for all you hardcore South Southern hip hop fans, yo, respect to the album. Respect to. No, this is the foundation. Fun beat, but it's the foundation. This is the it's, foundation for the South. It's not a great album, man. You know, like I remember picking up the the single for something good, and at the time. There wasn't that many rappers that were rapping with this heavy of a southern draw. They're not rapping like this. It threw, it threw me off when yeah. I first listened to it, right? In 92, I didn't really care for it because it just was too different. Yeah, there's, a, there's, a, there's a thing with it being too different. Right. Not knowing that the magnitude of this sound would become. Yeah, we mean, didn't know in 92 right, where this was going to go. Gonna go into, we're going to go into the other album. You're going to super tight yeah. with, you know... Uh, like and then you're also gonna go into like riding dirty. Like these are great albums. Right, right, right. It, it, this is a precursor. This is the people's instinctive travels for the underground kids. Right. For UGK. Alright, moving on to a very popular group on this was I remember hearing this on Radio Free. It's the GOATs. 
Oh. This is Tricks of the Shade. Wow. This is the debut album from the Philly-based alternative hip-hop group uh, comprised of rapper Odie Kato, Mad, and Swayzak. <laughs> oh, what to say about these guys? Now, um, I know you remember this album. They were yeah. signed to Rough House Columbia. Very interesting. Very so interesting. by uh, Joe the Butcher Nicolo. Yeah. They had two singles that mm. Typical American and Dude Diggs Doug. Yes. And a lot of weird skits and in between. a lot of weird, tons of skits on this album. Any thoughts on the uh, Church of the Shade album, man? One of the most uniquely put together interesting things of the year. I didn't expect where they were going to go career-wise with this. Right. I hear they have a great live show. Well, back then I heard they had a great live show. I don't know what that entailed. But they always would rock it at different events that weren't necessarily hip-hop influenced events. So they had that going for them. They had the alternative thing, which was big. Right. Arrested Development is a big thing in this year that I don't know if we're going to talk about uh, soon. But, oh, yes. But it's derived from... Victim of Good Timing. Isn't great timing, but they established their presence. Were you a fan? Yeah. yeah. Because it was different. And you had a hip-hop baseline, uh, a foundation to them. It was weird, either you got it or you didn't. But in 92, it was trying to be so weird that we just drew to it anyway because everything coming out was weird. Yeah. It was just different. This so it was, was just part of the weirdness. Definitely, definitely, like, politically driven, I mean... Right, and that was a sign of the times again. Right. And then Radio Free would play this. It, it, was, it was cool to be this weird... This was college band. kid rap. Correct. Right. It was cool to be weird like this. But this was much more palatable than like disposable heroes of hypocrisy, <laughs> which <laughs> we will mention later. That that trash. You can fire. get the fuck out of there with that <laughs> shit. Okay, right. I got a lot to say about All that. Right. We're we'll, gonna talk we'll, about we'll that. That later. fucking bullshit. All right. uh, let's let's uh, let's, oh my let's God. go to tricks of the shade. So, you, do you feel like this is a slept on album from the nineties? A very slept on album, but it was it's a deservingly so slept on album because it's either you're gonna like it or you don't, and it's just so different. I mean, if you tell me right now that if, if you're a hip hop person and you say, you know, I was there and I didn't really dig it, I'm like, I, I, I understand. Right. I, I totally get it. I'm not gonna debate you. I'm like, it's either you're gonna get it or you don't. I dug this album. I dug it. It wasn't in my heavy rotation, but I owned it. No, it's not for me either. And it, but it, it had its place and it, it, it made me. Uh, interested in seeing what follow-up album and when we get to that year i have a lot to say about that album. okay perfect <coughs> so, uh, so yeah. let's let's talk about the the next album which is funk your head up from ultra magnet forget it. i mean without the papa large remix I mean, this is oh, done by beat miners what what else you got a very raw beat miners team this is very raw this is like basically they just they just started Paul. buying equipment yeah <laughs> they just plugged it in it no no but this song is 10 mics. This song is amazing song. This song got nominated for an MTV Video Music right. Award. The video was amazing so with Kiku yeah, in the straight jacket. So random that they got nominated for that. But yeah, it's a great video. But after that, forget it. There, you know, there any other song in this album anybody give a damn about? So the, the urban legend of this album was Mercury Records listened to this album and then they, they hated it. <laughs> yeah, really? So what's, what's crazy to hear is that you listen to the final product. That's what Mercury told them to. Basically, they remixed the album, you know, and re remastered and remixed the entire album for more quote unquote appeal. And that album still was brutal, right? 
I can't name. I, I can't name really one song. No one can. Really like. No, none of the members of Ultra Magnetic can. You want to hear a song called Plucking Cards? No, I don't. <laughs> so how about Bust the Facts? That's quite all right. right. The reason why this worked is Cool Keith's got a great voice. Right. It's not a low bass, heavy voice like some right. people like a Coogee rap, but he's got this voice that you could plug him in to a fast sounding song like this and it works I mean that's why people in the future of 92 use this lot of samples of Kuki yeah. for dance tracks uh, amazing voice yeah amazing yeah voice. It, so they, they figured it out for this yeah but you, did you know to me you know what and, and much respect to the you know ultra mags I understand their place in hip hop man but I just never like said G you know, I know right. him as a producer. He was in the way. He was in the way of Kuki. Yeah. Like, Kuki is the group. To, we listen to Ultra Mag albums to hear Kuki. Nobody ever said I'm buying this album for Sedgy. Nah, no one's saying that. <laughs> Wait till we talk about the Four Horsemen. I, I got something to say about that. Oh, yeah. That's some trash. Let's talk about that one. But anyways, shout out to Kuki. He's still doing his thing. Uh, funk your head up. It's a, it's a mess of an album, but uh, just listen to this song. If you never listen to the album, good for you. You save yourself about forty minutes, thirty minutes. Right. Just get Papa Large. We're gonna song. talk about an album that you've been wanting to talk about. It's I gotta get mine. From Chub Rock. I love it. Just play one song. So I gotta play. No. Lost in the Storm. Let's this go. This is one of the weirdest singles released in '92. And I know you're a fan, but this is also an ir- ironic song for you. I mean, there's an irony to it, right? Like, this song. The reason why. Crazy. Okay, this fucking song is trash, okay? But I just can't get enough of it. Right. It's like a drug. It's like uh, it's like a guilty pleasure. It's like uh, it's like it's like I don't want to reveal a guilty pleasure of mine in '94 just yet. Okay, okay. But it's equivalent to that. Okay. It's it's the video is so weird, and it, it just looks like a, a PSA for like don't do drugs and stop the war oh, and everything. Oh, terrible! He was wearing like this really corny outfit with yeah. the vest and stuff. Right. right. I, I love the vest. But <laughs> fun fact on this song: Sega came out. Before the Genesis, they had the Sega Master System. Right. After the Sega Master System, they had this thing called the Sega CD. Right. Make your own video. Make your own video. They had that and they Marky had, Mark. This was one of the ones you could make right. a video of. You gotta believe Marky Mark. You gotta believe Marky right. Crisscross Jump. You could make. You could do that. Um, you could do. Uh, I think they they had Fuel for one of the disc. They had a lot of weird groups, but they had Lost in the Storm. And then you got this trash. Yeah. This is uh. Yeah, but do. Play Lost in the Storm again. This was this was what Chub Rock was a victim of, right? He was a victim of of gimmicks, and he tried his best. This is his fourth album. He's trying. Trying to find that hit, you know, from Treat Him Right. You know, he had this classic song, Treat Him Right, and just this was another guy. Lyrically, he has the boy. Lyrically, he's there. He has a great voice. He's got great production behind him. He's got track masters behind him, right? The biggest problem is they just wanted to find gimmicks. It's all gimmicks. That's what Boston Storm was. It was a gimmick. And who let Red Hot Lover Tone rap? Stick to the production, man. He's one of the worst rappers of the 90s. He tried. He tried. He's terrible. He tried. That's terrible right there. That chorus is terrible. He had a great voice. Uh, just... He couldn't put it together. He, yeah. he tried. This was his desperation attempt. That's right. So this is this is an album that um, it's not really worth a listen. Uh, but there's a good solid uh, verse from Graham Puba. 
on. Uh, Never mind all this. Just go go on YouTube right now. Go look up Lost in the Storm video, and watch the train wreck that it's inspired by. That it's all over the place. A lot of Holly people in the crowd. MC Search makes an appearance at the end, and they're all holding hands, and they're trying to stop something. Bizarre. We don't know what they're trying to stop. They're trying to stop it. And watch that video. All right. We might watch it after we stop recording it. Let's uh, let's go to a rapper now that considers himself one of the Rodney Dangerfields of rap. He he feels he gets no respect. It's K Solo. Oh. It's the album Times Up. Uh, yeah, Times is up, K Solo. Kevin Madison, aka K Solo. This is the second and final album of K Solo because he's going to jail after this. Yeah, I, I and I said this before. K-Solo, gotta go call up D-Nice. They gotta form a group. Maybe bring Son of Berserk in there, too. Form a three-man group. And we'll call it We All Look Alike. And that's the group. Because, I mean, come on. Letterman was had, decent. You had that signal. Letterman was the best song on the album. That was Speed it. Rock. That was it. And the yes, beat, right this the beat. beat is what makes it, right? The but, beat. But K-Solo comes off on this well. No, K-Solo. So K-Solo, this on a beat like this, you know. Victim of bad production. Yeah. K-Solo song right here, I give this a good, it's a good four mic song. It's a four mic song from K-Solo. Great, great fool with this beat. K-Solo claims that DMX stole his style. Because they were locked up together. Good for you. They were locked in jail together at the Riverhead Correctional Facility. And I read this K-Solo interview that said, basically, I taught DMX how to rap. And then DMX goes on and denies the claims. And basically, it's like... You know, he addresses K-Solo in his single Get At Me Dog, but anyways, that's rap nerd stuff, but K-Solo feels like he's been disrespected and K-Solo underrated. Is a, he sums up his name by himself. <laughs> that's the only one that's a fan of him. Himself. All right. Get out of so here yeah, with this. this one, we move on. All right, we're going on to the Kiss My Black Ass EP from your favorite, hey, favorite rapper. Here we go. It's MC Ren. Now, MC Ren, now the... This song, amazing. I've always it's a fifty million mic song, right? Song is amazing. This is one of the best NWA influenced songs of all time. Yep. Here's Another the, song that if you're ever drinking with DJ Zach Morris, this song may come on. This will be played. Yes. Yep. If we're in the car together, if you're driving, which you probably will be if we're drinking, because I ain't driving. But this, this I'm gonna one, tell you to play this. This one, if you guys don't know the story, NWA breaks up. Dre is out of there. MC Ren feels, okay, i got to record something to stay relevant, let people know that I'm still going to be making music. He rushes in the studio, him and DJ Bobcat. Bobcat produces, like, this whole album, this whole EP. It's, yeah. like, what, five songs, maybe? Six yeah. songs, maybe? And it, with zero airplay and only one music video for Final Frontier, that album goes platinum in two months. So, I mean, MC Ren still had the, the fan. The following was there. He just never was able to follow this up. Shock of the Hour, we're going to talk about that later. <coughs> oh, God. But... He that tried to bad. change his old style, which was a Big mistake. mistake. But this See, album is weird, man. You got behind the scenes, hound dogs. Yeah, like, they're putting all kind of stuff together. Yeah, it was so random. Was it the one that has a right up my alley? <laughs> Do we have that one? Let's play that right up my alley. Well, this, this was it? the Kiss My Black Ass. This was the This song. was alright, but then where's the alley? The, officer down, officer down. Oh, is this it? This no. is hound dogs. Not this one. I don't want to hear him talk about dog. Yeah, I don't want to play uh, behind the scenes. That song, that song, that, that song, song out. is the weirdest. The winner of the weirdest song of 1992 is behind the scenes. Yeah, 
because he's singing about like a, a neighborhood incest neighborhood hole, and it turns into an incest song. And, and then, then he jumps and into he a, jumps into a, masturbate. A, 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 an incest orgy it's right a, well, it's the weirdest song no it's the weirdest song of the 90s <laughs> maybe of the 90s it just makes no sense a lot of girl moaning it's, it's like it was a porn yeah I I'm like get it. I, I don't know and, and then he, he says a couple of times I think jacking off by the hand yeah. I don't know what's going on it, it's insane so. it's a coming up party for puberty or something I don't know what that is I say for the most part kids by black ass you can just listen to Final Frontier stick with that right up my alley play that man is that, is that on this EP I'm trying to find that one Where, where's the you don't have the EP on iTunes I don't have the entire thing so oh. oh that's why we're... I have select songs Oh, for the, uh, for the show, I didn't know you were gonna hit me up with a deep cut for MC Ren. Right up my alley. Let's let's see, MC Ren Alley. Let's see if there's a. Um, yeah, yeah it's right up my alley. There, there you go. This is a decent track, right here. If this plays, this is right up my alley. A lot, a lot of internet. This is a classic NWA kind of intro. Interludes. Here you go. Here we go. Here we go. We've got bass. Let's go. It's like a minute and a half intro. Yeah. yeah. Look at that. There you go. Yeah, that beat is a banger. Yeah, I know. You, you always mentioned uh, MC Ren in your top five rappers of all time. There's another guy that just he get all of the the, the blueprint for being a yeah. great artist with longevity. He just was being pushed in the wrong direction production wise, yeah. and just could never get behind the great producers. Like, it, I just want you guys to imagine a world if MC Ren was on death row. I think it would have been differently for him. MC Ren made NWA. Yep. MC, if there was no MC Ren. Look at it in the old NWA with Ice Cube. You just have Ice Cube, Easy E's voice, and that's it. That's not count. Express yourself. Then you got the second album, heavily influ- influenced by MC Ren, because he had to carry it because Ice Cube left. Well, yeah, he was writing for almost everybody. Right. Him and DOC were writing for everybody. Right. So he, he he's still the guy. Yeah. He's still the man, and he is my top NWA guy. Yeah. So, did you remember another NWA, former NWA artist, had an a EP released in 1992, and it had a song that is a guilty pleasure of yours. It's 5150, Home, Home of the Six, that's right. means he's crazy. This was written and produced by Naughty by Nature. Yes. The song was written by Tretch. Here, if you can listen to Tretch right now, this is pretty much Tretch writing. Man, this is a... I, I like it. <laughs> this is party jam, man. Let's go. And I remember the video too. He's with the lowriders. The, the, the car wash. Wet t-shirt car, car wash. Yep. Party. As you should have in Compton. But what a bizarre album. This had the Merry Motherfucking Christmas with Dolomite. You know, it, this is a, just a weird. It's a weird. Weird, weird EP. It, okay. This EP is trash. Right. I only like only if you want it. Because of the shit show that it is. He sounds clearly like he's reading off a script. Right. Which he is. And it has no vibe of NWA at all. It clearly sounds like somebody's doing this for him. We couldn't quite place it. Oh, Tretch is doing it. Okay. 
that's it. It's, it's a desperation attempt to stay relevant because he didn't know what to do at this point because all shit hit the fan at this point. That's right. And she ran. He's holding on to him by a thread. Dre's out of there. You got Suge Knight hounding him, attacking yep. him. And he couldn't really come up with any any material to do a, a, another like really full album. He was trying to build that up. But you know, honestly, the best thing that happened to EZ was The Chronic because right. he came out with the 187 EP with the real motherfucking G's. Right. That, you know, The Chronic ended up being the best thing that happened to EZ for his career. Right. So anyways, we'll go into that, but this is a pretty forgettable EP, but you know, we're gonna mention it because it's EZ and this is just just after the breakup of NWA. So anyways, that's an ending for that segment of just, you know, honorable mentions for nineteen ninety two. And we'll be back. Are, are you not sick of this thing yet? We got we're gonna go into uh, we're gonna take a quick break and we're going to biggest crossover albums of nineteen ninety two. Like that, quick break. Let's talk about that. Crossover okay, we got what, what we got here? We, we got segment four, which will be the crossover albums. Then we're okay. going to do one and done. Oh. The, these are, uh, I'll go into that segment later. Oh, and then we're just going to do brief mentions of other things. And then, mentions of then other you guys things? can all jump off the, the jump off the ledge. Mentions of other things? Yeah, what does that mean? Crusaders, Crusaders of real hip hop, oh. original flavor. Oh. For everyone that's been waiting for us to yeah, you know, do a deep dive about original flavor. I know a lot of you, a lot of you people, you 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 humans out there. You guys want to talk about can I get open, right? Whatever. You can't. You can't. We say can't that, talk about that yet. That's but you not can't yet. say that this podcast is not complete. We're completists. Oh yeah, we're right? complete or something. So, anyways, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back okay. with biggest crossover yeah. tracks. Quick break. We're back. We're back with these white boys. Now we're gonna talk about really quickly the biggest crossover albums of 1992, and we're gonna start off with House of Pain, everyone's favorite white Irish hooligans. There you go. Shout out Scott Kahn. Like when I saw this video when it came out, obviously it wasn't the Pete Rock remix that we're playing right now, but I was so confused when I saw this. Were you confused as confused as I was when well, I saw this video? One, you didn't know it was Everlast. Right. So Everlast, if you guys don't know, he had a previous look where he did not look like how he looked in this right, and video. Right, a comb haircut. Right, he looked like a, a Ice T's rhyme syndicate. Right. So then he shaved his, you know, his, his hair shaved it down low. He got the goatee tattooed up. Symbol of you got to be harder now. So clearly, uh, he changed his look for the good for what was the time. Uyghurs loved it. Right. Where's the Celtics jersey? He, Proud of he, the gets Irish. His, he gets his high school friend Danny Boy. Right. And then uh, his touring DJ with Rhyme Syndicate was ever was uh, DJ Lethal. Right. So then basically, the, 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 that video though is iconic for the factor of how you can influence your fan base when you don't have a fan base. Yep. They didn't have a fan base as their debut. Right, so let's put them. Okay, we're proud to be Irish, and Irish people they they're very known for supporting each other and very strong about their heritage. Clearly, they're Irish. A lot of white guys, East Coast, Celtics jerseys. It was a brilliant marketing plan to utilize who he is, to utilize who they were. Yeah, it was bridging. It was like the perfect uh, marketing. Get in where you fit in. Like, let's find our, let's find yeah. our, our. And they were authentic to, to the black audience because they weren't trying to pander. Correct. They weren't trying to pander, right? So they weren't trying to pander, but they, that also, in essence, created the wigger. 
This was the group that created the Wiggers. It wasn't Young Black Teenagers. This was probably the song that, or or the group there, where uh, sensitive guys in Boston were getting the shit kicked out of them to a soundtrack of House of Pain songs, probably right. in the nineties. Right. Exactly. Right. But this was it. I mean, this was the. And if you guys don't know what a Wigger means, it's it, think about think about the word. White guys trying to be black guys. This was the thing. This was a big thing in 92, 93, you see it. And then from then on, it just kind of takes its own little course. But, but he was, he was smart also to tap DJ Muggs as kind of shaping their sound. DJ Muggs was such an integral part. And that's a, a big thing that a lot of people don't remember about House of Pain is that they were you know, part, part of, of Soul Assassins. Yep. They were part of Soul Assassins, part of that Cypress family. Yep. And Muggs is, I think, the, the element that kind of brought their production Correct. together. Correct. So anyways, this album was went platinum, platinum single, multi-platinum single, we jump around. And uh, we put this at number one at the list, even though it wasn't the biggest selling. We're going to go into two other albums that oh, were massive, massive crossover. Oh, this is a list? This is a, this is a list. Oh. Number two is Arrested Development. And this All is right. four times platinum. Yeah. Debut album is called Three Years, Five Months, and Two Days in the Life. Great timing. Now, do you remember? Do you remember the name of this album? So, do you yeah. know where that name came from? That was the three. The, what the three years, five months album? Three where they years, got that five film? months, and two year, two days in life of yeah. It was the time it took for them to get a record deal. From when got they it. formed and got a record deal. Got it. Right. I mean, sign of the times. Perfect timing. Perfect timing for this group. This was yeah. The world needed this group at this time. It was very promising. We didn't know where they were going to go with it. We thought they were going to get bigger, mm-hmm. not knowing what was going to happen. MTV embraced them. MTV was an integral part in their success. And why did they embrace right. them? You know why? Because yeah. Yeah. that positive, they, that They positive weren't scary. Audience, yeah. It wasn't scary. It wasn't scary black was, men. But it was It was a, a map. Everyone, everyone that wasn't a rap fan could listen to this. Correct. Crossover, big time crossover appeal. Very Africa embraced. Right. But it was embraced. But it wasn't like X Clan. No. Right. <clears throat> it was a lot more universally. I mean, like, who, who wouldn't not like this song? I mean, quite frankly, this is as catchy as hell. Yeah. This was played in the nightclub all the time as like the ending song where everybody right. sings it. Classic. But it's like love, spirituality, right. black culture, social consciousness, right. like all the stuff that. I mean, know, a lot of heavy Sly and the Family Stones funk samples. You, right. You know, and this is this is Southern Sound. They're from Georgia. All, and this is all speech producing it. Spe- right. Speech produces whole right. album, right? This so. was the Southern Sound. Let's let's think about that for a second. This was aren't these guys from Georgia or something? Atlanta or something? Atlanta. So, so this is it. Before all the other guys. This it predates Outcast. This predates, predates Outcast. Uh, Goody Mob guys that would organize noise would, would right. shape. Again, the Southern sound or right. the Atlanta sound, if you will, right. you know what I mean? I mean, this is a group that, another one, if you were to sum up 92, this is them. But 93 as well. It was that, you know, like, this, you know, Far Side was just like a slightly, you know, harder edge, more right. hip-hop right. group. But they were kind of in very similar pockets, but they saw different demographic of fans. Right. 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 This was uh, amongst all the tension of America. This was the group that brought everybody to hug again. Right. It was these guys. Yep. So I, I can't fault them for that. Uh, I didn't expect them to drop off 
as big as it was. I right. mean, maybe it was because of timing. Yeah. Bad timing. But sound I also of the think times. It's, a, it's again victim of success, right? You get right. a four times platinum album. People just get burnt out by you. Yeah. And if, if you don't reinvent yourself, really, or come up with something that sounds the same, if exactly. it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. So. So they just—I think it was just one of those one of those things. But another group from Atlanta had mass appeal in 1992. It's Criss Cross. That's right. This is 92. That's this right. This is 92. Yeah. This is four-time platinum album again. Uh, this album, this song went like two, three times platinum, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Now, if you guys don't remember, this is the brainchild of Jermaine Dupri. Yeah. These kids were just plucked out of a mall. He yeah. wrote all the lyrics. He yeah. produced everything. He just taught them how to rap. Smart businessman. Taught them how to dress. He's the guy that came up with the backwards stuff. And yeah. Catchy as hell. It was Jermaine Dupri. I Jermaine Dupri is the South's P. Diddy. Puff Daddy. Yeah. I mean, it takes That's familiar right. samples. Catchy. He was a dancer himself, so he knows where it, how it is to entertain. That's it. Smart sample again. You got the ain't no front future in your frontin' kind of stuff going on. Right, and you get the Jackson Five. And the right. It's a it's great and warm it up was a great jam. Yeah, warm it up. I mean, the it, way it, to rhyme. I yeah. mean, you're seeing two cute kids. Yeah. Rhyming, it's cutesy stuff. Yeah, they were I harder the than boss. another bad creation, right? right? Another bad creation was kind of goofy, a little bit more goofy, right? right? But they were these these kids that looked these adorable kids that were hard and all wrapped hard, right? And then they had like this little uh, the, the style with the backwards clothes. Right. All the girls liked them. You didn't wear backwards pants, did you? That's not gonna happen. Okay. I gotta pee, son. <laughs> that ain't gonna happen. How how do you pee in those damn things? Man, you gotta you drop, take it off. You gotta drop your whole drop it low. Pants, man. There you go, drop it low. That's so anyways, another jam. Uh, rest in rest in peace to Chris Mac Daddy Perry. That's correct. Uh, you know, passed away a few years back, and uh, Chris Daddy Mac Smith, who's still alive. Uh, but anyways, that's totally Chris. Totally crossed out the debut album. Of Chris, you know, Cross, one, last yeah, yes. one, one last thing. Yeah, one last thing on these guys yeah. that obviously when you see these guys come out with these songs, you're feel like, okay, these guys are done. Right. This is this is it. They one had hit, a one. They had a career. They had two more albums. They and had the because, bomb, and they had the and they had uh, decent songs. They had decent songs, yeah, and it's yeah. because of Jermaine Dupri behind the wheel. If they did not stick with Jermaine Dupri behind the wheel, done. Totally done. So smart on them. That they knew where the bread was being buttered here. So that's it. All right, we go to Seattle. And when you think of Seattle, what do you oh, think about Seattle in, Come on. in 1992? Of Guys, course. We, we think of Sir Mix a Lot. I like the video. The video was great. And the right. video propelled this song, I think, bigger than it, it should have been. See, this was a puberty guy's dream. Because then you have this baby got back video, which you could record, right? And you could pause, play, rewind, right. pause, play, rewind, all the, all the booties, right? And then you have behind the scenes. You can play the girl moaning, and then you play, like not like I did any of this. So you can play the girl moaning, and you can do. You have a lot of perverted shit in '92. Why is that? Was were they, was was sex selling a lot back was. then? Yeah. Cinemax making a lot of my Spice I, Channel or something. But just yeah. Why is that the case? I don't know. We'd have to we'd have to really do a deep dive in a yeah, pop culture things, in '92. Yeah. Things really changed but a lot. Know, but you know what was the hot shit at the box office was the erotic thriller. At the time, I guess so. Right? Like all this stuff, man. But I guess people finally realized, hey, sex, we can make some money out of this. Right, but you know what Sir Mix-a-Lot did was took the template that that uh, he was like a cleaner two life crew. Yeah, right? that's all he was. Right, he was like a cleaner two life crew, and you know this album, this album was big. The song was huge. There was only one song that outsold this in 1992. You want to guess what it was? What jump around? No. End of the road, boys to men. Oh, there you go. That was 92. Yeah. Yep. Wow, that was 92. 
That's crazy, wow. right? That's Boomerang soundtrack. Yeah, that, that like had a record for like number one, right? Right. And this video was petitioned by parents. They were, MTV had to play it late at night, so I remember I'd, yeah. you know, you had to stay up night to look at the big yeah. booty. Yeah. You know what I mean? That is correct, yeah. This was a number one Billboard. A lot of hot women in this Billboard video. Top 100 song for five weeks in a row. Wow. Now, I'm not a big fan of this song. I hate this song. You play it, if you play this at a party, you play it in an ironic kind you of You play thing. it and then, yeah. And there's nobody that's really attractive dancing to this song. Attractive no, people don't no. dance to this. It's always somebody that just comes out of nowhere. They just eat a lot of Fritos. Right. You know, bloated. Speaking that's another, all it is. Speaking of another video where not a lot of attractive women, but kind of in the similar, uh, similar um, vein that was big in 1992, it's Rex and FX. Oh. Harder, smooth. The album, yeah. second album, but it's all about Rum Shaker. It's all about the ass, right? And this is another one. Make them a great booty, timing. Another butt song, man. Great timing. This the, song had great timing. People started appreciating the butt in '92. Yeah, well, it was. The butt became a thing in '92. Yes. There you go. Because a lot of people confused Baby Got Back with thinking that Sir Mixed like fat girls, which I was always upset me because like, no, he's talking about he wants a girl with a little in the middle, but she got much yeah, back. Right. But people. Once again, the Hollies, they don't they don't pay attention. So then they thought it was about fat girls. And then you have this song that comes out. There's no there's nobody overweight in these videos. No. But but they, they keep thinking like the movement of people appreciating full figured women. No, that's not the case. Black women just are can be skinny in the middle and right. then have a fat ass. That was the thing. That was this, a thing. This, remember Club MTV? This yeah. was the one. Remember they did Club MTV on the yes. beach spring break? Yes. They dance into this. He's upskirt shots. A lot of upskirt, yes. A lot of perverted shots going on. Now, probably the most significant thing to come out of this song is a young Pharrell Williams was working on this. Yeah. And he co-wrote the lyrics to this song. Yeah. He was Teddy Riley's protege. Correct. You know, Pharrell is the biggest thing to come out of the Rex and Effects. I argue the biggest thing to come out of the Rex and Effects. Well, of course, clearly. Thing. Clearly. Clearly. But other than, other than, other that, than that's that, it. it's pretty, pretty forgettable. I don't give a damn about the Rex shop. Forget it. <laughs> but Close that shop. Right. And then now we're on... Uh, what else we got here? So we're in crossover. We'll just talk really quick about some soundtrack songs. Oh. Boomerang. You know, we're not going to go play any R&B over here, but we are going to talk about Tribe Called Quest Hot Sex. Any thoughts on, on this song? This was... Uh, had the I liked it. It's fine. It, 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 it is what it is. It, it's a fine song. It's a fun song. I like the video where they're in the theater and then Q-Tip's got the mask on. I don't like. I don't mind this song. I like it. No, it, I like it. It, it, it put um, Tribe in, a, in another... Uh, Exposure. It's a know, good dance a song. Different exposure. Different exposure. Um, I'm, I'm not mad at this This song. was one of the biggest selling soundtracks of the year. It gave, yeah. you know, I ain't mad at this. It was more of an R&B, R &B, New Jack Swing album, right. but you know, it's cool to have this on here. I ain't uh, mad. I like another it. Album, another like album it. that came out, the Deep Cover soundtrack, right? This obviously predates the, yeah, the product, which we talked about earlier. There's only one but good song. you got to mention this song, right? Like, there's only one that matters, and that's it. This is it. This is the only thing that matters. If you don't know this song, you're not listening to this show. Yeah, other than, other than that, it's pretty forgettable, you know. It's excellent song. Not much on there. They got the New York cred with this song. New York oh, loved yeah. this song. Oh, yeah. If you remember a show we didn't talk about yet, <clears throat> Society's Ride with Rosie wow. Perez. Yeah, that's right. A very short-run show hosted by Rosie Perez. It was on HBO, and it was basically Rosie Perez shooting a very ahead-of-its-time directed kind of style where it'd be black and white in the back when they go behind the scenes it'd be it's kind of like how Madonna shot Truth oh, or Dare Truth or Dare yeah, yeah. It was the behind like, the scenes yeah. was black and white right but then when they cut to the, to the stage it's full color right so she had Black Moon on for the first time right. where you see Beatmeyers handing out flyers to the crowd which is like crazy Brad Nubian 
Dre and Snoop came out. They did this. I wonder if those clips are still on YouTube. I'm trying. Man, I can't find them. They had uh, Leaders of the New School, Red Man, Red Man coming out. He's telling all the crowd, fuck you. And then Eric Sermon's on the crowd right. smiling. And then there was Buju Bantan on there. Yeah, they yeah, had yeah. the girl doing the twerking, upside down twerking. Mm-hmm. Bernie Mac was the host. I mean, wow. come on. I don't know why that's so hard to find. But we gotta, we gotta find track. Bernie Mac's the host. Some links on that, that one. Society's right. Leaders of the New School did the theme song. That's right. That's Society's right. And I don't know why that's so hard to find to this right. day. So we'll, yeah. We'll just mention Deep it real cover. quick. We talked about it earlier. Faking the Funk. Excellent song. That's about it. The best main source song. Yep. And that's you know? it. And uh, pretty much the only thing worth mentioning off that White Men Can't Rap EP. Exactly. Right. Yeah, I just want to have the beat roll in and then we'll move right on. But man, I love this video. Yeah, there, you there you go, boom. There you go. Yeah, Neek the Exotic on here. Yes. Alright, uh, another quick uh, quick thing about a, a soundtrack that came out in 92, Trespass soundtrack. Now, I kind of like that soundtrack. I think that soundtrack is slept on. I, I, I personally think it's slept on. No, of course, this was the lead single, right? The Trespass song, which was the Ice Cube, Ice <coughs> T song, which Feels is right. pretty forgettable. Yeah. Right? But I argue that it was the other tracks, the, sax, the tracks that weren't released as singles, that really made this one it. You know, you had, you had, um, yeah, Don't Be a 304. Oh, this is AMG, it. Right? AMG's which, best song, right? You're going on record to say this is the best AMG song. This is best AMG's by far. This is this hype. East Coast like this song. That's right. And you played this in DJ sets. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nobody mad at this. Right. There we go. Come on. This is, come on. This is it. I just think whoever whoever was the the executive producer of the song selection for this one, he just did a good job. A lot of good stuff. Good writing. Yeah. Gangstar. Taking over. Excellent song right now. This, this song is this a five mic song. This song's awesome. You know? And the I remember production, unbelievable. Yeah, and I remember buying the soundtrack and just like, oh my god, this this was like because we used to think of the soundtracks as like, oh, this is the leftover stuff. Right. Stuff that doesn't make the cut. But this Not is this. Some bangers. The remix for this is great too, if you know the Large Professor remix yeah, for this. Yeah, yeah. Large it's Professor remix. Very hard to find remix. Excellent song. But you had, you know, you had Black Sheep on the wall, you know. That's a great song. Yeah. So this good, good soundtrack, definitely worth listening to. And then the last soundtrack we're gonna talk about really quickly is a little movie called Zebrahead. Oh. Remember this movie called Zebrahead? It starred Michael Rappaport. Shout out to Michael Rappaport. Love Michael Rappaport. But it's a forgettable soundtrack. The only thing is it was executive produced by MC Search. And this would be the first yes. solo single from a then rapper known as Nasty Nas. Right. Halftime. Everyone's favorite. Halftime. Exactly. And this came off of the Zebra's Head soundtrack. Right. Michael Rappaport. Shout out. Shout out to Michael Rappaport. Shout out to MC Search. Who Good man. MC Search. Yes. But that's pretty much it of this album. Yeah. But I just wanted to mention it because I remember putting this song on mixtapes and everybody was like, what is this? Like, and it was built at anticipation for Illmatic. This great, yeah, this and Live at the Barbecue was yeah. great anticipation. So he had the hype machine was rolling right now. That's right. Well, that's good. that goes to the crossover album. Oh, that's it? Oh. The crossover soundtrack. Hey. Hey, that was easy. I was waiting for like 20 more. Right. right. And uh, All right. then then when you're ready to take a breather, we're gonna go into a little segment we call one and done. And these are this was a phenomenon in nineteen ninety-two where guys were getting signed to labels, they put on an album and they get either dropped from their label or they never make another album ever again. 
Sounds about right. So uh, we're going to get in that into our next segment. But for those of you guys that are still hanging in with us, thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, noted what he said. There's another segment. And there's another segment after that, right? Is it? Is it one uh, more segment? No, the, the next oh. one is just gonna be. We're just gonna mention. Okay, we're gonna take another break. We're gonna we're gonna just mention names of albums that other that drop, so you can just feel like you're not alone. Like, you know, like if someone is really like mad, they're like, bro, they never mentioned the Bushwick Bill album. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, shut like, up. You know what I mean? Oh, we're they to didn't mention Gangsta right. Nip. Oh, you know what I mean? They didn't mention the College Boys. Oh, you know, whatever. Forget it. We're gonna mention it all, but we're not gonna talk about everything. But we're gonna at least mention the album uh, if it's worthwhile. But anyways, uh, if it's worthwhile, if it's worthwhile, great. But I think the one and done All will right. be really fun for for guys. And for who really? I think the hardcore hip hop is. Oh, the guy, whoever's still you know listening what? to this. You know what? I ain't been mowing you guys any more money. Forget it. All right, all right. Let's take All a little right. break. We're signing out. Yes, take a break. We're signing off, taking a break. Yep. Yes, wonderful. All right. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. we forgot something. No, come on. We no 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 we we, we really did. How, how what did we forget? What? What? We forgot we forgot a really popular song what? all over the country. Oh. And in Hawaii. Oh. Oakland rapper. This was ninety two. Ninety two. This was the summer. This was like the summer jam. This is a major hit. Major hit. Platinum song. Oakland rapper Paperboy. Yeah. The album was called The Nine Yards. I don't remember that. Yeah. Was this a nationally top 10 song? It was Billboard, Billboard Top 20. Top 20. And Platinum, went Platinum. Okay, I believe that. I definitely believe that. This was a major hit. Major yeah. dance hit, Hawaii hit. It, it's, it, but it was like huge in Hawaii. Very huge. Could not escape it. Yes, yes. You know, obviously it went Platinum, so it know. was it was big everywhere. But I know you have some uh, fellow DJ friends that are huge fans of this Well... Song. Shout out to Spell One, the artist, to the stars. He loves this song. It's the only song he likes. This is it? It's, yeah. He loves it all, but... Diddy he all day. He could li- listen to this song all day. 69 times a day. And you can still play this in the club. Yeah. You feel good. It's a, it's, it, 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 the, the name of the song perfectly matches what's going on in the song. It's a nice little ditty. See, and that's the name of the song. I'm glad we didn't forget this one, because people would have called us out. The local people bash our heads in. Yeah, yeah, but do you remember the album or the, only the single? I honestly do not remember the album. He had another single called Bumpin'. I remember that. Right. But I do not... And this didn't really go anywhere, but people no. were just playing the album just because of the popularity of Diddy. But... And then this was like sold back to Jellies. Right. After they got their fix of Diddy. Right. It was nobody's... produced by uh, Rhythm D. Rhythm, Rhythm D, D, that's right. Rhythm D yeah. was the guy behind Real Motherfucking G's for Eazy-E. Yes. And he did some stuff for Bone Thugs and Harmony. Correct. Yeah, but... But they hit the jackpot with Diddy. Yeah, and then I mean, he, he put out some follow-up stuff, but nothing ever really... Nothing could Nothing really it. came of it. Nothing but, could compare to this. But yeah. Well, not this, but... But at least he had one iconic song, which is more to say than some of the other artists that we talked about, you know, in the well, in the, in the other segment. Does, yeah, Diddy belongs in the top 100 songs of all time, I have to say. I might even go to say maybe 50. Wow. It might because of just the following it had. It's catchy. I've, I've never gotten tired of it. I mean... You know? The only really line that I remember from that song very closely was "All on the Dingaling." <laughs> that's right. And that's—I don't know if that's a sad thing to remember or what, but that's. Everybody loved the song. I don't know anyone that didn't like Diddy. So, yeah. okay, so good call on that one. Yeah. Because so, if not, we would have gotten destroyed. And there was one thing also that I almost forgot about. I got so much notes, got so many albums. I don't know how you do it, man. 
it's super cat. This is a hot jam right here. Let's go. Yes. Good thing we brought this so, back. So I know we're talking about crossovers, but this was besides Shaba Ranks, you know, as uh, this was the next big hip hop yes. dancehall crossover. This brought the hip hop and the reggae together to make dancehall. And I don't this know. This is the hit. I don't know if you were like me. I bought the Don Dada album, and then this remix. It was wasn't not on there. It wasn't on this there. This is a vinyl only remix. Yes. And was yes. this Red Alert or something? Who did this? Re I can't remember who did oh. this remix. It was. I can't remember, but this wasn't Diamond D, right? I thought it was like. Yeah, I can't remember what it was, but it, I thought it was called the Red Alert remix or something like that. It it, it was somebody. Uh, that's so, a good one to look up. But, I know, but, but it was vinyl only. Had the same beat, kind of as Brand Nubian. Yeah. The punk jump up beat. Yeah. Vinyl only. They played this MTV Spring Break where they would have the girls like the bikini contest. Right. They'd have them come out to this. That's awesome. Which is so strange but awesome. That's thing. crazy. So yeah, it was, and, it was weird. And we can't forget the, the two big crossover songs. The other one, Dolly My Baby. Oh yeah. Which is iconic song, iconic beat, iconic verse from Biggie Smalls. Biggie's debut. Really, right? Was this Biggie's debut? Crash verse from... Uh, Puff Daddy. And the, the little known Puff Daddy, which trips people out to this day. People don't know that Puff Daddy sounds like Onyx in this song. He comes out with Third Eye. Right. Third Eye was the guy that Puffy was pushing. There you go. This is Third Eye, ladies and gentlemen. There's a video with this. They're all in there. Puff Daddy, they're all sitting down. Then you gotta get to the Puff Daddy. Uh, it's coming. This Puff Daddy, everyone. No one would understand that this is Puff Daddy. Oh, man. So, like, remember the hood rats. Yeah, everyone wanted to sound, like, insane. They're in insane asylum. They're going crazy. They're going crazy, grimy. And here's the and iconic verse. That's where you got the sample from. You get one verse with, like, all these hip-hop quotables yeah. and all these samples off one verse. There's at least four or five songs that sample just this verse. So, so yeah, whoever was doing A&R at Columbia Records and getting these remixes for Supercat was crazy smart. Yeah. You know, yeah. again, started the momentum that we're going to talk about in future episodes with dancehall and hip hop. That crossover, you know? it crossed over a great deal. Yeah, huge. But that was that's that's two big songs of '92. I got that got to be on there. Get Red Hot is an excellent party jam. Great jam overall. Yeah, and it's not even a hip hop. And you had to get the remix. There was also a Dem No Worry We. Remix with Heavy D. That's right. That was not on the album. That was another one too. That's that was hard one. That, one. that one I couldn't. I couldn't find. I probably had a video pulled it up that. on uh, YouTube. Yes, there was a video, music YouTube. video for that, and because Heavy D was a big, big friend with you know, big time. Yeah, that's right. Supporter right. of Supercat, so you see him dancing around that's in the right. video. So shout out to Supercat. Uh, wow. He had that crazy hair too. Remember? Yeah, Super the crazy hair. Straight perm. It's like a straight perm. And it was a cool girl. forward. Yeah, it's like he activated and he flattened it. Yeah. Which, sorry, that's what it looked like. I don't know. And is, is, is that is that it here? What, yeah, what else we yeah. got? So finally, yeah, those are the two other albums. Right. I just want to talk about uh, uh, lighter shade of brown. <laughs> it just doesn't end, does it? Wait a minute. What 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 album? Uh, they released 92? their sophomore album, Hip Hop Locos. Oh, yes, we are going loco. <laughs> You're damn right, we're going. What was on that? It was a song called uh, Homies. Do you remember this song? Uh, it was. It wasn't a big hit. It wasn't I nowhere near along the lines. I don't have any homies. This was uh, what Lighter Shade of Brown did best, right? They did the kind of corny beats, right. kind of corny rap. It was party jams, barbecue jams. But uh, I don't Big know, in Hawaii. I don't know if you remember that album. I don't remember. I remember that album. Yeah. What, what else was on this album? Spill the Rhyme. Yeah, forget it. It's Spill My Drink at this point. 
Yeah, this is. Uh, Forget it. This, no. No. It's like horchata wrap. Leave, like, yeah, leave this to the side. <laughs> they ain't playing this at Taco Tuesday, bro. Forget it. But but we we'll just mention lighter shade of brown. It wasn't a big success, but you know we we didn't mention it in earlier episodes. Well, they because, become a success somewhat later. Yeah, yeah. They so. had you know the they come out with the Hey DJ song, right, right, know, which was kind of a minor. Wasn't hit. there another one that they did? Not Hey DJ, uh, but the on a Sunday afternoon. On a Sunday afternoon. That was like in 1990, I think. Yeah. Oh, that's right. All right. Yeah. But yeah. lighter shade of brown, man. So great, wonderful. What else we got? You can pull up something else. No, 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 no. That's it. That's it. You that's sure? It. We're gonna like pudgy the fat I, bastard to talk about. No, no? that's next year. <laughs> great. <laughs> There's, a, there's a, a precursor, everyone. Pudgy the Fat he'll, Bastard. He'll be on our one and done segment oh, for shit. like 93 or 94. Him, the Dreadnoughts, top quality. Uh, right. Foreshadowings. Dread whatever. Scott. Dread Scott I like. Yeah. So yeah. we'll talk about some of those Let's guys. not talk about them, though. But, no. but here, let's, let's, let's move on to our, our, our next segment. You know, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come yeah. back with our next segment. <laughs> for real this time. Yeah. We got a little special segment coming. Yeah, up, so. I got to go pee. All right. So Get out of this. Yes. You know, I'm a fan of this song. I've always liked this song. Yeah, it's a hot jam. And, you know, we're back, believe it or not. This is, you know, we've said breaks. We've had segments. We're going on hour five, I think, at this point. If you're still <laughs> if you're still alive with hour five, how's that, man? Well, I like this one. I always like Boss. Yeah. I, so, interesting uh, to start this final segment. Yeah, so going in our final segment, you know, we wanted to do something called One and Done, and we'll probably be doing this segment for the next, you know, few episodes of years coming up. Because you remember the '90s? There was that sounded scary how you said that. I know we're gonna be doing this for the next decades. <laughs> All but, right. You know, there was a, a gold rush of record labels. They wanted to sign everybody. Everybody's mama got a record deal. Remember? There was a lot of albums. Tons, yeah. tons, tons of record labels. Everyone, yes. you know, A&R is major in the 90s 92 it's no different right so everyone's pulling pulling from different pockets of the uh the u.s right to find acts and a lot of these acts just had one album and nothing ever again right we never heard from them ever again crazy <clears throat> or no major release they might have a, a single or one probably or two. independent release right, right to right. keep but, their life going but we never heard anything you yeah. know what i mean they're probably doing state fairs who knows you know yeah. they want to quiz those That'd be fun, huh? We see Boss at... Well, okay. But, are you going to give the backstory to Boss? But, yeah. And how so, unique this this, you know, gal this is, is really one of the more puzzling major label debuts in 92. You know, it's the first and only album from Boss, a.k.a. Lachelle Laws. She's a Detroit rapper uh, who, who basically got a deal through DJ Quick and AMG uh, yeah. through Russell Simmons' Def right. Jam West. Right. right, the Def Jam West label. I think they had South Central Cartel on there. A rapper called Mello. There was Jo Felony. Remember wow. these guys? Jo Felony, all right. Hey. I'm gonna give it to you. What you're gonna do with it? But this know. was a, this album was a success. It was a, a gold gold selling album. Yeah. Two number one Billboard rap hits. Deeper, the song we're playing right now. And what recipe of a hole, right? And recipe of a hole. Yep. Produced by Def Jeff. But Deeper. Isn't she like wasn't she a stockbroker? So what's the rumor the here? The thing was. So she was interviewed in 94 Yeah. Uh, from a reporter from the Wall Street Journal. Okay. And basically the reporter revealed that she grew up in a middle class neighborhood. Okay. 
on the west side. Okay. You know, kind of near the eight mile of Detroit, but you know, middle class. No. She studied ballet, hey. piano. All right. She attended a private Catholic school. Ooh. She was a cheerleader. She's. You know, and then she majored in business for two years at Oakland University. Oh. And that's when she started rapping. Oh. Okay. And then took on this boss persona. Okay, so she was a business she, business degree. She's a smart businesswoman. Yeah, exactly. And that's there why. was no internet back then. We right. couldn't fact check. We couldn't check on her. Right. And this was before the term studio gangster became like a, a thing, right. right? It was getting there, but this was a this was a perfect of a uh, marketing strategy. Perfect. Yeah. There was no woman that was making selling the amount of albums as her. No. You had all these seasoned she pros. She predates Lady of Rage. Right. You know, and then all the other females at that time, you know, Queen Latifah, MC Light. You know, they were had a, a much lighter image. Right, they were all pro female. She was like a badass female. Yeah, she's like, I'm gonna kill one of the guys. everybody. I'm killing the guys. I'm right, exactly. Right. It's very crazy how that really worked. And you know, being that she's on uh, Def Jam, you know, she had a huge uh, stack of producers. Yeah. You know, Eric Sermon, T Ray. You know, MC Search, right. Jam Master J, right. you know, and then AMG, and she featured guest appearances from AMG, Eric Sermon, Onyx. Right. I mean, all-star album. This video was very creepy. Yeah, Remember yeah, this video? Yeah. Had a bunch of guys look like witches, and they're all in front of like a pot. Yeah. Because it's the recipe for a hole. So they got <laughs> spoons or something, and they're, they're twisting, making a batter, a batch of something. Very bizarre. But this, very bizarre. This is a solid album, man. Yeah. A lot of good tracks on here. This is a good album. <laughs> yeah. And this is another one we never heard from ever again. It pretty much imploded her career after that came out. I don't think she could come out and people take her seriously as a gangster rapper. Well, and that's the reason why this is not in the top 10 or much less the top 20. Right. Or much less the top 25. Right. Because of all of that backstory. But that's I think basically if you can, it. If you could put that controversy out of your mind, it's actually a it's, good album. It's a fun, yes, right. That goes back to deeper in this song. It's fun songs. It's, it's guilty pleasure fun songs. Yeah. And that's it. Historical right. value, not really. Another album in 1992 where we heard from him once and never again as a solo artist, MC Search. Hey, all right. Here it comes. All right. The first single. I like this song. It's a great song. You know, it I was like number it. one Billboard rap single. Yeah. Another number one rap single, right? I and like then it. the follow up was Back to the Grill. Fun stuff, right? Here. Right, but. It's a fun jam. Yeah, man. Here it comes. There we go. So, but Search actually went in a different round, right? Because. Him cultivating talent and being A and R yeah. would actually be more of an important legacy in hip hop for him right. than being a rapper. That kept his career going. Right. You know, he he discovered Nasty Nas. Right. He helped OC get signed to Wild Pitch Records. Um, and you know, he mentored and and uh, he mentored nonfiction. If you're excited oh, right. about that group, yeah, that, Ill Bill. Oh, can we talk back. about them? We'll get yeah. ready. Get ready, everyone. That's coming up in the. Oh. That's coming what up. That, the ninety eight show or the ninety nine show. Like that, yeah. But right. Return of the Product was the album. Yeah. You know, it did decent, but there's a lot of trash on this album. But yeah, it's it's not a great album. No. It's pretty much this and Back to the Grill. That's it, and we turned the tape off. <laughs> Quite frankly, I mean. Play, play another song that's not Back to the Grill. We, we right. know Back to the Grill. Play an album cut from this. I, I, I like this one. This one's called Don't Have to Be. Don't Have to Be? Yeah. I could be paid and don't have to have money. Jump off a bridge and don't have to use fun. Sure. I like Cypress Hill and don't have to smoke blunts. And when Whoa. Comes in, it's a shock. Got a good bass, bass line. Yeah, the bass line's pretty good. Uh, I think this fine. is a T-Ray beat. Like, it's not bad. Like, All right. 
that's it's, fine. It's, it's well, Brandon, it's not a great album, but there's some good singles and, right. and you know, hey, MC Serge, man, he was the first, really one of the the first white gonna, rappers yes. besides the Beastie Boys that was acceptable to like. Right, it. third base was. MC Search, they were the acceptable, it was always them and Beastie Boys, right? So right. that's fine. I'm not going to say anything further, but this album's a harsh album. Right. Number three on the one and dones, the skills that pay the bills from Positive K, oh. right? I Got a Man, huge single, right? We can't deny that this was that's major hit. not a major hit. Major hit, great beat. Played it in the clubs. Right. You know, this was a gold single. Right. The album didn't do as well as the single. Yeah. But you know, this is this is a guy that was very puzzling because basically his debut was on um, Life. I'm not having it, yeah. right? And it took him like six years to get a record deal. Yeah. And then he got a record deal on like a bizarre like island G Street. Yeah, he's he's, he's like saying that. some guy dreadlocks or something. I don't know. <laughs> right. Island like music. A, it was like the reggae label, right? Or something. But you know, he was co-signed by like Grand Pooba, Daddy O, yeah. Big Daddy Kane, MC Like Everyone loved this guy. Right. He's from the Bronx. He seems like a nice guy. He seems like a I'm nice guy. Go hang out with him. Go have, get some to eat. He probably owns a Quiznos. I'd eat at that Quiznos. He probably will. He smiles and <laughs> he seems like a very friendly gentleman. But yeah, Posse K had this one. He released another. What, what else was Night Shift, right? Yeah, Night what was, Shift. What was it? Yeah, play that Night Shift one. How'd that go? Forgot yeah. about. He had good production on this album. Yeah, that, I do he had remember. Some decent production on here. Decent production. Was was it? Did you have another single? Uh, after we get this rolling here with Night Shift, this is Night Shift. Yeah, that's a good sample right here. Yeah. Isn't there a remix for this too? Yeah, there's a remix for this too. Because this wasn't on the video version. No, there was think... a different version. Yeah. Of it. Yeah. Okay. This sounds too holly. They had, to, I think they had to uh, street, street, street up this beat. And then he tried to do a follow-up to "I Got a Man." It was the Car Hoppers remix. That's right. Oh God. You remember this? He was like desperate to like recapture that "I Got a Man." He even got the same girl. Right. Like. And then the chorus was "Car Hoppers." <laughs> car Hoppers. And that was it. Which was okay. Wow, that's exciting. I remember this. Forget it. Yep. Car hoppers. Yeah. Anyways, if you're out there, shout out to Posse K. I hope the, <laughs> the Quiznos is doing well. well we, we, we do. Uh, is our Quiznos even in Hawaii? We, we appreciate you. I think yeah. it's only in the airports now. Hey, great. We can get out of here after that. All right. Another one and done album for 1992. The Fabulous Chi Ali. Yay, hey, all right. Chi Ali, the youngest member of the Native Tongues. Yes, yeah, a favorite group. of many. Yep. 16 year old, right? Great potential. He's 16 years old at the time. Yeah, great you remember, potential. Remember, here's a pop quiz for you. What was the song that Chi Ali made his first appearance on? It wasn't his own. It was on Black Sheep, right? It was on Black Sheep, right? right. Past the 40. Yeah. With Hot Diggity Dog. Right. Oh, God. Remember Hot Diggity Dog? Hot Diggity Dog, I try to forget. But, but yeah, this is a good jam, man. Uh, AJ Ain't Nothing But a Number. Yeah. This, is, this was like a, a pretty decent. No, the, hit, the foundation was set. For yeah. him to be one of the native tongue heavy hitters. Yep, his entire album is produced by the Beat, uh, beat Nuts because they shared the label. Right. They were label mates. Relativity, Relativity right? Records. That's right. Great. This great beat. Play and this in the clubs. But here's a here's a little tidbit. You know who produced this song? Who was this one? Mr. Long. Mr. Hey, all right. One See, good contribution. He's good for something, huh? <laughs> After all the Mr. Long bashing he gets on this show. But yeah, okay. love this song. Love the video. It's good. Funky Lemonade was the other single. All right. And so this had a remix. This is the Beat Nuts remix. Okay, this is the remix yep. with the Guru sample. And this yeah. was the video they had. It had all yeah. the, everyone in the video. He looked older in the video. Yeah, so Chi Ali, after this album, went to jail. Yeah. 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 
And what was the reason for him going to jail? I, I don't was know it murder? It was murder or it was assault or something like that. Yeah. It wasn't I could like, be wrong. Uh, I could be wrong on that one. But okay. but yeah, he disappeared. And you know, he, he resurfaced. They tried to release some some singles. And he, I think he might have had an independent release, but he did have several, yeah. Right. It didn't but it just, just didn't recapture. Off, you know, he just couldn't recapture. It was a crowded market at that time. Yeah, but the Fabulous Chili, this actually album's not bad. It's not terrible. It's not terrible, no. It, it's not a terrible album. No. I like it. So next up, uh, the Rough House Survivors. Remember these guys? A lot of guys like them. A lot of guys say that they're fans of them, but no one can tell me a name on any of their songs. And no one can name a member. Nope. People always, oh, Rough House Survivors, I remember that. Name a member, name a song. Cannot. So the ra- the, the members <laughs> are Dread One, Kev, Roberto, and DJ Swin. Wow, Roberto. Yep. I do not know there's a Roberto. Roberto. Wow. <laughs> yes. Interesting. But um, it was... You know, it was a hyped album in it the was. sense of, uh, you know, you had guest verses from CL Smooth and Sadat yeah. X. That basically, uh, an unknown producer at the time, Tony Dofat, who I think is right. slept on any thoughts of Tony Dofat. I like Tony Dofat. Underrated guy. Underrated. Um, he, he, heavy D fame, right? One of the many underrated, yeah. But uh, this is We Came to Get Wrecked. This is a song featuring Sadat X, but the single was Check the Backpack. That was the video. Yep. You remember the video? That was their known song. That was Everybody the one people would backpack. get. If you had to name a song, you'd get that. It was sponsored by Jansport, I think. There was a, I think they should have, they should have cashed in. They should have definitely cashed no in. No cross promotion here. And the the song like their rhymes were in the backpack. He's like, where's my rhymes? Check my backpack. Check the backpack. Yes, yes. It was a fun group. It was a very tribe esque sounding group. A very sign of the times group. Right like, there, it was alright. In '92, we liked stuff that sounded like this. Right. This was what we called like, oh wow, this is like the hip hop nobody knows about. Right. This is like good stuff. This New is York the album stuff. that you could pull out, like if someone like is listening to Tribe or Dela, and you're like, hey, you like this here? Check this out. Right. And you you're kind of in the know. Exactly. Else. Yes. So you know, it's not a great album. They're definitely a watered down, you know, native tongues kind of style. Right. Uh, I don't know. If, do you remember that Rough House Survivors did try to come out with a, a single later? Yeah. Like in 19, I think the source gave it like one mic or one half mics, but the album was never released after the source review. Oh yeah, I don't blame yeah. them. And of then course. they try to come hard like the UMCs. They try to like rebrand themselves as like. They get the identity crisis like UMCs. Yeah. yeah they, Can't I, wait to talk about the that. The album was never released, so we we we're calling this a one and done career for for them. And if you guys ever right. get a chance, go to Rough House Survivors' um, second album and listen. They, the guy they're totally trying to copy Wu Tang Clan. Yeah. The one guy's trying to sound like Method Man. Correct. Crazy. They had to change with the times. Right. So uh, the album is straight from the soul. Rough House Survivors. Check it out. This is probably only for like the hardcore East Coast guys. Yes. All right. Another album that was dropped. One and done. The Penthouse Players Click. Remember these guys? Hey. All right. Yes. Blam Tweed Cadillac. Great video. Great I remember video. The video. DJ yeah. Quick had that real nice perm in this one. That. His best hair. He went for best hair. <laughs> he had some and, uh, great. He had some great hair. Man. He had best hair. He beat uh, DJ Quick's hair. Beat out. Uh, um, who's the Who's the uh, pimp Pimp comedian? Oh, oh, God! What's that guy's name? Cat Williams. Cat Williams. Yeah. He DJ quick had better hair. Yeah, quick had better hair. Yeah. But um, this was an album that was released on Ruthless Records. Yeah. Co-signed by E.G. Easy E. Yeah. This was a hot jam. This is probably the only you know single off. This was the album. that posse cut, right? Well, this was Both. only them and DJ Quick. The song was called P.S. Fuck You Too. What was and the then, video? And then the, the this was the video. This was the video. Okay. And then they had another song. It was called Trust No Bitch. And huh. And okay. this had DJ Quick, Easy E, AMG. This was the big posse. Okay, okay, got it. Right. Got it. I bought this album just 
for the features. Right. And there's a lot of features. I like the name. Thanos Players Click is a, is a hot name. Yeah, PPC. It's nice. Yeah, it's that's a nice name. Good marketing. Play Ham was a pretty dope rapper. Tweet Cadillac was like someone's dad rapping. Do you remember? Yeah. He had a weird voice. It was a weird, weird delivery. Well, like, like a, that was with that old pimp guy. The, right. the old grizzled pimp guy. He like rapped and like he we like know. referenced like up, up, uh, Earl, uh, Earl Shaw, like paint your house. Like Remember right. he had like the weird right. like, uncle. He was like uncle rap. He was the uncle. He was uncle rap before 21 Savage. Yeah. <laughs> Go figure. Um, but yeah, this is a, a probably only listen to these two songs that we're playing on this album. If you guys haven't heard this one, yeah, if you really want to make the effort, a lot of skip, a lot of skippable, skippable walls on this one. All right, moving on. The Voice of the Mirror, the debut album from Little Sean. Oh come on! This is like the corniest video. This on is my Instagram. yeah. It's on your chest. This is the one where I gotta say get out of here. <laughs> this is a get out of here. No, right. Forget it. He was uh he was the. Discovered no. by Howie T, right? He was no. co-signed by Chub Rock. You know, but most people don't even remember one single song from this album. They only As remember they, should. they only remember Little Sean from Dom Perignon. Exactly. Right. Little Sean, okay, Little Sean had a little bit of a revival when he did his like R and B stuff. Right. The Dom Perignon and Yeah, was that like ninety five, was it? The R and B? I think he only had that maybe two singles. He never had a full album. He never had a full album, but he had, no. he had some kind of R and B ish smooth hits. In and then 95. Yeah, this was his other single where they sampled the After Seven. That's when it's like I made love for the very first time. They sampled that. Hey, you remember this right. one? Very vaguely. Little Sean was not was impressive back in the day. Losing his virginity in this song. Something. Well, good for him. You know what I mean? Was he like 20 something years old? Right? Yeah, hopefully he lost his virginity. He's not one of those nerds. I mean, real, quite frankly. No one's seeking this out. Yeah. Don't don't say seek this out, guys. Okay, well, no one's seeking this out. Yeah, Little Sean was kind of fell into the category of like Father MC and these other guys that kind of just MC nine hundred foot Jesus. One, one, one note rappers, right? Forget it. All right, another group, Ziggy, or how they pronounced it, Shiggy. It was Shiggy, right? It was Shiggy. Yeah. Yes, it was the Harlem-based mm. rap dance group. So can what? you name one member of of Shiggy? I I Shig not. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I, all I know is he had Toss It Up, he had that song. Yeah, he had Raking in the Dough. Raking in the Dough, boys, Raking in the Dough. Right. Yes. That was the other one. Yes, but yes. This was, a, this was an album that, again, I would sneak on in mixtapes when I was selling them in the 90s, along with like Rough House Survivors, and people were like, hey, it's pretty good. It's not bad. You know, They'd say was, that, but then they wouldn't get excited about it. Right, so they, the members were Kazo, Face, Prancer, Sound, and Tonga. Like, like the, Donner and Blitzen? Yeah. What the? <laughs> Prancer? Prancer. You should go hang out with Roberto and the Rough House Survivors. Well, they, they started as backup dancers for Special Ed, Public oh, Enemy, right. YZ. Right, right. They're a dance group. And you remember a lot of dancing in the video. Yeah. The Toss It Up video. Toss Up a lot of dancing in the dancing, video. Right? Yeah. And then they, they followed it up oh. with the uh, the Raking in the Dough song. That's a decent song. Now, the only significant thing about this album was the entire production is Salam Remy. Yeah. So if you're want if you a Salam Remy fan, like we wow. all are, yeah. I would say listen to this album just for the beats. Yeah. And you can kind of pretty much ignore the rapping for the most part. This is a good song though. I, I, I find this a decent song. This would be on the mix, in the 92 yeah. mix. Yes. So, yeah, Shiggy, one and done on this one. Alright, now we're going to move to a uh, duo out of Patterson, New Jersey. Here we Brothers go. of the Black Market. Oh. You remember these guys? I, I remember buying that in Jellies. And, wondering what and did I buy? you sell it back immediately? I, <laughs> I wish I knew that feature was... Uh, Known at Jellies, I wasn't. I was too young at the time. Uh, they had the one single. There's a music video. There was a living video. Living in the bottle. Yeah, living in the bottle. Uh, yes. Alcoholism. Oh, 
God. Wow, people were releasing a lot of depressing songs and singles back in the day, huh? Yeah, I didn't. Well, as as we started the show, what was going on in '92, guys? We had some stuff going down. Yep. Riots. Maybe that's a, a sign of the times, really. People were sad. Yeah, they were loosely affiliated with Naughty by Nature, Flavor Unit. Um, but yeah, like, Cool Money C was the rapper. Uh. And I don't know if I'm saying this right, but DJ Manal. No, come DJ on. DJ Manal. That's hey, bizarre. Is that, is that real? I don't know. No. I'm going to fact check that one. You know, this is a We haven't talked, talked about anything real. You could really hardly find any information on Brothers of the Black Market on, As you on should. the internet. That's not going to happen. But, yeah, they had this one. They had another song called We Got This. I don't know if you remember that one. No, we don't got it. Yep. But, anyways, one and done wow. on this one. So you can put DJ Mall, Manur? What's his name? Manal. Manal. <laughs> you put DJ Manal, you put Roberto Prancer, make yep. a super group. <laughs> there you go. Grave diggers, eat your heart out. Yeah. Wow. Call them, what, the Expendables. His names, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They're the, the rapid album's called One and Out of Here. Yeah. <laughs> so, what uh, else we got? Next here? up, we got New Jersey, another New Jersey based group, Crusaders for Real Hip Hop. Oh. From the album Deja Vu, it's 82. Rapper Tony D, Mr. What? Law, and Razel. Oh, Razai. Razai, yeah. Razel ain't gonna join this group. Razai, that's right. Not Razel. So, okay, so on the surface, these guys. I like it's a, it's a cre- it's a creative name. I like the name of the group. It's it's a different, you know. But that's it. Did you not like the song at all? This is a guilty pleasure. Uh, this is a guilty pleasure. But I mean, like, this is the only song on the album that's even remotely justifiable. Do you remember the second single, the other music video they had? It was called "We Love the Hotties." It was awful. Oh God. We love the yes. Hotties. You see. When, when you when you mention a certain song, it gives me kind of indigestion. That's not a good sign. I do remember that. I have this on vinyl. I have the picture cover on vinyl. It's a collector's item. It's a collector's item. I, th- I think they have a cool name. That's it. Okay, sample milk. That's it. All right. Good. Good for them. We're going to New York-based group Hard Knocks. Remember this group? No. This is a hard album to find. This is well. a debatable album too, because a lot of people like this album. Yeah. This is this is in essence what hip hop is. It, it's straight up stuff. Like we've let this run for people that don't know. Just let this. This is strictly from the Bronx. So the the rapper is called uh, his name was Hardhead, and then the the DJ was DJ Stoneface. I like it. Hardhead and Stoneface. I like it. Yeah. I get it. They were really sticking with the hard theme. They wanted to be hard. A lot of things hard. Yeah. <laughs> but. But yeah, the, you can't I, get mad at this. This no, is no. this is hip hop. This is it. This is the no. bareness of bare bones of hip hop. Straight baseline. I remember buying this album. I remember being like pleasantly surprised. Yeah. It's, it's, it's actually a halfway decent. This album. being the top twenty for me. Wow. I put this in the top twenty. Wow. But yeah, we never heard from these guys ever again. Yeah. yeah. You know. But yeah, shout out to uh, Hard Knocks wherever you are. These guys will be like nineteen on the top twenty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, definitely worth checking out. All right, moving on to the next group. We have, you remember the, a group called The A-Team? Oh. Do I? <laughs> oh, God, all right. So they were produced by Trackmasters, right? They're another Chub Rock-affiliated group. Uh, can you name one member? No, I cannot. Rob Swinger. This is where we get our man, Hot Diggity Dog. Hot Diggity Dog is from this. Hot Diggity Dog. God. And... Uh, they made their debut, I think, I believe, on Past the 40 as well on Black Sheep's album. So I have a little little inside story on the 18. Okay. Right. So 
during my phase where I would buy a lot of tapes. Right. And if you go to said Tar Records Pequoy, you'd have the tape section as you walk in to the left, you go in there, and it's alphabetized. Right. The group's name is the A Team. Yeah. Right? A T E E M. A dot T dot E dot. Right? They spell it, it as an acronym, acronym, right? It was an acronym. Okay, so because of the, it was spelled that way, they made it the very first tape in the A section. So every time oh, I'd walk smart. by it, I would always would look at it and I'd be like, should I buy them? After. Weeks? Go on. Months? Go on. Years? Go on. That same tape was there <laughs> and never bought one copy. It was like a, Tower like, Pecoy. It was like the dog in the in the window at the pet store. Nobody, nobody. The wanted dog nobody wanted, but he was old reliable. Because you know, if, if he, you saw the A Team album, you know you're in a good place. You you know that he's there for you. You're there for it. No one bought the sold one copy Tower Records sold or ordered Pecoy. That's right. So I didn't want to touch it. I was like, I don't want to be the guy that finally buys that. And then the, the, the whole computer just throws off and the stock doesn't know you know what to do. We didn't check the stock. So, and, the, and the album had the worst title. It was A Hero Ain't Nothing But A yep, Sandwich. Yep, garbage. Right. So I, I always like to know when they switched over to all CDs, what became of that 18 tape? That's all I want to know. It's probably it's probably still around. It's probably, it's probably in in a, a, a in Jelly's storage. record store in Honolulu Gotta as be. we speak. Is Gotta there be. Jelly's? Is there still Jelly's left? There's, there's an Ideas. <laughs> It's in ideas, unwrapped, fresh copy. But you know, you know, I will give one thing about the A Team. They're good production. I mean, it's Trackmasters. I mean, it's well, Tony and Polk. I mean, it, it, it's ultimately generic, but it's, it's not yeah, terrible. It's generic. Yeah, it's not, it's not terrible. terrible, but it doesn't stand out in this crowded, as you said. Right. Of course. So. Yeah, yeah. They're they're lost the wayside. Out. Just like Chris Davis for real hip hop, it doesn't stand out. But are we not surprised that a guy named Hot Diggity Dog? Did it blow up? Somebody didn't get to him in time to right. tell him to change his name. He should have did a crossover with like uh, a cross marketing with, with Hot Dog on a Stick or something. You know? He could have. A lot of these guys, they had the names. They could have. They could have put a super group together. They could have did cross marketing. A lot right. of sponsorships involved. New Shire Farms. See, yeah. the only one that figured it out was Boss. <laughs> she got it. She man. got it. She made the money. We'll right. figure. Uh, uh, next up is uh, a group that you and Cab at the Catalyst are big fans of. It's the whole Shebang Volume One from hey, the Future hey, Sound. Right. Damon Dash and Darian. Yes. All right. Damon and uh, Damon and Damian Dash. Damian Dash and were the managers. Yes. The group was uh, Flashback and Relay. There you go. Get it? Flashback and Relay. You got that, everyone. <laughs> Clever, huh, guys? And uh, basically, they got their their record deal through the Dash Brothers and uh, DJ Clark Kent. Clark yeah, yeah. They managed this group and another group. You remember the other group? The other group they managed was no. Who's that? Original Flavor. Original Flavor. All right. Yeah, there yeah. you go. They're coming up. Yeah, yeah. They'll be. They'll be coming up. Yeah. Not a one and done group. Yeah. Not a one and done group. But this was one great video. They won me over with the video. Right. Because the video made me buy the album. The sample's good. The song's catchy. Yeah. This was really one of those kind of like lost, forgotten, you know, jams yeah. from back in the day. Hard to find uh, on vinyl. You uh, play this for hip hop heads now and they still groove to it. People, people like, love it. Yeah. It's a groove, groovable song. Uh, the video sells it well. The, the rhyme flow. It, it, everything is, is, there's nothing really bad about to say about this. Good catchy yeah. chorus. The album though is uh -huh. never as good as the single. No. And you own this album, right? Yeah. Not it was, good. It's a rough album. Not good. Yeah. Sad. It's sadly not good. But this was one of those unfortunate albums that we all bought, you know, based on a single, and we just couldn't listen to the the rest of it. They always wore good sweaters. Yeah. I like this one. You felt like you wanted to go to college. You know, if I have to say, if it was one thing to drive me educationally, yeah. the future sound. 
Because I was like, hey, college. Yeah. They looked like they were going to the college in a different world. Right, exactly. Exactly. Right. Exactly. That's the different world was big. You wanted to study. You didn't know what. But you wanted to wear a sweater. African-American right. College Alliance. So speaking of... Uh, this is hip. I think this is a hip hop song that's aged quite well. Hip hop yeah. song that hasn't aged well is our next group, Brotherhood Creed. Oh. Remember these guys? The LA based uh-huh. rap duo Ty and Mac. They had a song called Hell of a. Yeah. This was all over our top 40 radio. Clubs like this song. Yep. Yep. This is Just a club banger. In the, clubs. the local people love this song. Wait, local people in Hawaii love the this The locals, song. the mokes, everybody. Yeah. Was, they were playing in all the Toyota Tacomas, the yep. Forerunners. Yep. Primo Beer, Heineken. There was Heineken. Like Tacomas back then, I think, but Forerunners. Forerunners, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Toyota Tercels. But yeah, I tell you, this is the local jam. This is... It sounds like a... Because it, it has that, that chiming in the back that kind of reminds you of like a local Hawaiian... For some guy. reason, locals... The local people, they like that the chimes. Yeah, and they the kinda, chimes. Like, like lighter shade of brown kind of yeah, sounding exactly, stuff. lighter shade of brown. Yeah, go figure. So, uh, anyways, yeah. Go beach this way. This was like pretty much a one-year one. They had another song called 50-50 Love. That was kind of like another minor hit. Yeah, But forget about it. No one cares. All right, moving on to the last album in our one and done. It's the home team. Home team. Via All satellite right. from Saturn. Okay. Infamously, one of the first albums to get like a one mic yeah. in the source, right? Yeah. I believe. This was Luther Campbell's attempt at like a hip hop group. This was Luther Campbell's uh, Uncle Luke's attempt at DOS effects. Yeah. Trying to make a, a Miami based non booty DOS effects. Group. Do you remember this video? They're like dancing in a junkyard yeah, or something. It was in a scrapyard. It didn't sell me. So, a lot of people that don't know about this group, the guy Debonair, the rapper, yeah. was in Poison Clan. That's, That's they, right. Yeah. That's right. And then the, yes. other, the other rapper has one of my favorite names. He was MC Drugs. <laughs> well, might as well tell it like it is, huh, guys? Might as well. Debonair and Drugs. Might as well. I love it. But yeah, I bought, I bought this album. It's one of... It's pure comedy. Yeah. It is hilarious. It's really bad. It's, it's like next level bad. Yeah. Yeah. It, this, this might be the worst album in 92. It's definitely up for contention. Well, I mean, I I know we're gonna get to some worse ones. I'll put this in a nomination file right now. I know, I know, it's coming up later. And then um, I wanna I wanna bring up one single from a group that we never got an album of, uh, Live Squad. Yeah, this was not an album. Great video. This was these guys came out with a mini movie. I don't know if you remember this. It was a promo only VHS tape. It was like a 15 minute movie. I think I still have that. I forget what it's what is it called? Heartless. The movie was called Heartless. The movie movie was called something else, right? Something else, yes. But I I think I have the VHS of this. I gotta search. Murderer was the other song. Yes, Murderer. This is a great song though. And you know this was Stretch, you know, rest in peace, yeah. Stretch. You know, he passed away. They played the hell out of this video right. on Young Tier Raps. Tupac collaborator, yeah. right? Always played on on Young Tier Raps this video. And the beat was hot. Yeah. This is a good one. This is a good one. This got to go top twenty uh, songs of '92. Yeah, gotta I, be. I, I agree. I agree. But gotta be. yeah, shout out to Live Squad. Tommy sort of signed to Tommy Boy Records. Yeah. But you know they basically Stretch passed away before we could get a full album. So yeah. Pretty much, we just got some verses on the Tupac album, the Strictly For My End right. album. Right, they're on there, yeah. Uh, he's on there, he's all over that thing. But this, this is a four mic song. Alright, now we're, so we're rounding out 1992, being that we're the completest that we are. If you haven't stabbed yourself already, get ready. We're going to talk about What's The that? Youngsters. Hey. Something for The Youngsters, the debut album came out. They tried, the they tried. So these are all albums with people that did sequentially have albums after 
Yeah. Um, but you know, we're just gonna do a quick mention. I was so upset when I bought this because I bought the album for this beat rock remix, and this was one of the hardest remixes to find yeah. in '92. Yeah. It's almost impossible to find. Yeah. You gotta find it on a maxi single. Maxi single or vinyl. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. And I, I remember buying that something for the Youngsters album. So disappointed that I didn't get the remix, and I was just like. Draw yeah, lawyer, right? Hunted for that P Rock, this P Rock remix for yeah. years. Yeah. I didn't think I found it until like maybe 95, 96. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, the, the album version doesn't, it pales in comparison. But yeah, Taj, Q Ball, yeah. Tariq. Yeah. You know, they basically they were a victim of timing. They came out the same year as Criss Cross. Yeah. Right? It's not, they're not gonna work. And then, not you know, the album's produced by LG the Teacher. They're, they're the guy's spot, you know, Koran uh, and Taj's dad. Right. I don't think you're going to go anywhere when your, your dad's producing your record. Correct. It's cute, but it's not going to go anywhere. But this Pete Rock remix was in the top 10 most requested music videos on the box. Right. In 1992. This was right. always on the box. Didn't Yorkstars come out with something else? They're, they're not a one and done, right? No, no, they got they, yeah, had they, the, they uh, got the hip hop ride. Yeah, the after, aftermath yeah. album. Right, right, right. And then they had uh, the hip hop ride. They had yeah. they have like four albums. Hip hop ride made some some moves for them. They had the album uh, with the I'll make you famous, the one with the Mob Deep. They oh, tried to right. come out kind of Mob Deepish. Right, right, right. You know, right. so yeah, shout out to the youngsters. I was a fan of the youngsters. Uh, now moving on to a Boston rapper, real obscure, only for the hardcore guys, Scientific. Hey. Remember Scientific? Scientific hung in there. He yeah, hung he in there through the years. Two albums. Yeah. But this was the first album. It's called The Most Blunted. Yeah. Uh, this was the single. I, I never got the, I never could find the album. Yeah, they had to re-release this but in the I later. I bought this as a cassette single. I used to know ya. Yeah. This is a used beat. A lot of people use this beat. This was re-released like late 90s. So right. a lot of people didn't. This did not have. Had this. this did not have good distribution. So he was just a victim of just. He just didn't have enough copies to promote. Yeah. yeah. Because it's it's fine. Poor poor it, record label marketing, you know. Yeah, it, it's decent. I mean, it, we, it's borderline generic because it it there's so much stuff. Right. He's he's like but, he was associated with Ed, Ed OG and Ed OG, right. right? Yeah. It's I like, fine. I like, I like it. Jam. I like it. Yeah. All right. Next one. Uh, this is how this is how it is from Original Flavor, the debut album from. All oh, right. Ski. Uh, yeah. Now we know him as Ski Beats and Suave Lover. I like this song. This is when I make it. This is fun. As we said earlier, this they were managed by Damien and uh, Damien Dash, Dash Entertainment. Right. But Ski, Ski produced this whole album. You know, I thought you know DJ Clark Kent contributed as well. Right. You know the backstory with this song and how they were so happy about this song that, but nobody gave it the play that it, it, oh, it yeah. deserved. So they reused this beat for "Can I Get Open." That's right. "Can I Get Open"'s beat is, if you hear that little sample. They were like, you know what? Nobody heard the first one. Let's just put them on the other one. And then they used this for when we get to 93 was Can I Get Open? They they sped this up, made the Can I Get Open beat using the same beat. That got more just hits. Rework. Rework. Like yeah, yeah. And go figure. It's like, yeah, yeah go but figure how it works. Original favor was these guys that were adjacent to all of these dudes that blew up. And they were just kind of, you know, they never blew up as a group. Ski went yeah. on to. Ski yeah, went. You know, decent. He, did, he came up with Sporty Thieves. Decent, you know, right. You know, he, he had a decent career, you know? Like, yeah. he, he, he produced a lot of stuff for Jay-Z. Right. But, um, yeah, this is a decent album. It's not, right. again, not terrible. You know, it's I'd just say, generic. It's just, yeah. You know, at it, that time, it, it's, it's, it's good. It's it's good. It's fine. I'm not going to be mad at it, but what can you do? You know, I don't know. We got X-Clan, man. Hey, great segue. This is the second album from Professor X and Brother J. What this a segue. 
This is the single, Fire and Earth, 100% natural. I remember this video. You remember this video? Unfortunately, yes. Unfortunately, I do. Okay. We're gonna say this about X Clan, okay, just for the record. We're not trashing them because of their message, okay? No. So some people came out there and was like, why, well, you know, I grew up to X Clan, I grew up to the message. I a, a million percent agree. But they had a lot of rough cut songs. They had a lot of rough cut I stuff, agree. you know, that just. And I could only listen to so much Brother J. How much Brother J do you need? Here? You sound like uh, Snagglepuss. Correct. It, it's just, if you guys remember Snagglepuss, it's, it's not entertaining. That's the point of this here. Right. But you know, I, it was I got the message, and I and I and I think I think Professor X has got some. He's not bad, you know. He's he's not bad. I I still put them in if if there was a hip hop museum or a hip hop hall of fame of right. some sort, based off their personas and the entire package. I think X Clan has a They're spot in original. there. They're definitely original. They belong there. But I can't listen to a whole X Clan album. Come Maybe on. it's because it's not made for us. We're the devil. Me and you are the devil. I know we're the devil. We're trying to, we're trying to tend, blend in with the black man. I got it. But I'm just going based off that, not the message. The message is, is very important. The whole 92 is about a message, for God's sake. But who's, albums. Who's, we have a, who's our uh, X-Clan fan out there? We had an X-Clan fan out oh, it's there. Oh, Paranormal. Paranormal. Shout out to Paranormal. Oh, Paranormal. You got a shout out, huh? Get ready, bro. But I'm just saying, it's just, it, I get it. The message is there. It's there. Their right. memorable group. Another album that was released, Prince Market D from the Fat yeah. Boys and the Soul Convention. Remember this? Yes. Number one rap single with Swing My Way. Was this Trippin' Out? No, no. Trippin' Out was the oh. first single, but this was the number one single, Typical Reason, Swing oh, My Way. Oh, that one, right. right. I was more of a Trippin' Out fan. Yeah, I was a Trippin' Out fan as well. I was just Trippin' Out, baby. Oh. Yeah, yeah I can't remember this one. I remember this right, one. Right, right. So, um, basically... You know, Prince Market D released two albums. He had like a minor following. You know, he did not bad. But this was the big hit. I agree with you. I was a tripping out fan. He was a smoother looking guy. He was no longer, he right. got rid of the fat boy image. There we go. Let's go. There you go. I like this it. Was the, this was the jam right here. But, you know. There you go. Very but, college radio esque. But the biggest thing to come out of this album, ironically, was, was you know, him and Corey Rooney's production career right they went on to produce real love from air j yes. Blige. correct they went on to work heavily with like mariah carey jennifer correct. lopez their career was in r&b right after this. that is correct which which clearly you can tell from this song right with the singing i thought he had a shot i thought he was gonna make it i thought prince Marguerite had a career he 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 was like he changed his image changed his image rebranded himself he was wearing a lot of denim overalls a lot. It was nice. Yeah, you know, that was it. Was in. It was the denim. He went to Kramer's a lot. Yes, but I, I, I thought he had a shot. I, but yeah, I like the I like the Soul Convention. I like that. That was a that was a nice name. The Soul Convention. The soul convention. We have no idea who's in. The who's convention. in this? What's the fee yeah, to get into this convention? <laughs> How do you sign up? All right. Who else we and got? And then you know, following up with this same kind of style, we had the second album from Father MC. Right, the Bronx rapper released yeah. a single. Everything's gonna be right. This was kind of a hot jam. This was better. It was um, better than. It was better than the previous than one. His first album, right? Forget it. Yeah, but this yeah, is better. Other one, relatively forgettable. Because this is like you know, New Jack Swing ish. But this is also like Puff Daddy really yeah, doing Puff the right Daddy's... in art, knowing the samples to pick, knowing the right. producers to put them with, and that was that was, that was smart, man. Right. 
Right. You know? It's fine. It's fine. I, I ain't mad at him on this one. Yeah. This is we're getting into the, the corny stuff right now. So um, we we'll go from this. I haven't album. been that angry this one. So nah. I've, I've been I've been okay. I've been, I've been all right. The I'm not, third I'm not mad. album from Kwame. Oh, now you're getting me, now you're getting me yeah, mad. Yeah, Wait, you segue well. Right, right. This is garbage. Come yeah. on. This is a, a rough album. Kwame is done at this point. Yeah, he's, he's hanging on by a thread right now. Do you right remember now. this album in this video called Nasty? Very, very vaguely. It's giving me nasty feelings. Look at that. How's that one, huh? How's that? Listen to that in the car, huh, guys? You can or your Walkman. He's trying to build off of like the New Jack Swing kind of sound. Yes, like, you have to. But Velvet the Bow was doing. Yes. Yeah, it this, didn't work. This is a rough one. It did not work. All right. And then. Uh, yeah, it is nasty. With... Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, dirty. We go to Red Hot Lover Tone. <sighs> now. Well. Really, not a good rapper. He's, right. he's a producer. He's a producer. As everyone knows, he's every, track masters. Everyone knows he went on, you know, to go with uh, his producing partner, Polk. And basically, track masters was one of the biggest pr production groups of the 90s into the early 2000s. Right. Right? But this was the single, the video, Give It Up. And this also had a Diamond D remix. I don't yeah. know if you remember. Yeah. Um, he, he tried. All I got to say is he tried. He... he he was not a victim of timing. He came out at the right time for what what he was doing. Right. His rhyming is like it, but. Yeah. But you know, I, I gotta say this. He got he better never, with the next album. He never tried to be someone who he wasn't. He was rapping about sex and girls, and you know, he had, he was like a he was like rapping himself as the rap gigolo. Right. You know. He but, was the rap gigolo. He was right. red hot lover tone. You know, he's yeah. not nasty, but he's red hot lover tone. Moving on to the next one, the third album from Dougie Fresh, a low, a very low point in his career. This was released off MC Hammer's label. <laughs> Does that say something? I, I remember seeing this video and just I was putting awful. my hand on my face, just going like, "What happened?" You know. But then you know, hey, it's not over for Dougie Fresh. No, it's not. I, that was a hit. Which was a hit. That was a big hit. Which so, well, I got a lot to say about I when we get when we get to that because it was a, it was a very interesting how he came back because yeah. right now you're listening to this. Yes. You're done. Corny. Stick a fork in it. You're done. Because he's he's not. We gotta remember he's an entertainer. See, so like, you know how we talk about these songs like X Clan, for example. We got the message, but it, the entertainment value is not there. Dougie Fresh is an entertainer guy, right. but there's no concept or depth or message there. It's just yes, yes, y'all. Yeah. I'm gonna go beatbox now. You know, put them up in the sky. You can't do an album of that. And then what, he's gonna make a song, a deep song. No. He found the formula in the next album. Right. He found the he right street, but was still remain himself. You know what he had to do. It was good, good jam. Correct. Good jam. Right. And then, um, just briefly, you know, there were two albums released by you know icons in hip hop, but pretty much nobody listened to them. The grandest of them all from Grandmaster Kaz, and the bitches back from Rock Roxanne Shante. No one in no 1992. Right. Please. No one remembers anything. Roxanne Shante, the lost member of the Juice Crew. Right, but um, the one thing I gotta say about the Roxanne Shante album, I don't know if you remember this, All Star Production, Large Professor, Grandmaster Flash, well, you know why? Rap, Track Masters, right? They're trying to hold on to her by a thread here. She's hanging right. off the edge of the cliff. But you know, all her rhymes are being, you know, she's writing some of her stuff, but a lot of it's being written by other other rappers. Right. He, she's a victim of her voice. That this voice works in the '80s, it doesn't work in the '90s. Yeah. That's really it. It's yep. it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Now speaking of eighties into the nineties, Public Enemy came out with Greatest Misses. This was this weird yeah. hodgepodge of like yeah. random B sides and remixes. That one single was the louder than a bomb. Remix. Ex this is an excellent remix. You know, I've, this is my favorite remix. Yeah, I've I've trashed Public Enemy, you know, 
frequently on this on this program, and right. I want to say this is an excellent remix. Excellent put together song. Good video too. What was that black and white yeah, video? Yeah, uh, the video was great. Uh, Produced by Jam Master J. Right. Yeah. Right. Go figure. Uh, this album though was. Yeah, it was whatever. It was really bad. And uh, it was like, we're not going to... Everybody does a Greatest Hits album. We're going to make our Greatest Bad Songs album. Wrong, Chuck. That ain't going to work. Okay? Can't yeah. be clever right it now. Lived up, it lived up to the name. It was Greatest Misses. It was. Yeah, it was. So then when you're listening to this, because you... Okay, so as a kid, I'm like, all right. Because as a kid, I'm holding on to Public Enemy as a superstar group. Right. So they come out with Greatest Misses, and I'm like, okay, we got new Public Enemy something. And it was so unlistenable. Yep. It was just so bad. Mm-hmm. And it was all of the songs that weren't their greatest, because I, I got the joke of Chuck saying these are not the greatest hits. Okay, I got it, Chuck. But it was just, let's put the trashiest crap. Yeah, it was so randomly Why? put together. Yeah, it just... Yeah, but then they had this on here. Sense. This was... I bought the album for this song. Yeah, that's it. Because I could This was not available as a single. No. Yeah, so... See, I bought it before the video came out. I was. I bought it the first week it yeah, came out. And you, were, I, you, were, you were a loyalist at I time, screwed. Though. I screwed myself over. Right. Now the second and final album from Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Yeah, you gotta yeah, believe. All right, there you go. You are the Marky Mark defender. Uh, this is where he disbands the Funky Bunch. I guess the Funky Bunch, he just let them go. He's like, you guys are good. Everyone got. I'll be all right. Everyone got severance packages. I'll be all right. Yeah, you, I'll, I'll, I'll take it from here. Right. No. And um, most famously, this was included on the Make My Video yes, video game the Sega. for the Sega CD. Sega CD, yeah. Well, I defended Marky Mark previously. I ain't defending him this year. Yeah. This is no. He's he's hanging on by a thread. This is the hanging on by the edge of the cliff. This, I'm gonna this, this put it rough, all out there. This is a rough song, man. Yes. This is a rough album. All kind of samples, all kind of beats. That sample. We got MC Ren chiming right. in. All kind of stuff going on. This sounds like a Six Flags commercial. It is. Yes. It's like it. It's an ADHD uh, infomercial. I mean, and then what other songs are on this album? Does uh, anyone know? I. I I can't even name one other one. You know, I pretty much. Is this a, where he does songs with that like that Prince Prince no. Ali so, or Prince Bali? Or so he basically Balut? lost his American record deal, right? And then he would later release like a reggae fusion album with Prince I Told Joe. That guy, yes. Right, Prince I Told oh. Joe oh. in '94. Oh, and can't wait album, to talk about and that. That album, yeah, we'll talk about it in '94. <laughs> but that album didn't even get distributed in the U.S. No. But here's a little. The videos little, are on YouTube though. Here's a little. <laughs> Factoid. It became a smash in Germany, number one for five weeks. Wow. Germans love Mark Wahlberg. Him and David Hasselhoff all and day Prince long. Tal. Right. Wow, what a concert that would be, yeah. huh? Get those three? Huh, can't yeah, wait for 94. Sampling Art of Noise. Yeah, they're just pulling out just all the stops. Bizarre. But yeah. This all album, the stops. man, he has a song called Super Cool Mac Daddy. You hear it? I love it. Let's play it. <laughs> Was he talking before? This sounds like a super cool Mac Teddy kind of beat. This is how I would walk into any restaurant. Wow. You gotta give it up. At least it's quit scratching on the album. That's the one positive. One positive. There you go. Mac Daddy, you liking this? Very generic sounding. Yeah. East Coast beats. Wow. How's that intro? There you go. Straight from categories. Wow, man. At this point, yeah, we, we're just waiting for him to star in the movie The Big Hit and Fear and just That's it? get his movie career going, right? All right, you All can right. turn that off. We had album from Paris. Hey, Paris. Bushkiller. Sleeping with the Enemy, yes. And they had the single Bushkiller. And 
One of my favorite album uh, titles or song titles, yeah. Coffee Donuts and Death. That's right. Yes. That's a great album title. Right. I give them that. Now, one of the significant things that came out of this sophomore album from Paris, the Sleeping With The Enemy album, was it was the first album to feature production from a young DJ Shadow. That is correct. Yes. yes. So, other than that, you know, you know, it's a Paris album. You know what you're going to get. He's bad. I He's got a good voice. He's got a good voice. He's got a good voice. He, uh, with the right beats and whatnot, it, it, it could work. Play Bushkiller. Because Days of Old was a good song, but let's, let's play Bushkiller. Get people reminded. Yeah, politics, politics. I remember bro. every time I uh, listened to a Paris album, I just felt guilty because I was white and I was the devil. Yeah, we're the devil. Yeah, Paris. I agree, but, Paris. But the, the one thing with Paris was it was like you know, it's like a fast song too, right? P Dog, the Bush yeah. Killer. Yeah. It was it was too political for my mind state at in '92, well, right? I'm sophomore in high school. I'm, you know, it was very controversial. I mean, he's talking about killing Bush. So you know you're getting in what you're getting here. This is it? Well Oh yeah, this is it, yeah. This is it. San Francisco represent, man. But you know how he kinda subtly made it a sound like a rock song? With these drums? He was always the West Coast public enemy. This sounds like there you go. How's that? Brains hanging, gang banging. I tell you what, he's ready. He's coming. He's coming, everyone. Watch out, everybody. Paris. Don't tan. Alright, I already feel guilty for being. I feel kind of sad right now. But you know what? I, I I'm a fan of Paris. This album is fine. Yeah. There's some there's some good stuff on there. There's some stuff on here. So I'm, I'm just going to mention really quickly uh, some albums here that were also released on the West Coast. You tell me if you want to listen to anything. This is the beat that we know from Bush Killer, right? This beat. That one, yes. This beat. Where yeah. it changes up. Yeah. This is where it goes faster. So we had the debut album from The Click, Down and Dirty. Uh, right? Not a good album. No. But, you know, it, it got the Valero group. You know, it's E40, Be Legit, D-Shot, Sugar right. T. They get better. We had the debut album from South Central Cartel. Yep. South Central Madness. Yep. Not a terrible album. I actually enjoyed this album. It's a decent album. It's a decent album. Mm -hmm. And this was confusing for me at the time because they were Havoc and Prodigy, but from the West Coast. Yeah. You remember this? Yeah, so it's so confusing. Yep. Well, they look like them, first of all. They had that kind of a look like them because they didn't want the guy have the, the shades and then the, 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 the cornrows. The cornrows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or the braids. The braids. The braids. But it was having the mouthpiece and they had the, the singer LV who went on the Gangster right. Paradise. So, I, think they're, I think they're a slept on group. It's another good marketing show. name, yeah. Yeah, they just, again, kind of got lost in the mix with everything that was going on. But they had well, some right. minor hits. They, they got signed uh, with uh, Def Jam later from Murder Squad, right? That Murder Squad album. Right. But yeah, it, it was kind of confusing for me because it was the Havoc and Prodigy from the West Coast. Right, right. Because they had the look, you know. Right. They had the whole look down. They like, the two guys. The khaki suits. Cornrows. They had the braids. The, you know, they had the whole look well, to it. What was the video? What the, was video, the, the video was just a generic video of them like, you know, with a bunch of lowriders, they're in a What alley. song was it though? This this was the video, this was the video? Central Madness, and then they had another oh. one for um, You Gets Clowned. Oh, so I'm thinking about the next South Central Cartel album. I think you're thinking about the next album. They're singing on that, who took, not who took me under, but forget it. Right, it they the had another, one. you're talking about that In Yats We Trust album. Yes. They had a more more of a marketing push. Yes. This one was released like, this really was the rough one. the down low. Yeah. Right. 
Alright. I pretty we pretty much bought it just because it, it had that gangster cover right. uh, with the graffiti on it. Right. But uh moving on to oh, another album released. It was from an artist, Ray Love. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's Santa Rosa rapper. Get your money on. Get your, this is a big area classic. This four and a half mic song. Five mic song, maybe. This still jams in the bay. Still jams today. Yeah. It's a hot jam. And the video was hot. Yeah, I like it. But yeah, he was most famously uh, in Tupac's first rap group, Strictly Dope. Yeah. And he was signing Young Black, Young Black Brother Records with uh, Mac Mall and Mac Dre. Oh, Rest right. In Rest in peace. But he was in good company, man. Kyrie, like the this. producer, dope producer. This was only like a five or six song album, but it was awesome. That's all you needed this one song, right? How did you find out on this one? How did you find out about this? I got recommended to to this by the cashier at Tower Records. This was on a mixtape. This was on one of those old mixtapes back in the day because I didn't hear this on the radio. Was this like Baker Boys or something? Like something along the lines of that. There was Baker Boys. There was B Mellow mixtape. Jibo right. the Pro. It was on a mixtape. I didn't see the video. I never saw a video. I never saw, heard this on the radio. So there was a guy at Tower Records, uh, Pearl Kai, Pearl Kai no. Center, who basically was always trying to promote Bay Area hip hop. Yeah. So every time I go up to the thing, I was always buying East Coast hip hop and a little bit of. There's West always Coast, that guy. Yeah. He'd always want to throw in a Bay Area CD for me to buy. And right. This one was the first uh, recommendation where I was like, "Wow, this is this is awesome." Right. Yeah. So shout out to shout out to that guy, Big Mike. I don't know what a big Hawaiian is, but he was awesome, man. Great uh, jam. Moving on to another West Coast based group, the College Boys. All right, right? Good. So most famously, it's Romany Michael, who's like a you know actor comedian yep. now, right? That's Forty Year Virgin. That's the TV it. Show Weeds. That was the guy from College Boys, everyone. Yep, that's the yep. guy. Yep. Good stuff. Good. Well, no, not really good stuff. This was in uh, heavy rotation on YoTV Rap. This was Victim of the Ghetto. Victim of the Ghetto was a big time song for them, yep. and Young TV Raps really pushed this one. They pushed it because it was conscious. They had, right. they had a, they had a somewhat. Squeaky, they were the college boys. They had a squeaky clean image. Go to school, everyone. Right. You know, don't ditch. But it was it was more conscious rapping. Yes. Right. So this they were at this one, and then they had this thing. I don't remember it. Hollywood Paradox. Hollywood Paradox. Yes. Yep. They had their their time. It just it, it was a more gimmicky thing that would it you, you could tell how is it gonna last? They're gonna have to grab college sooner or later. Right. So then what? They're not gonna be the forty year old college boys. They come out with a second album. They did. Um, but you know, pretty much was forgotten that by was that it. point. They never they never had a big single off that late. one. Yeah. But yeah, college boys, man. At the time, like I was, I was enjoying it, man. I yes. enjoyed this. They're fine. They're decent. Now, do you remember a group called OFTB? Unfortunately, yes. So they're from Watts. Operation from the bottom. Yep. Was the, oh, was the name. Oh boy! Wow. They were all. The thing about OFTB at the time was I don't know if you've seen the video for Slang and Dope. Yeah. But these guys were all yeah. active members of the Bloods. This was a controversial group. So they were. They were also gang members with Suge Knight. Yeah. I ain't talking bad about these guys. No, 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 no. These They're are like, we're gonna try, man. We're not gonna. These are good gentlemen. These are all standing, upstanding citizens. That's right. <laughs> This was this was uh, some hard to this use the word hardcore, hard which yeah. is a cliche word, but this was hardcore. Yeah. yeah. Flipside, bus stop. Yeah. What about yeah? That's a How's name. that name? Huh? Bus stop. I like that name. Low MB. Bus stop. As far as I it's know, if OFTB is out there or anybody listening, we love you. We love you. Yeah. You guys are doing your thing, man. Yeah. Love it all. Now going from OFTB to the polar opposite of what was going on in the hip hip hop on the West Coast. The disposable heroes of hip 
Hoprasy. I, I know you have something to say about Mr. Michael Franti. The video was television, the drug of the nation. And when I seen this video on Yom TV apps, I thought, I was like, what's going on? Did 120 minutes cut into my Yom TV raps? The album was Hypocrisy is the Greatest Luxury. I, that's ironic. Uh, I, this was basically spoken, art, spoken word poetry. You know when slam poetry was like really big, and you know, I right, right, and you know you always would see those one token guys that'd be up there, and he clearly was doing this to like get chicks, right? Wearing his dreads, saying all these deep things in a coffee house with slam shirt, right? He's eating veggie burgers. You just wanted to punch that guy, okay? From the get go, it just when you try too hard to be too different. That's what this sums up here. Okay, we get it. He's a poetry. He's, he's po political. He's a poet. We got all of this. It's trash. It's total trash. He's just talking away, saying something controversial, something not. We don't really know. Because it's so deep. It's beyond our frame of thought. So we're just going to have to ride this train, Michael Franti. Yeah. And we did this, and he's been having a career for years. Yeah. He's 20, 30 years. Yeah, oh God, yeah. Called Michael Franti and Spearhead. Wonderful, yeah. Yeah, Spearhead. Yeah, this, this one, this no. one, I was puzzled why, what, what, you know, it was being in. This was actually in rotation on Yom TV Raps. You remember? Because it was different. I get it. Yeah. It was different. It was a unique thing. And Yom TV Raps back in the day, which would never happen now, they tried to push different stuff. Yeah, but Whoever you, was the programmer. Right. But if you wanted to hear like a, a group that was political but dope was the coup. The coup did it okay, right. Okay, let's let's right? go that but route. We'll, but we'll talk about yeah. them later. The coup is total the opposite end. Right. Coup is a great group. Yeah. Excellent group. I think Boots did it did it did it right. Yes. You know? He at Boots shout out Boots, because that, that group that's one of my all time favorite groups. Yeah. The coup is awesome. They got it right. They're slept on as well. Very political. I'll say even more political than, than Franti over here. Yeah. And they got it. They're the best political group of all time. To wow. Me. The best, you heard it the, here. They're the best. best uh, we're not even getting to the coup yet because coup's 93, right? Not coup's 93. Yeah. Did we're, we're talking about I mean, how can you not put the coup as, as one of the top? The landlord, the album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's best political group of all time. All right. So moving on to the West Coast. This was an unexpected regional hit on the West Coast and even crossed over here in Hawaii. It was Don't Give Me No Bammer Weed. From the debut album of RBL Posse, uh, Unless yeah. You Learn, man. Okay, so. This was being played in a lot of cars, man. Okay. Over here. But these guys out of Hunter's Point, rappers Black C, Mr. C, rest in peace, and yeah. Hitman, rest in peace. Yeah, rest in peace. They're, but it, they're, they're, they're good. It was very strangely, like a lot of people in Hawaii liked it. Well, because, you know, everybody in Hawaii is from the Bay. You know, right. 50% like of the people. It, it is a. Listen, in retrospect, nah, it was like, it's like one of the most amateur kind of sounding songs. It's very... It's very catchy. It's catchy songs. It's catchy songs. It's, it's very bare bones. It's like Hard Knocks. Right. This is, a, this is equivalent to Hard Knocks, where it's like, it's it's simplistic, but it, it, it is what it is. It's, it's hip-hop to the purest form. Right. This is hip-hop. This is bare hip-hop foundation. There would right be, here. yeah, exactly, like that San Fran movement. Right. And, you know, these there was guys like him, and the next guy, who also released an album, JT the Bigger Figure. Yeah, there's another these one. These guys out of Fillmore. I mean, these guys were big in the Bay, and, and crossed over even into, you know, Hawaii and a right. lot of the West Coast. That sound is, is a, that's the foundation for the Bay Area music scene. Right. And the hip-hop scene. This, that led to Mac Mall, Mac Dre, this, this right. is it. 
this is you were at ground zero for like yeah. rap and forte exactly you know, a lot of these guys right. right and they and what was good about the bay is like you said Bay supports Bay. Yeah. And everybody's on everyone else's albums. Yeah. Everyone promotes each other. It's a big family it was in the a Bay. Good community. Everyone was doing independent. Everyone was independent. I don't know if you remember this too. It was like all of these guys later got distribution deals from major labels because yeah. they wanted to in on the Bay Area music. They pushed in on it. It was growing so big. It, it got big in 93. But when you get there. Now we're just going to quickly mention uh, a couple what albums that came out from the West Coast. If you want to hear something from it or if you want to speak on have, it, we have huh? The Dark Roads from Seagram. Remember this? All I know is the Oakland rapper passed away. Yes. RIP. He was signed to Rest in peace. I'm not going to use the Seagram's wine cooler joke. Right. But rest in peace. We had MC Pooh. At the time, he was called Pooh Man. Yeah. He had the album Funk Is I Want to Be. He got. He had a better album later in the years. Right. Later he, had years. That, he had the song with MC Breed, Don't Cost a Dime. It was produced by This Anna one, Hanks. no. Get yeah, out of here. I think the most famous he had, uh, what was the... Uh, um, so you want to be a gangster? So you want to be a gangster? Which song. Was, uh, featured off the juice. But he had a, he had an album in '94, '95 that was a better well, one. Was not bad, right? Yeah. Where he came rebranded re himself as a gangster, yeah. gangster rapper. Yeah. Um, we also had a rapper out of East Palo Alto called C Funk. I don't know if you remember ah. him. Uh, ah. He had yeah. one of the weirdest album titles. It was called "I'm Out Two Stogies." <laughs> hey, if you're out, you're out. Remember this album? Wow. You ever seen that cover? That's why Photoshop was created right there. Yeah, if you, guys, if you guys get a chance, go up and do a Google search images for I'm Out Two Stogies by C Funk. This is a forgotten West the Coast. The creator album. of Photoshop lived in the Bay. He said, I look at this trash. And a bizarre factoid here he's Flavor Flav's, Flavor Flav's cousin. I did not know that. Really? Nobody knew that. <laughs> That's I don't what? think C Funk knew that, maybe. C Funk, <laughs> we got news for you. Wow, I did not even yeah, found That was bizarre, right? And then. Uh, speaking of the Bay, we're just going to name some Bay Area rappers that came out. X-Rated. Uh, yeah, 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 right. An album called Psychoactive. There we go. So he was a, he was a Garden Block Crip member along with Brother Lynch Hung. Yes, Brother Lynch Hung. Uh, Sacramento. Yeah. So they were, these guys are the architects like of horrorcore rap. That's correct. On the, on the West Coast. That is correct. Um, we also had another East Palo Alto group called Totally Insane. That's correct. An album called Direct from the Back Street. Uh, yep. It was Mac-10 and Ad Capone. Yep. Uh, we had EA Ski. Uh, come out with their album One Step Ahead of Y'all. That's the debut album of Oakland-based rapper-producer EA Ski. Yep. Everybody co-signed and he never blew up. This was yeah, very strange. Yeah, Dr. Very Dre, strange. everyone co-signed EA yeah. Ski. Spice One never had anything really happen, right? He, he was a victim of, I don't know, because he had potential. He's, I don't understand. He's a, guy, he's a guy that I think, if you go back, like EA Ski was hot. I, yeah, I, I, really I, enjoyed, I, so. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And his production was good. He just maybe a victim of timing. I think bit more so that gotta you know, be not, not the right people behind him promoting right. him. But I, I was always an EA Ski fan. I always yeah. picked up EA Ski whenever he released singles. But he got major label deals with Priority, but got dropped from every single one. Yeah. You know? um, other albums that was released, uh, we had the second album from Master P, Mama's Bad Boy. This is when Master P was trying to be like a, a horrorcore rapper. Yeah, this was very, very yeah, that's beginning. That's a brutal album, man. Really bad. He's still figuring it out. We had the second album from MC Breed, 20 and Below. They had the uh, single Ain't To Be Fucked With. Yeah. Or Ain't To Be... What was it? What was the uh, edited version? I forgot what it was called. Ain't To Be Messed With? Ain't To Be Messed With. That's Ain't. right. MC Breed again, out of Flint, Michigan, still figuring it out. The album, the next album. Next the, album the will be the breed. one. That'll be the one with Tupac. Yes. That's going to be the one. one. Yeah. Another rapper out of Michigan who has a cult following, Sam. Wow. No one's men mentioned him in How about that, huh, guys? 
Judgment Day from Isham. We've gone to Isham at this point. No, this yes. is where we're at in this life. Another, oh boy, uh, it's awful. On, another rapper released his debut album in '92, Tongue Twister, who would change his name to Just Twister, Twister. later. But do you remember this one? Yeah. And he had the Guinness Book World Records for fastest rapper. Fastest rapper. They were, gimmick, they were using that gimmick. Well, I like the album titles, the song titles in his album. It was all just a bunch of letters. Running off at the mouth. From the tip of my tongue. Right. right. Then you have like some some songs that just were just letters, like like some long Something thing. Something like that, yeah. This is another album. It's out of print. You can't get Let's it on iTunes. This. Oh, we can't. If you can look it up on, uh, you can look up the track listings. But let's look up Tongue Twister. He was like a skinnier guy at this point, you know. But he was kind of rapping over trap called Quest kind of beats, Let's J La Soul kind of beats at the time. Let's look up the, the album, uh, the, the song titles. First album song titles. I'm googling this now. I swear to God, it was a bunch of letters. But he, Razzmatazz, Jazzmatazz. He had one of the best rebrands in hip hop. If we ever talk about best rebrands, rebranding in hip hop, he he was one of them. He figured it out. He had to get out of this tongue twister bullshit. You know, you know the the group that helped him rebrand himself was uh, Do or Die. That's correct. Yes. They really helped him That's get correct. out of yeah. this, which was just gimmicky. Yeah. Yeah. That is correct. Because at, at Chicago point, Love. At 92, 93, the fast rapping was it's in. I mean, it, it, but, it, but it was going out. It was going out. But yeah, at this point, Dazzle Effects was the gift and curse. Because right. people liked it and then they were like, okay, you gotta stop. These guys were like, can we still make some money off of this? Well, Jazzo and Jay Z at that time were the fast rappers. Right. right? Big right. Daddy Kane was trying to do the fast right, rap. Right, they were right, right. trying to be rapping as fast right. as possible. And flickety dickety. Dickens, yeah. right, all this stuff. So, uh, other albums that were released from the South. Houston, Texas, it was a big year for Houston, Houston Texas. You had Little Big Man from Bushwick Bill. Oh. Remember the video for Ever oh. So Clear? Oh. That video was crazy. I, I highly recommend anybody go and watch that video on YouTube. I don't know. Do you guys? YouTube. Do we really? It is crazy. It is a crazy video. It's a crazy video. You know when you and T-Raps used to be like on in the morning? And like, yeah. I, would, I would sometimes like sleep in front of the you know, living room TV. And I'd wake up in the morning, turn on. MTV raps be like, how was it like waking up to ever so clear yes. by Bushwick Bill? I would have, why you shoot me in the eye? I would have shot you in the body. Yeah. I mean, that, that's isn't that that's a way best, to wake up in the, the morning? That's the best ad lib, right? That's the best ad lib. I mean, why'd you shoot me in the eye? I would have shot you in the body. I mean, that sums it up, right? Like, I, it, it, you watch this one time and that's it. You don't need to watch it ever again. But this was the the one song where you know, like Bushwick Bill is a pretty compelling storyteller. He's not the best rapper, he but it's a compelling song. He's yeah. a storyteller. Yeah, he is. He's the he's a slick Rick. I think this song is an underrated South, South classic. He, he is the Houston Slick Rick, and it is a classic. It is a South classic. Uh, another album that was released, Going Out Like a Soldier, Willie D. Oh. It was it was all rap a lot at yeah. the time, yeah. right? Bonehard, Bonehard N from Big Mellow. Wow. And then you had Prone to Bad Dreams, Point Blank, and the South Park Psy- Psycho from Gangsta Nip. Oh, <laughs> Yep. I, I, I don't know where I'm at in my life right now, now to listen to these albums. Now... Forget if it. you believe it or not, if we missed any albums, please let us know. But that's no, every don't. album that's in '92. Right. Can you believe it? we made it? Oh, that's right. Oh, hour six. Oh, I was waiting for like ten more. We're no, done. You serious? You're done. just you're, you're pranking me right we now. We made it through. Hallelujah. We got through Big Mellow. We got. Well, if you wow. want to hear Big Mellow, we got through Isham. No, forget well, it. We're not gonna play any Isham. Isham should not get a play in 2019. We're, we're okay. okay on Isham, man. Wow. But yeah, so that was what was going on. Wow, in we made it. Now I want to ask you after going over everything, looking over 1992, these. Past, I don't know how many weeks it took to record this, but 1992 overall mic rating, DJ Zach Morris, 
What do you think? Five mic, four and a half mic. Okay, we got the Chronic, we got Red Man, we got Pete Rock, Seal right. Smooth, we got uh, the Far Side, we got Runaway Slave, Diamond D. What else we got in this out in this uh, top ten? Daily like, Operation, was Far Side, years ago Diamond when we did the, that segment. Okay. Showbiz and AG. I mean, it's so much. I, I'm giving it four, four and a half, half mics. mics. That's it. Four and a half, four and half mics. Four and a half mics is for overall for depreciation of can do these albums still hold up in the top ten? Excellent albums. Yes, they do. For political reasons, they're all said in there. They're all legendary acts. Some say Pete Rock Seal Smooth could be better than The Chronic in some some uh, ways. You could look at it in that light. So not to, you know, put that uh, put that argument out there, but uh, that could be a case. Four and a half mics. Yep, I agree. Four I and a half mics. I think it could have been five if it wasn't for this last hour of the influx of the other crap that we had to deal with. so much. There was a lot of but crap. How much, money, it down. how much money did we spend on albums in 92, man? There was a lot of money. Well, so much. Well, it gets higher in 93. It gets even bigger. <laughs> we're taking our loans in 94. So. I don't know. We, we're debating whether we should even split up the 93, 94 into two parts because I don't, you know. Uh, well, we should have split this up in two weeks. Well, we split this in five segments. We're in segment five of this thing. Right. Okay. I think I'm guesstimating because as we're recording, we're going to be at about a four-hour show. Yeah. That's like a part-time work shift, okay? Yeah, for sure. Some guy got like a 15-minute break, smoke break, come back, another 15-minute break, and he's going back right. to work. So I, I don't know where we're going to go with this. We might as well just make a telethon at this point. I like it. And just make eight hours. Just eight hours straight. Let's see how, how much money like we can it. generate. How much money that people can Venmo us instead right. of me Venmoing. We're drinking like Jolt Cola, listening to the A-Team Jolt. and Sean. We, get, we go get uh, Elizabeth Berkeley to give us some of the pills, the no-dos. Right. We get all of that. And then we do an eight-hour, ten-hour blast. Attack. Stream it everywhere. I love it. Well, for those of you guys that stick with us. Oh, God. Hit us up on uh, Sleep Time's Over. We can just hit us. Comments. Yeah. Or you can just hit us. <laughs> just in the knee. If you're still listening, like I said, thank you very much for listening. Unbelievable that you're still this listening. This is... Another old fuss review. Nineteen. You can't say that we're not completists. Tough. Right? We we did it. We okay. named them all, man. Here you go. I'm gonna put this out there for any of you guys, the hardcore guys that listen to all this, and you're only gonna know this if I say this. Like I said, the Venmo thing. Okay. This is I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. A random. Okay. In police in in uh, Revenge of the Nerds two, they go to the island. Ogre's walking with Poindexter. They're figuring out how to get off the island. What does Ogre say to him? He says, uh, Poindexter say to him, two plus two, it's a four. Four. That's the Easter egg for this episode. <laughs> if you can comment that on the Sleep Times IG or Facebook and just put the number four, you're in. That's it. I'm and right listen to uh, 1992 Mix that's going to be coming out. Oh, yeah. I'm going to put this together. On uh, Patreon. <laughs> for those of you guys that were able to download the 1991 Mix, got some good feedback on that one. Uh, but check it out. That's for any of our yes. premium subscribers on Patreon. Yeah, I think it's just uh, got to be like a $10... You just be a ten dollars subscriber on the Patreon. You get all these mixes. The other one was an hour and a half mix. Yeah, I think. Yeah, so it it's gonna cover everything. I'm I'm gonna try and put God help us all, all of the songs that were decent from '92 on there. And I'm a fan of the Rub, and I'm a fan of the the Rub. Uh, oh right. Show the history of hip hop. Right. I feel the songs that you picked are a much more complete, uh, thorough example of songs. Oh, oh, in I think '91. You know. The Rub, they do a great job mixing it all together, but I think your song selection is superior. Wow, thank you, sir. I, I, I 100% uh, I, I, believe that. That woke me up. Just, oh, thank you very much. Yes, well, we'll try and recreate that for 92. And all right, and speaking of that, that it? we're going to lay it out with some MC Rand. Oh, hey.
So we're riding out to MC Ranch. Come on, let's sing it. Sing it with me. Let's go. You're in the car right now. Sing it. Let's go. Ready? Everyone, come on. Ready for this part? Ready? It's coming up, everyone. Speaking of tongue twister. You ready? Stop and sing it. Let's go. 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 Let